Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, in a great American movie starring Sally Fields. Okay, I'm cataloging here real fast. As Frog. Got it. Oh, oh yeah. As Frog. Narrowed down. Yes. She asked American legend. Uh, Just legend of film, TV, and all of the above. Burt Reynolds. Yes. Whose character was named The Bandit. The Bandit. Did we ever find out what his full name was ever? I think it's Mr. Bandit. Uh, Fair enough. Middle name. First name Mr. Middle name period. Last name Bandit. Well, I know that's what Jackie Gleason would call him when they were, you know, oh, signaling no, he, on, he on the radio. He would call him something else. Well, it was. I think it was Mister Bandit while Jackie Gleason oh. was was in the diner, and they were they had called their little miniature truce, and they were paying their respects to each other. You know, so yeah. Well, Frog once asked the Bandit how fast he was going, and uh-huh. he looks down at the speedometer on the old Trans Am and said. I'm doing double nickel. Double nickel, oh, huh? 55. 55. Why does that sound so familiar? Because it's episode 55, Whitney. <sighs> oh, man. It's like lifting a sack of dog food weighing 55 pounds, dude. <laughs> you make it sound like this is like <laughs> labor, so like hard work. <laughs> no, it's it's not. It's not, man. Uh, f- 55 episodes? That is unbelievable. Do you remember the day when we thought, w- would we ever get to like 15 or yeah, 20? I, I know, man, because when you start start out you have admittedly you have you're pumped up on the illusion of uh, well not say the illusion but the energy don't say making money yeah no 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 the energy of grandeur is what you're pumped up on and uh, the whole yeah we're going to start this we're going to do this you know this is going to be awesome 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 and then wow 55 episodes later dude that's uh uh, congratulations all around and uh in this little room dude it just came right (laughs) back to me so yeah so excellent we could high five and then sit right back down (laughs) (laughs) well with uh i don't know where to go with that whitney yeah sorry yeah Yeah, i'm not getting up i'm tied in this chair (laughs) i put put all this gear on i'm staying here no you got to belt an episode out dude we got we got to we're here we're in for the duration man so this is the middle of may and i will tell you uh time is counting down to our next live appearance at SF, at, at that's easy that for out. you to say yeah, at SFG the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, but uh, we'll get into all of that because there's there's lots to say about what's going going down at SFG in June and what we're doing there. But uh, dude, in, in the midst of all that, man, what's been going on the past month? Because you and I haven't seen each other no, at all. Been, we've so, both been just covered up. Oh, I know. Man. The last several episodes, we've talked about how life has gotten in the way. Oh yeah, and. I keep going and going and just heading for these deadlines. Yeah. I mentioned this to a family member the other night. It's like, okay, I've got this deadline. If I can get past this deadline, then I've got a lot of breathing room. And my last deadline was Louisville Arcade Expo. Yeah. Got past that. And then now it's like 16 other things. And, you know, it's yeah. getting ready for SFGE. There's some other things going on personally. Um, just like in the family stuff, nothing bad. Just things that got to get taken care of. Something going on in the game world that I mention here, yeah, uh, okay. ever so slightly, yeah, and it's just go go go. And you're right, and, and I know is. you've been tied up working on Skyskipper, <laughs> which you're going to talk about, dude. I'll tell you what, uh, it's it's in a good way, it's also in a bad way. But what, what did I tell you before we started recording? There's nothing like the fear of globally shaming yourself to it, to get you motivated to hit a deadline. Oh, you know? absolutely, so, yes, 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 that. Well, for on my side of the house, I will say. 
since we last recorded, I took a full week off. And good for you. And I took it off from work, and it was like kind of like a staycation type thing, even though I hate that word. I, but I did. I stayed around the house. I used it. The intention was to use it to do things around the house to get caught up, and that's what I did. Uh, I didn't work on any games, anything related to games, at least that I could recall. I may have dabbled with something, but I, I didn't focus on any games. It was just things okay. that needed attention around around the house, around the property. So that kind of sliced a week out right away. All right. I mean, did you work mostly outside, inside? I mean, everywhere. Okay, everywhere. Like uh, when you were upstairs, people that have never been here no, don't don't know, don't know this, but I've got yep. an, uh, kind of like this off room, this storage room that's off of my kitchen and a long time ago it was a porch there was a porch on the end of this house somewhere based on the way it's finished out probably in the late 70s or the early 80s it was enclosed whoever did it did a wonderful job the woodwork is really nice but it's it, it it's is very, it is it's nice it's yeah. just very dated yeah yeah but it's but it's still nice oh though. no yeah, no yeah it, you know honestly it may be back uh, the, the the flavor <laughs> the style yeah yeah, it, it's gone completely around the farm, and then it's now back in vogue yeah, is what it's, it is. it's the yeah. new hotness. Yeah, it could The old be. hotness is the new hotness. Yeah, what's old is new. Yep. You know how that goes. Orange is the new black, all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. Well, that room has been two things since I have lived here. The catch-all uh-huh. and basically the dog's hideout, oh, Maxine's see. hideout. Yeah, yeah. And I, it took me a full day. Yeah. I, like, working t- from the time I got up till midnight – to completely empty that room and go through everything in that room and, and find a new home or let's just say disposition for everything. <laughs> so that was one of the things that I just, I just did. And then all kinds of stuff outside. And there was a little bit of additional garage cleaning in there. I mentioned last month that I was going through clearing out some excess cabs yeah. and offered some things for sale. And, and, you know, a little bit of that continued as well. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, the one big thing that we did do, and I mentioned this last month was my nephew had his birthday. And following kind of what his bigger his big sister did, which was laser tag and then have everybody over to Uncle Brent's house. Yeah. That's what Logan decided to do. The same thing? Oh yeah, the exact it, same it, thing. Because it was a ball. same thing. Yeah, okay. If, I don't know if I asked you this. Have you ever been to Laser Blaze here in town? No, I have not. Oh my gosh, no, we have I'm, so got to go. Yeah, I, I would definitely look forward to going. I mean, I did. I had no true idea that it was as um, surviving as it has. Okay, yeah. so and, and I know that's probably a crude way of saying it, but. Honestly, I didn't even know it was a thing anymore. I, I thought I, I truly thought it died out somewhere around 1992, and I just I, I had no idea that there was even a place still in business here in town that did that. Well, it's so, the same place. Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh it wow. Is. Well, yes. coo- well, then that, coo- kudos to them that, that I recall. Uh, yes, I recall the name. Now, when I was younger and couldn't drive, it, it may have been at a different location. But at least the name is the same. Yeah, I've always known it as Laser Blaze, but I just I just felt that it was one of those things that just uh, much like our beloved arcades, they just succumb to they succumb to time. 
Well, uh, and it could just be me. I don't know. You may not enjoy it. I think you would. I think Grace would have a good time. Yeah. I think Jackie would enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, most most likely. Ma- so. Mainly if she got to shoot you. Yeah. Well, as she takes it out on me all the time anyway. <laughs> so this but, would just be another medium that she could remind me <laughs> of of the superiority and the ramifications of not uh, not getting stuff done. So you know how it goes. If you, if you come through Louisville, you've got to check out Laser Blaze, and I don't know what it's like. Uh, across the rest of the country or the world for that matter if laser tag is is still a thing anywhere else but i tell you i've been a couple times here in the past you know 12 calendar months and and i've just i've enjoyed it the arcade no it's awesome the arcade is your is your arcade that you would expect today (laughs) you know papa shots redemptions (laughs) which sounds so depressing but but so realistic you know have you seen well you've heard of the star wars um battle pod right? oh yeah yeah sure have well they have released i guess what i would deem a smaller probably a little bit more surely more inexpensive a little bit more accessible model and it's it's like a 55 inch display and i'm just guessing that but you said imagine a a classic driver arcade game with like a 25 inch monitor yeah but the uh you kind of lay back in it ever so slightly and it's like a 50 or 55 inch flat panel tv in front of you yeah okay so there is a version of the battle pod that is that i see so you're not fully immersed in it it's not all surround and they've got one okay i I like it does it feel does it feel cut down though if I imagine if you played the full, and I haven't played a battle pod. Okay. Long in one of the episodes long ago, probably right after uh, I came back from Disney, which would have been October of fifteen. Okay. We went into Disney Quest. I was trying to remember the name of the yep. place. Yep. And they had this game that you got into. When I saw the battle pod, I was like, okay. To me, that looks exactly like a battle pod other than the battle pod had like the star wars graphics on it you open a little door and you get in it and yeah. you're like in a almost straight you know not a perfectly round but a kind of weird shaped bubble and it is darn near 360 degrees all the way around all you. the way around yeah whereas this is flat okay so i, see. I enjoyed it it's yeah. on rail shooter yeah you do have some control you know as i learned you know the 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 how you control the speed does dictate uh how uh how well the shots line up okay and it is kind of it gives you a lot of hints like if you get a special attack that comes up it you get a flash and it shows you tells you to push the thumb button and it does like a multi-rocket thing and so it's a there is a little skill to it you do kind of play it more than just like sit in it well it sounds to me like you more so guide it so maybe that's a better way of saying it i don't know yeah it guides you it guides you but you you control this yeah Yeah. you control the speed to a degree okay fair enough so like i said i liked it but if i had if having played the other game at disney quest and this game was uh you flew an airplane like a fighter jet and you were in a dog dog fights over a city okay so having played that i could imagine what the star wars version would be like yeah so yeah i I wouldn't say to answer your question that it stacked up per se okay but it was for what it is i really liked it i played it several times all right okay and then the laser tag man it's it's not like the old school stuff these you can actually see the laser and i don't remember seeing the laser in the old the old version of the equipment 
you can see the laser, so you got a better idea where you're shooting at. I see. And, and that may up someone correct me there if I'm wrong. That you may have always been able to see the laser. You know, you're shooting green lasers, whereas back in the day they were probably red laser. You know, a little different wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. And the guns are reactive. Okay. So if you f- have somebody that's just found the perfect little cubby hole and they're sniping <laughs> out of that cubby hole, as soon as the gun is exposed, you've at least got an opportunity to shut them down. Yeah, you can pick them up. You can pick them off that way. Yeah. So, okay. So, and the funniest thing is, is the second game we go in, there's this mom and a dad. And a little girl. And when I say little girl, she was probably little itty bitty short long haired or short little girl with long blonde hair. Okay. And I say she was probably six or seven. And she had the vest on, uh-huh. and it almost looked like she was wearing like a dress because the vest was kind of because she was so tiny. <laughs> yeah, and she threw that vest on, and mom and dad are still struggling trying to keep up with her. Yeah. And she had that gun ready to go, and all I heard is, "I'm going in, mommy," <laughs> and she was going. Yeah, she had been there. She knew what she was doing. She was taking up a position. That's, that's awesome. She was ready to go. Yeah. So, how old do you think she was? I'd say she was probably about six maybe seven okay okay you know and i'm judging you know logan just turned 11 yeah okay but it it was just the funniest thing that's that's great and she was dead serious i mean she was she was out for laser tag blood (laughs) she was we Uh, that's great i know last time i mentioned this the laser tag museum like when when you walk into the laser blaze here the name of the business is laser blaze when you walk into it here in louisville the entryway is this long hallway with glass cases on either side that show all the laser tag equipment over the years and it's just, it's really cool yeah you know okay. it's just something to especially if you're kind of a techie geeky kind of guy and you take a look at how how the technology's changed a little bit so and, and then there's even some of the uh um kind of like the consumer grade stuff because okay. you know back when it was big yeah. you could go to your toy your larger toy stores and get like home kits and play it so. yeah I, I do remember seeing yep. the home kits where they would have the little they would have like the little receiver that would strap onto your vest and it would almost look like you had like an iron man arc reactor yep. with the straps that go over your shoulders yep. and everything like that so yeah, that would be the one point where you could take a hit, and then you had the gun, and then you would shoot at that one point on everybody else who was playing. That's how I remember those. So yeah, if you're if you're in town or come through here, you've got to stop. And it was inexpensive. From it was like walk in the door, it's like eighteen bucks. Okay. For two games and five dollars worth of tokens. Yeah, I gotcha. So you know, you pay thirteen dollars for two games. The games are like fifteen or twenty minutes. Okay, and then depending on how many people are in each session, uh, either the 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 person that's marshalling will just say, okay, well, like our second session, we didn't have a lot, so we all we all did for his own. You know, there's okay. no teams. Yeah, and then if it's a large large group, they've got several colors like green and red and blue. I think there was four total colors. Then. You they would divide everybody up in teams and then you would team play. So especially okay. if you go there with a larger party, you know that's that's kind of way to go. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like it. I mean, it's the game's a hit. Don't get me wrong. The game is a is a bona fide hit. I just didn't realize that it had survived to that to that degree mm-hmm. that it had. So oh, all the guns have uh, uh, displays on them. Uh huh. So you know if you oh, get hit, cool. it tells cool. you. It shows yeah. you the timers to when you're active again. It uh, you know all the it names your character so that when you come out you can see what your score is. Uh, 
at least there you get printouts of of your the number of shots fired the number of hits your points i mean it's all the statistics i mean it's like it's like an old school baseball card on steroids so it's it has really matured much much time over the past couple of decades you know (laughs) okay that's cool it'd be kind of cool if um one of these expos could partner with now i don't know what kind of uh, hardware it takes to run this yeah I, i'm really interested in as to how everything communicates and yeah th- yeah that's my question i mean how do the guns and the in the vests and everything communicate back to some central i'm sure some central some central computer that is tracking all yeah. of the hits and scoring and everything like that so well even yeah. even this hit how does it know that i pulled the trigger and hit you yeah exactly you know yeah it, it's not like I, I really doubt you're sending data over the laser you know, it's not that. So there's, I'm sure there's probably some technique to it that's so simple that when you understand it, it's like, oh, duh. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe the gun, maybe each gun shoots at a different, uh, slightly different wavelength, and then it could it, it, it yeah. could discern that, and it knows at X wavelength and gun X shot me, at Y wavelength and gun Y shot me. I, could I don't be. know. It, but it would be really cool if uh, one of one of the expos could partner with one of these companies and set up a little laser tag arena because i can't i you can't convince me that there isn't a mobile version of that somewhere like for corporate events or like team building exercises that some of the larger companies will have i know you've been on those yearly junket with junkets whitney where oh, yeah. they decide we're going to go jump out of a tree or something like that oh, yeah, for a team, yeah. Building, yeah, exercise. team building exercise yeah. oh yeah i can't yeah. imagine that there's not a mobile rig for laser tag yeah yeah you you would think you would think that if it if it has survived to this point and it's thriving like that then yeah you'd want to i'd want to take it on the road yeah i mean i'd want to rent it out for corporate parties and stuff like that it'd be a blast so anyway all the kids came back to the house of course they played games and ziggy was a huge hit they uh, several kids had never been here they walked down the stairs they looked to the right and everybody went to ziggy and i'm sitting here shaking my head for everybody (laughs) that, uh, that, that can't see this which is everybody but brent and i so uh yeah i'm just gonna shake my head and uh roll my eyes and give an exasperated (sighs) <sighs> like that yes okay gotta have the monthly ziggy update dude yeah i should take and, ziggy to sfge uh, yeah <laughs> that'd be awesome dude sit him in the passenger seat with you and throw the seat belt over him and everything just have him right every now and again just you know stop and see if he needs something to drink you know he's, hey, ziggy are you parched ziggy are you doing oh, okay just, buddy do you need to go use the bathroom are you getting a little hungry buddy and he'll go hungry for souls <laughs> yeah you know stuff like that it dude it'd just be a great ziggy, just great fun to ride ziggy with him, sounded sure. like scooby-doo <laughs> <laughs> i thought i'd just i'd just stand him up in the back of the truck and have him look over the bed rail oh yeah scare people oh yeah that yes that would be awesome then it would be like riding in one of those jump seats when you were a kid in the back of a station wagon <laughs> oh. where you looked out the out the window as you were driving down the road and you could see like all the cars were coming up to you so, yeah, I, i've got awesome. this picture ziggy in the jump seat from the last trip I took to to Tennessee to Sevierville for an auction, I've got this picture from um, a buddy of mine who bought one of those like uh, quarter operated horses. Okay, and it's it's a nice one, you know, because they're the newer ones are the plastic, and he actually got uh, he'd been holding out looking for one of the metal ones, one of the older ones. So he actually went down in a van this year, yeah, like a work van. And he just opened the back door and slid the horse in the van and closed it. Well, when you're behind him in traffic, 
because you, you've seen these horses, right, Whitney? They, they've just got that look like they're running across the desert or the, yeah, or the yes. plain or yeah. whatever. Yeah. You pull up behind him, and it looks like there's this mad horse about ready just to come busting out. It, it is the funniest thing. I pulled up behind him, and I was like, oh! <laughs> oh that's great. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so other things this month. I'm not going to talk a little bit about this because actually it's going to break the the typical or your classic rule of deals, which is it doesn't happen until it's happened. Okay, fair enough. The short of it is, is I'm working on picking up uh, a, a sizable number of games. Ooh. I've got something kind of going on right now. The mega buy. Yeah. Have, you know what I want to start calling you? What? Gamey McGame. <laughs> That's what it is. That, is that like your, Bodie McBoat face? Yeah, it's, it's like it's like Bodie McBoat face, and yeah, Gamey McGame. Yep. That's it, dude. That's that's your new nickname. So, dude, that's an awesome show title too. I can work something in for the graphic on what, that. Gamey McGame. Gamey McGame. There I think you go. I, and I, you know what? I think I've already got how I want that to look. So, <laughs> I could, it's, awesome. Is this? Do I look like a clown? Uh, um, no, no. At least put the red suspenders on me. I'm going to tell you no until the podcast until the episode publishes and then you're going to go what in the world did you do this will be the only yeah. episode where you don't send me the graphic yes, ahead of time yes, yeah no there will be no proofing or you know no no advance notice at all it's just uh brent you just got to take the hand that you're dealt buddy so anyway no that's awesome so, so working on a group buy or, yeah or not not a group buy but a, i guess a a bulk, a, buy, a bulk thing. buy yeah yeah and like i said i don't want to yeah. get too too deep into it until it's done Part of it, though, is I am repairing a couple games for the the gentleman, the other person in this in this deal. Yeah, okay. And one of the games is an MCR two game. It had some sound issues, so gave me a little bit of an opportunity to learn about the uh, soundboard in, in an MCR two game. And yeah, MCR two games that's Tron, Domino Man, uh, Tapper, Spy Hunter. Yeah, you know that kind of game. <laughs> Satan's Hollow. Satan's Hollow. Yes. Yeah. So yes. it was kind of cool. It was something new and something different. So I got that lined out. And then he's got a, a pinball, a, a Data East pinball, and that's all I'm going to say about it, that, that I'm working on for him. And it's, okay. you know, it's it, it's just had a couple things creep up on it. Power supply issues. It's got a couple coils locked on. And hopefully it shouldn't be that big of a deal to kind of get, get okay. through. So, yeah, that, uh, I'm, I've been working on that stuff, trying to kind of keep that rolling and hopefully bring that to an end here soon. Dude, I'm telling you, that bulk buy, that's all you, buddy. I got nothing but props for you for tackling that and doing that. Um, I want no part of it right now. <laughs> Absolutely no part of that right now at all. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. It'll yeah. be interesting. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a good opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, well, I, you know something. The more I ask you, the more I run the risk of jinxing it for yeah. you. So I'm just, so let's just I'm let just, it roll. Yeah, I'm just not not going to. Hopefully, we can talk about it next month. How about yeah, that? Yeah, hopefully. Okay, so. sounds good. And, and I mentioned earlier, I'm still trying to clean some stuff out. Uh, I've got a jukebox I have got to get rid of, and I, I'm getting to the point. <laughs> it, it's one of Dude, the nobody wants those. It's one of the AMI row yeah. 45 boxes. Okay, and I've had one person that just said if i parted it out he wants the glass out of it oh, because geez. he's restored one and he's got the glass but he's on like the other side he needs the glass oh, man. but it's like on the other side of the country yeah yeah and it, not, it's not even no it's it. bigger than a pinball back glass there's yeah. no shipping this thing. no you don't ship that no no honestly i could probably fix it there's like with the arcade stuff there's replacement I, i'm i'm fairly certain i know what's wrong with it okay and i think it'd be like 45 bucks to fix it and I just, 
I don't want to spend any more time in it. And I've gotten to the point where I've offered it for free to, okay. the, to one of the smaller local groups. Okay. And I need to turn around and offer it out on one of the larger groups and just get it gone. Yeah. Because if I don't, what's going to end up happening, I mentioned last week that I've got that I've raised chickens. I keep chickens. I'm going to roll it outside, and I'm going to cut a hole in it, and I'm going to use it as a wing on the chicken coop <laughs> is what I'm going to do with the thing. <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that it was all particle board and it would only last about a month, there'd yeah, be, you know. Yes, yes. Turned to slush. I mean, it's, co- it's a complete box. It's solid. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I am not going to do anything with it. Yeah. And it's, it's got to go. Yeah, yeah. It's in my way. I got a Capcom bowling in a nice Galaxian cab. That's on the list. Okay. And, and I'm still kind of digging around. I know there's other stuff out there, too. Yeah. So. Well, let me ask you, um, without getting into details, I mean, is the is the amount of games that you're looking at in this bulk buy, is it is that number being offset by what you're trying to get rid of? I mean, do you think you're going to you think you're going to walk out of this with a net zero ad or are you No, I'm going to end up with an ad. You're going to end up with yeah. ads. Okay. Is is I've got it kind of mapped out. There are pieces that are definitely going to go for sale okay because it's pieces i already have uh-huh or uh have had and have already decided that i'm going to move them out of my collection yeah it's uh, a piece that at least one piece that i'm probably going to keep as an upgrade to one of my games okay okay and then a, and then several pieces i'm going to just keep and add to the rotating collection oh well that's a good deal yeah. good deal well then whatever whatever turns turns up to be excess i mean the guys on the hacks group on facebook they're they, they, they don't even know the goodness coming to them yet do they <laughs> no no <laughs> they don't yeah exactly you know that's a good comment if, you, if you've got a local facebook group yeah. i know there's several i'm in so many of those facebook groups and it seems like new it's, ones appear every day i know but if the facebook groups they're so good but once you get into like two or three of them that are national or yeah, regional that's where i was going they're, they're all just duplicate posts yeah. and that's the yeah. only bad part about it i really like the local area kind of groups yeah. and i've noticed that a couple of the groups have gone through and had kind of like a, a revelation that what started out as a, a, a state or a tri-state area yeah members have crept in from all over the country <laughs> yeah and it's like okay well i'm in a group in kentucky but somebody offers something for sale in the group and it's in california yeah and it kind of gets away from strays away from the intention of the group it, it does it does so i know a couple of those groups have gone through and and kind of repolled the members and figured out how to recorrect how to correct themselves yeah well in in one group I, I mentioned hacks and i do want to give a shout out to these guys so uh the hacks group is the hoosier arcade and coin op collector society so h-a-c-k-s and this is i mean brent i mean i'll just call it for what it is this is probably one of the best run groups and one of the tightest knit uh group of guys in the hobby that look out for themselves and and a and a small peripheral ring of people outside of Indiana, which we were fortunate to be included in that or grandfathered in, I guess you could say. But they do an excellent job from a, from look, a local I'm, standpoint. I'm, Kenta- I'm Kentucky for life. Yeah, but we are. I mean, we could 
almost throw a stone and yes, hit the rare herd. That's so we're exactly right. Yeah, we're yeah. we're very close. But the guys that the it, it, seriously, the guys that run the group, they do a model job and they help each other out. And um, I've often thought about creating a, a Kentucky-based group, but it's almost like why there? It, it just doesn't really seem like it would serve much of a purpose in the one Kentucky group that we have, it's just a repeat of posts from every other national group yeah, that's that, out there. Yeah, that one, it, it's Kentucky-based, but that's one of the ones, if it's, it's the same one I'm thinking of. It's honestly, it's just a for sale group. That's all it is. And, and it's it's people that, it's not all people in Kentucky. No, it's not. It's not. So anyway, yeah, the Hacks guys have got it going on. And uh, yes, uh, I, I agree. I agree. So I, anyway, the if you're in one of those local groups man support the group and chances are if it's somebody from a state your state or a neighboring state you're going to run into them in the community you're going to run into them in a local show and if anything else in my opinion it's just a lot easier to deal with folks that are close by Mm -hmm. the logistics are easier to organize uh, the timing, it, yes. it, it, yep. it just makes things, so, at least in my opinion, in my experience, I know the Hacks guys, they, they keep a, a, a little network and they'll scoot games around the state of Indiana. Hey, yeah. I'm going to be in such and such. Does anybody need a game brought to such and such? Or I'm crossing through here. Can I pick something up? Exactly. And they, they scoot games all over the state all the time. All the time, yes. A couple will dip down here in Kentucky and pick something up and run it back in uh, Indianapolis, which is kind of center state, center south in the state. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a good pivot point for a lot of the Hacks members. So a lot of stuff flows through. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Well, still, though. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 sound, it sounds neo-contraband-ish, yes. but it's not. Uh, yeah. A lot of games <laughs> yeah, pivot through Indy. Yeah, there but, you go. There you go. Okay, so... The last thing I wanted to touch on is kind of a little announcement on our part, or my part, and that um, I know Whitney, you're going to get into Skyskipper, oh and, yeah, and where it's going to play oh, into SFGE, oh yeah, buddy. And I've got an announcement where I have been invited back to speak. So the schedule's still being ironed out, but my panel, at least as it's shaping up now, is going to be. Uh, a soldering panel like a uh, a learn a learning to a teaching a technique type thing oh this is fantastic because i didn't know what you were doing yeah so this is good so let me ask well i'm gonna let you finish before i before i before i practice my grand interrupter status here okay (laughs) so you you go right ahead so what i pitched is and this this is kind of it word for word uh as a title let's melt some metal soldering tips techniques equipment and live demos to help you perform repairs on your video and pinball games okay and what i'm envisioning is um you know what you need is in terms of basic equipment some advanced equipment if you want to get there and ways methods techniques that i have learned i have been uh i have developed myself i have discovered to uh uh, desolder a socket to solder a socket to yeah. solder lugs on a pin, uh, on a coil on a pinball machine to join two wires together yeah and oddly enough I, I, at least in recent experience I, I kind of take that for granted yes. I, I don't know why but I've always kind of just had the knack to be able to solder yeah I, I never really thought about it yeah. that's not 
the case for a lot of people. Very and, true. And even here as recently as, as the past you know couple of weeks, I have shown some people some of my techniques that to me I didn't even realize I was doing because I just did it. You just did it, yeah. And it has helped them quite a bit. So I thought, okay, well, how about I take this to a little larger scale? Yeah. We'll take a camera. We'll turn it down over a table. Of course, I'll have my, a presentation to go along with it like we always do, Whitney, because yeah. We know, everybody knows the broken token people don't screw around. No, we no, we're not messing around. No, no, we're no. not messing around here, Stanley. And we're we'll, getting it done. We'll come in and we'll demo it and we'll do it live. Yes. And so that that's kind of what I'm envisioning. I'm still developing it. I need to, you know, get get the rest of the slide deck put together okay. and get some get the rest of my samples and things that I want to show laid out. But yeah. I, I think it's gonna turn out great. It's awesome. So the the first question that naturally comes to mind is what equipment are you going are you going to take down there and what are you going to feature so i'm going to take and i've thought about this because in doing this i'm probably going to end up taking most of my bench apart jeez man you know? that yeah um Good on you is is what I'll say because that you're you're going to be lugging down a fair amount of yep. equipment. There's and there's no way around that. I'm going to take my main weller iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take my backup iron. Yeah. I'm going to take at least one desoldering, you know, nice desoldering iron. Okay. As well as a selection of of. Um, smaller more inexpensive portable type pieces okay and you know and the intention is is i, I don't want to lay all that stuff out and then scare somebody away yeah the the way i even in my mind i've thought about starting the presentation is don't let all of this bother you you can effective uh, effectively repair many many things on uh, a lot of your games with just these one or two little things yeah okay and and I don't want to. I don't want to come off as if there's a huge barrier to entry. Yeah, or or, or right, or show as being solder elitist or something like yeah. that. I guess. So, I mean, are you are you going to start small with with let's say a braid wick and let's say maybe a, a solder pull and then work your way up? Is that how you're uh, actually, planning on approaching I think I'm this? Just, my, or is my, it more technique oriented? It's more technique oriented. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And I, I, my intention is is to kind of feature. Uh, a simple soldering iron uh-huh. and um, one of the maybe like a bulb type solder sucker and yeah. some wick. Okay. And then kind of show where you can kind of go from there. You know, okay. It, honestly, I kind of envision it almost as even having to frame it in it's it's like a Ford versus Chevy versus Dodge thing, the uh-huh. old the old truck argument. Yeah. Because everybody's gonna have their favorites. Yeah. I like yeah, my yeah. Metcal there's, stuff. There's I like no my Hacko stuff. Yeah. I like my X stuff. Yeah. And that's all good and fine. You can you can be just as effective in the world that we play in with uh, nice yet inexpensive equipment. Okay. Very, and, okay. Very. And, very. and I want to I want to keep it very very friendly. Yeah. So so, so just for, just for everybody out there listening, uh, if you're not able to make it to SFG, don't worry. We'll have the tripod. We'll have the video camera, and we will record Brent session. And uh, that will happen in June, and then sometime by November, I'll have it up on the YouTube channel, and uh, and we'll have it all nice and, and pretty and professional looking, and you'll be able to see the session. Yeah, so, I'm having. Yeah. A fe- I'm feeling it, it, it's very visual. So yeah. yeah, you'll have to you'll have to YouTube, but I don't think the slide deck will do you do no, much. No, 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 no. Uh, in fact, I may. I may see Brent if we can possibly record it from a from a couple of different angles at once, mm-hmm. so that we can switch back and forth. Oh, okay. So, 
I, I need to. I, I'll look into that and see. I'm going to have to find a second camera. But that's the type. That's the type of. That's the type of demonstration that you almost want to see it cut from a different from a few different angles because it, it would get fatiguing to look at just kind of just one angle just on all the time. But anyway, yeah, we'll yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure yeah, it we'll, out. Yeah, we'll figure all that out. Okay, so now I've got it's all good stuff uh, to round out here. I've got uh, a couple of surprises for you that aren't noted. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Lay, lay them on me there. So first, we started out talking about Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah. It, if I'm speaking, let's let's. Burt Reynolds. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, Jackie and I were talking about Burt Reynolds in the car the other day. You as one it, does. As one does. Well, we were talking about Smoking the Bandit and the fact that we have ne- we haven't watched it all the way through from start to finish in a good 15 to 20 years this will probably not make it out in time for people to take advantage of this Uh but have you ever heard of fathom events oh yes yeah in fact we've even been to see a few of the films for fathom events so for folks across the country that uh we'll have to put this in the show notes it's good the fathom stuff is great what fathom tends to do is they'll take classic movies and they will have special engagements and run them for two or three days at theaters across the country. Uh-huh. And they're doing Smoking the Bandit this month. Oh, are so they? Are you going to Are you going to go see it? I don't. I want to, but I don't know if I'm going to have time. The, the only pro, The only problem with the Fathom events are the ticket prices tend to be pretty high. Okay, that that I've noticed, and you don't have much of a time window. Yes, it's on just ca- a couple days. Catching yeah, them. and it's a couple showings in it's, each of those. It's yeah. a couple showings in the cities, and man, if if you make it, you make it. If you don't, it's good gone so yeah i know that i've seen this year they're doing smoking the bandit they're doing princess bride and it seems like i've seen a couple other flow by Um, yeah i see it on facebook all the time yeah i I do too i joined their mailing list so they they actually email me uh the one that was uh, of great interest uh to jackie and i because we're we're both very big alfred hitchcock fans was uh seeing uh, north by northwest oh okay and that was just that that film never disappoints so it's great never seen it oh i've not seen hitchcock stuff oh brad and that that probably has to do with mom really okay apparently well, as I remember it, when Bird, what was the Bird? Was it Birds? Was that the, the, the Birds? Bird? Yes. Um, look, I gotta watch saying that around here, Whitney. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> they're yes, they're liable to drop a pinball machine yeah. on us at any time. So yes, Mom was young when that was out, uh-huh. and it just didn't set right with her. I understand. And it was it was very graphic and cutting edge for the time for the time it was released. There's I've, no doubt about it. I remember years ago, <laughs> we were at Disney, uh-huh. and we were of course you know they're always cutting edge technology, and we were maybe in the early days of. Um, was it Hollywood? What's the, what's the park that's Hollywood now? Is it Disney? Uh, it's Universal Studios, isn't it? Maybe it was Universal Studios before because Disney purchased it right now and isn't like disney studios hollywood studios uh, disney or something like that no I people thought, are out there screaming yeah it, i thought that universal studios the universal studios theme park was separate from disney well when we went in 2015 we went to uh hollywood disney or whatever that park was and spent okay. the day and i'm pretty sure that a lot of the rides were adaptations from what i thought was the original universal studios okay uh, one way or the other i had a i had a good time and Years ago, when we went, you know, I was a I was a boy, so it was where I was young. So wherever they, oh, I'm still a boy, but where, <laughs> where, wherever I went, yes, we are young man. Yes, yes we are. Wherever I was, it was because they took me there. So yeah. I mean, I 
I, I don't know. One way or the other, we ended up in this huge auditorium. Okay. And it was uh, just part of the show. It was a 3D type show, which was that's you know old hat today yeah and it had existed at the time but it wasn't in fad then okay and they were taking stuff like some of the michael jackson uh uh not movies some of the michael jackson uh help me here whitney where he does uh videos music videos oh okay and they were putting th- that was no help to you whatsoever no, none you know that sorry and they yeah. were doing 3d effects on that and they were really kind of i guess showcasing to me, it was just a cool show. I think that what they were showcasing is is how they could take existing movies and then add depth and all that okay. kind of fun stuff. Right. Okay, yeah. so regardless, we're sitting there enjoying it, and then they cut to the scene in the in the birds where the birds attack. <laughs> oh my gosh! Mom was none too happy. Uh, oh, I, I see. <laughs> That's where I I'm see. going with all yeah, this. Yeah, gotcha. has nothing to do with video games or pinball machines. Well, what I will say, um, and uh, of course, would, half of our show doesn't anymore. Well, you know, it's we 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 have the, the shows. The show has progressed a little bit over the past year, year and a half. We've we've definitely stretched the boundaries a tad. That's all right. Yeah, it's it's all good. It's all good. I, I think we I think we do need to make sure that we keep that uh, in check. Keep, keep that in check. But you know something, hey man, it's all life. Well, this you know, is all this good. Is, this is all retro stuff. So it is. This started off with Burt Reynolds. Yeah, and uh, Burt Reynolds makes me think of another classic American actor, which is Patrick Swayze. Oh yeah. And when you think. Patrick Swayze, what do you think? What movies? Uh, let's see. I would say Roadhouse, okay. uh, Point Break, All right. uh, and uh, certainly not Dirty Dancing, and certainly not Ghost. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ooh, okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Ooh. Now, my, now my, my, trust me, my far better half would would <laughs> have answered that. That would, that <laughs> would have been answered reverse. Open the know? coin door there. Oh, my on, goodness. On Tempest. Oh, okay. So, uh, friend of the show, Jim Hale. Hey, hang on, hang on for one second. I don't open a door unless I <laughs> make sure unless I knock first. Make sure there's not a clown in there. Oh yeah. Oh, gee, here, Maxine, she's <laughs> going crazy. It's, it's hilarious. I've got Whitney arranged in a corner now where he can barely get into the game. Okay, okay, I'm gonna have to stand up. So just f- fill space for me for a second. All right. All right? So, yeah. friend of the show, Jim Hale, and, and I guess Whitney, this is kind of a, an outtake as to how the show has kind of expanded a little bit. Outside of video games and pinball machines and gotten into things that are kind of all retro. Well, we seem to be having a movie exchange going on. <laughs> so, oh, this it, is hilarious. I've never seen this film. Neither either. have I. Oh, man. I, this is. This is Steel Dawn, the VHS copy is what it is. And I will say this, Patrick Swayze, he he looks serious here, he Brent. He looks serious. Like he's about ready to he's he's about ready to uh assign a name to every butt that he's getting ready to go kick and he's got them all cataloged from A to Z, you know? Yeah. That may actually have to go up on the Facebook page. I opened that envelope up and i was like what is that i was ah! so 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 jim sent this jim to you sent this to me uh, it's hilarious I think next week he's got to send me a vcr <laughs> <laughs> well you know what uh, leave it to jim he'll get you one yeah you know he'll get you one and Dude's to offset solid. it he also sent me another little handheld game so thank you jim hale oh, that's awesome that all is right awesome. so this absolutely has nothing to do with um arcade and video games but it is retro and it's something that came up in some of the work I've been doing. I mentioned all the house cleaning and on life and all that kind of fun stuff. So I thought I would share this with everybody. 
So Whitney, you're getting comfortable. You better get uncomfortable. Okay. Fair. I'm going to grab something. <laughs> I'm always uncomfortable. What are you talking about? So what what do I have in my hand, Whitney? You've got a you've got a box that uh, on on the side printed of it it says the Louisville Slugger. So I'm going to assume there's a ball bat. There on is a the ball bat there. in here. There's a good reason I've got this. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So I need you to hop up and there's something there between the speaker and the Tempest. Go ahead and grab that. Okay. Hang tight. I'll be right back. So when Whitney grabs that, I'm going to have Whitney – you're going to have to come all the way around there, Whitney. Yeah. So I have the ball bat because what Whitney is going to get and what I'm going to ask Whitney – no, right there, right there, that's it. What Whitney is going to get to describe for all of our listeners oh, – holy, holy smokes. <laughs> Man, oh man! There will you can describe that, Whitney. There will be no pictures. So, and if there are, I'm going to take this ball bat, and I'm going to crush every piece of electronics that you have. This, whoops, sorry, this is all good, man. That is what tea molding is made for. All right. So Whitney, what? Go ahead and put your headset on there, Whitney. I, your headphones. I, I don't even know how to describe the awesome that I've got sitting. Uh, that I've what? got sitting here in front of me, but these are uh, the only way I know to say this is these are Brent Senior pictures. Is what these are. And dude, um, I don't know how many mullets escaped and died for this hairdo, but. Uh, Brent, I'm, I'm guessing it's got to be at least seven. And and I'll tell you, and mullets run fast. They're hard to catch. Oh yeah, and kill. I'm, I'm spry. But dude, you, but dude even in my old age, I'm spry. Um, man, I'll tell you what, Brent, you were uh, you're on the money, buddy. You're on the money. So h- how many different pictures we have there in that in that spread? <laughs> uh, you got nine, nine pictures, nine pictures of, of me in different positions. Yeah, uh, I, I think with uh, like my my. Junior ring is my. Am I doing? There's like a ring pose. Oh in there yeah, somewhere? yeah. You've got like three ring poses. You've got one in like a director's chair. You've got one saying, "Mom, I'm getting ready to go off to the navy." You've got another that. <laughs> yeah, and you've even got one that where your head's like kind of crooked to the side, and it's like the inquisitive Brent, you know. And you're you're looking kind of kind of off, like past the photographer where he's talking to you, but you don't acknowledge him. You're just looking past him, and you're thinking, "I wonder where my wife is going to go." That pensive look. Yeah, it's, I it's wonder, very, very pensive. I that, wonder if I were ever be heard across the world. <laughs> Uh, this is awesome. I really wish I could take a picture nope. of it, but I'm not going to do that. But you know why? Because I like you too much to do that. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, no pictures wow. of that will make. <laughs> uh, wow. wow is all I know to say. I'm going to put this over here so that he's nothing turning, happens to he's it. He's turning it around I, so I'm not facing him. Well, the thing about it is, it you know, every time I, I turn around and look over, what it's, if I put it over it, my yeah, it's it's going to haunt me like the clowns do. You know. So anyway, you know. Uh, I was actually. Oh, that's awesome. I, I think when those look, he's, no, he's no, like, seriously. I am going to turn it back around so I can so I can see it. So yeah, it's all good. <laughs> you can just bask in its yeah, awesomeness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it does put off a glow. I will say that. <laughs> oh, dude, that's all. That is seriously, all joking aside, it's pretty cool that you kept that. You know, that's that is pretty neat. You don't have yours. Um, uh, my mom's got them, and they're at they're they're at my parents' house. I don't have them. My mom's got them. When my niece was. Um, younger like probably you know just solid, learning to speak solid. <laughs> what yeah. i said that's solid yeah with uh when my niece was younger and you know she wasn't a toddler i, yeah. I don't know a couple years old she could speak and you know she could start to form thoughts and all that yeah my dad held her 
up and it was my pic, my high school pictures and my sister's high school pictures with big hair. And I genuinely think she was having a hard time figuring out which was which because of the hair. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Really? Okay. Because <laughs> of the hair. Well, I, dude, I'm going to tell you, that's one strong mullet. That's what that is. So, and you can tell that I wouldn't I even go so far it. as to say, man, it, it probably had product in it too, oh, didn't it? Jeez, come yeah, on, of yeah, course. Yeah, I, I rocked say, it. Yeah, fair enough, Back man. in the day, playing games. <laughs> All right, Whitney. So that that's kind of been my month. I think next month is going to be much more productive. I can turn back around and focus on some games. Of yeah. course, we're going to have SFGE coming up, so there will be a lot to talk about there. What have you had going on outside of Skyskipper? Let's cover that, and well, then we'll get into the Skyskipper stuff, because I know there's a lot. Yeah, there, there is a lot, but I, I, I want to cover off on, on just a couple of things that uh, have, I guess, just kind of crept up, crept up or crept into the schedule, and you, you kind of process them, or you kind of kind of work them a little bit and you say oh man this is this was fun because i made progress on something other than what i've just been knee deep in for what feels like the past several months but um i mean pinball related brent i've done absolutely nothing other than i walk by my pinball machines and i look at them and i say man those sure would be nice to play someday you know i've hardly don't whitney don't feel bad yeah i've had this you know that brand new ghostbuster sitting there yeah and I have I've walked by it at eleven thirty at night, exhausted, and and I've even once turned it on and just said I'm going to play this thing, and mm-hmm. it was terrible games. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I know, I know, and so I feel right now, and I don't know if this is good or bad, and it's probably bad, but it's good because it keeps me on track. I feel I don't feel like I should be taking a lot of time off from Skyskipper because I've got to have Skyskipper. Yeah, it's a once solid. in a lifetime deal. Yes, yes. So I I don't really um, I don't really want to uh, diversify myself so much over the course of thirty day of every thirty days in between shows. Simply because there, there, I mean, Brent. There's no other way to say it. There's just so much right. There's, and I'll be, I'll be as completely upfront and transparent with everybody listening. There's just so much riding on it. So it's, it's got to be, it's got to be solid. It's got to be right. It's got to run. Uh, and Alex and I have invested uh, so much from a time uh, commitment, sweat equity, and even, uh, and even a reputation standpoint. You know, we've, we've got to, we've got to follow through. So, you know, here it is. But as, as far as pinball goes. Uh, you know, there, there's a couple of items. One I'm going to talk about in the news segment, so I'm going to save that because it is something I'm very interested in that was new that just popped up this month. It doesn't qualify for spending your money because I'm not sure it's fully baked yet, okay? But it is something that I'm definitely well, interested in. Well, everyone knows I'm half-baked. Well, it, it, you know, be that as it may, uh, you know, I'm going to give you the uh, the benefit of the doubt and save you uh, save save your money for 30 days, okay? But uh, Brent, this is one thing that I that has been on my to do list for months now, and I have not placed my order with Titan for my silicone, and it bums me out because for something that that should seem to be so simple, oh, it's for, not. It's not. It's not. It's not. And it is extremely time consuming. And what I have resorted to is saying, there's no reason for me to just order a bunch of flipper bats. Okay, you flipper bat rubbers when I need to do when I need to take a game and do a game. And so, oh, so instead of going through and just say, oh, well, give me a dozen reds and a dozen greens or something, just so you've got them, you want to do. 
You want to sit down and do the game? I, I want to. I, I want to do a game and color match, and I'm also going to order just like what you're saying. Give me ten reds. Give me ten greens. Give me ten yellows. Give me ten pinks. Give me ten purples. Yeah, just so you have them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just so you run through. You've got them on hand. I've got no problem having a small amount of inventory on hand because. Uh, a lot of times you'll want to swap the bat. You know, you want to swap the bat rubbers out at the oddest times, and if you don't have them, what are you doing? You're waiting on another order to come in, and I hate that. Well, but, and don't forget, I I ran into this with Back to the Future, yeah. And I'm going to double check when I do other games. Yes, the manual doesn't necessarily line up with the play field. Well, so the, don't go to that to that and y- think that's y- the yeah, word. and think the manual is the word. So that that's fair. And so what I plan on doing and this is the this is the first game that um I'm going to go to this extent on is I'm going to order uh, I'm going to catalog my Tron and and I'm going to replace uh I'm going to swap everything over to Titan silicone on my Tron. And I'm going to do it while I have the ramps out installing my Eli ramp lighting kit, okay? Yeah, and that I, makes sense because you're going to have a lot of it apart at that time. You're going to have a lot of it yep. apart at that time. So it's the perfect game to do it, and it is the perfect time to do it. But Brent, I'm not even going to tackle it till we get back from SFGE because I, there's no way I can, I can invest that kind of time away from Skyskipper when Skyskipper is not done yet. And I'll, I'll get into that here in just a few minutes. But... Um, I want to place an order from Titan like really, 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 really bad, but I don't feel like I'm at the point where I sh- where I should be pulling the trigger on placing an order when I don't have all my facts and my figures straight yet for what it is I need. So anyway, so that that's that. Um, I, I do want to say, though, is I have been on their site numerous times, okay, since the last time that we mentioned them. And Brent, I, I don't know if they've done some upgrades to the site, but I have found that the shopping cart has been more persistent than it was the last time that I was, or the last time that we talked about the Persist- site. Persistent as in? As like- in, you can log in with your account, fill up a shopping cart, and it will, and it seems to last longer before it just completely deep sixes itself, and you have to start all the way See, over. See, I've never trusted any site with that. Yeah. So if, if I'm dropping something in a cart yeah. and I have any fear, yeah. I always end up swiping it and saving it out to a document yeah. so I can put all the part numbers in yeah. later. I will tell you, the two sites that do it perfectly, beyond a shadow of a doubt that do it perfectly, is Newegg in Amazon, their shopping oh, carts. Oh, Amazon haunts you. Yeah, their shopping carts persist. They will persist for months at a time. And uh, whether that's good or bad, I'll leave that for another discussion for another day and another, um, let's say, another series of, of opinions on that. Me, I kind of like it because I, I tend to shop that way. And, uh, you know, I, I accumulate things in, in my cart. And then when it reaches a tipping point, I hit you know, hit the button and, you know, Brown Santa shows up with it two days later and it's mm-hmm. done, but uh, two different schools of thought. But anyway, that that's that. But, um, so that's, that's the pinball side. And like I said, the second thing I think everybody will, uh, will, will be pretty excited to hear about. Uh, it is a new product and something that, that I, after I've seen the pictures, I, I am getting pretty, pretty amped up on it. But like I said, we'll talk about that in, in the news section. And, uh, as far as Grace's, uh, console game room, I mean, Brent, I've, I've not done, I've not done a thing. I, I mean, we've got it to the point where the shelving is done, the painting is done. 
uh, I've, I finished with the assembly of all the furniture that's going in the room, but, um, I, and I guess if anything, that, that would be whatever progress I've made on it, just finishing, finishing the fur, the furniture assembly. But as far as any setup in the room, uh, we got to go get a TV and hang a TV and, and things like that in order to, you know, for her to run her Wii U and, and run the Wii and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Did you all buy a Switch? Um, yes, okay. we did. We did buy a switch. Yeah. And you want to hear the story about the switch? Um, sure. Why not? I, I'm, I'm, I have listened to an, uh, enough shows, both, uh-huh. uh, arcade and pinball that have d- dipped into the switch talk Well, and enough pop culture shows. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm kind of interested. So, yeah. so here's the thing on the switch. Okay. And, um, I caught this thing. At a Target, okay. I saw one sitting in Walmart the other day, and I'm, I tried to decide if I should have bought, bought it. You probably should have bought it, man. Just, I mean, just, just for what it was. But, uh, but there was a, um, there was <laughs> an order that came in at Target, and I was doing my normal robocalls, okay, going around the the targets in my area. Oh, you to had seeing, to go through all that to get one. Uh, yes, I did. Man, uh, now yeah. I should have bought that. And so um, I just sold it. Well, I, I sold it. I would have sold it what I paid for it to somebody that wanted it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah sure, I, I understand that, but. Um, but so I did my robocalls, and the the way that they tend to run, at least in the targets in this area, is Target will get their shipments in two days a week, Monday and Wednesday, and then they'll they'll go ahead and they'll put them out on the floor. Sometimes they'll get a Friday shipment, not every week, and you literally have to catch them as they go on the floor first thing in the morning when the store opens up because if you wait till eleven or twelve o'clock, and oh, it's gone, it's gone. Yeah. they're gone. And so um, I was driving up the interstate, uh, headed to work one morning. Did my robocalls, you know, ran through my list of targets that was that's within a thirty mile radius. Caught one of them locally, and fortunately, it was the target closest to me. And the guy said, "Hey, you're in luck. We got in three, okay?" And he goes, "And I just put them out no less than five minutes or no more than five minutes ago, okay?" Okay. And he said. And one of them's already sold. I got two left. And I'm like, I will be there in seven minutes. Hold me one. And, <laughs> and so, and he took my name and everything like that. And he said, he goes, are you on your way? And I said, dude, I have diverted my schedule. I am I am coming to that target. I, I didn't realize now. they were that bad and still. So, and so... He's like, okay, give me your name. He goes, but you got to get here like within 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'll be there within 10 minutes. Trust me. And so I show up, I walk, you know, I like sprint back to electronics. And I know people were laughing at me because I was essentially running through the target. And Brent, I'm telling you, they knew what I was running for. Okay. And so because I, people smiled at me as I was running back through the target and I smiled at them and I just kept well, right on going. When, okay? when they get them, I'm sure that all the folks, oh, we got three. Yeah. Watch yeah, the door. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. So, um, so I didn't want to be the guy that bought two, okay, and just walked out of there with two of them to flip one or something yeah. like that. So I was I was just going to buy one, just one for us, okay, and you know one one for one for Grace and I, one for the family, and so 
So I get back there. I, I, you know, I find the guy and that I talked to and he's like, oh yeah, I recognize your voice. He goes, come over here, get your switch. And I'm standing there and he's pulling the one that he had with it, with the little sticky note on it for me. Cause he had a W on it for me. Okay. And I'm standing there. Some guy walks up and he goes, Oh man, I can't believe it. I found a switch and he buys it just right then. And so right there within literally 15 minutes, the three that they put out gone. I mean, huh. gone. I walked into a Walmart. Yeah. And this was in an evening because I, I it was no, it was in an evening. And I just I, just for laughs. Yeah. I cut through and I saw one. OK. And if I don't think I'll make that mistake again, because yeah. I'm sure. Well, it, it's there. They're, they're going to I be have, more available over time. I have no reason. I don't want one. OK. But I'm sure I know someone that does. Yeah. And I'll just give, you know. Yeah. Here's the receipt. Yeah. Buy, pa- yeah. Know. Buy it for me. Just pa- just pass it on. Yeah. Just doing somebody a solid. Totally get it. Round, totally round get it. it up to the nearest dollar because I don't have I don't have yeah. silver in my pocket. Yeah, I don't want to change. Make, I don't want to yeah. make that change. Exactly. But anyway, we did get a switch. Uh, it did take it did take some um, some let's say some some high speed maneuvering and intervention to get it to get it bought in in my hands. But uh, I got one. So that so that's oh, great. Cool. Okay. And Grace was so excited man she was so excited when i showed it to her you know so. what she would like even more what's that if you had like a mullet and you played the switch with it <laughs> yeah buddy yeah buddy <laughs> well right. there's there's no saying i can't go get a wig and sit down there and you know throw on the plaid the plaid button down shirt and play some switch you know so and rock it rock it like 82 <laughs> man but uh anyway so so that's it dude. rock it like patrick swayze you got it man and what steel dawn but um yeah so got got the switch that's cool so that is some progress for her game room she's looking forward to it but we're not really delving into the switch until until we get the tv up and get the sound system up and everything like that and so um she's she's good with that and we want to we just want to make sure that we have the time set aside to really uh, enjoy it together so okay from the arcade side of the house, uh, a couple things that I had ordered uh, a while ago did come in, and I was always and, and I'm always super excited, Brent, when a package shows up at my house and I've completely forgotten what it was, you know, or what it was even supposed to be. It's like, oh wow. That's right. I did order that, didn't I? Huh? Okay, cool. That was back, what, November? And this is May? Oh, yeah, this is awesome. It's like a <laughs> present, you know? Well, that, that's quick for some of the arcade stuff. Hey, man, you know something? It is what it is. It is what it is. And I'll tell you what, man, you can't get bent out of shape about it nope. because uh, these guys are... They do it. They do it as a labor of love and you don't get it. You don't put, you don't put them in a hurry, man. You just say, I just try to be nice to everybody and say, whenever it's in, it's in. And, you know, that's that. But anyway, uh, I did receive my, uh, my glass... Screen printed on tempered glass Major Havoc uh, marquee, and that now, was is that for a dedicated Major Havoc cabinet? That is cabinet? for a dedicated okay. Major Havoc cabinet. Yes, it is. And this was run by uh, Scott Evans or Atari Scott on the Claw Forums. Uh, he's out in California, and uh, Brent um, Scott commissioned Rich at this old game to do these marquees, and they are absolutely, positively, beyond a shadow of a doubt beautiful i mean you you pop this thing open and it just it, it it has the it just you hold it up into the sunlight and it just has that i mean it's silk screen and so the back of it it, it just it it diffuses the light perfectly the colors are brilliant and it just i mean it's just it's awesome dude it's just awesome so anyway so that's um 
that that is that and i'm i'm very very happy for that it's um it's it's wonderful um got in my harness order from ken fault at golden age arcade parts ken is a uh harness maker extraordinaire from up in Canada and he is the guy who did the reproduction harnesses for the Gottlieb games, Mad Planets, uh, Qbert, and uh, Reactor, okay? And so I definitely needed uh, the harness for my Mad Planets. Uh, my Qbert harness is eight all to pieces and I I don't know, Brent, what's your, what's your take, man? Would you, would you spend the money to get a reproduction harness and just swap and roll or are you of the if mindset can... that... That you that you would repair the harness uh, if it, if it's not too far gone. If it's not too far gone, I could see it. Yeah, if it's not too far gone, if it's a few splices, yeah. I could see doing it. Yeah. Uh, the the most recent memory that's sitting right here behind me is my burger time. Uh huh. And I had bits and pieces of the factory harness, and then I had. I guess what you would call an aftermarket harness, which was one of Bob Roberts' harnesses. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, you talking about it. Bob's harness maker. It's a really nice, high quality harness, high yeah. quality wire. Yeah, but it's not. Now, are these harnesses color correct? They're not color okay. correct. What what he what Ken does though is they're all one color wire, but he heat shrinks color tubing on the wire. Oh, okay, it's selected right. at 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 regular intervals on the wire. So if it's orange, that it's a white wire or a black wire, whatever whatever he's using for that particular run, but then it will have the heat shrink tubing on it for yellow or for brown or for green or for red. So he'll put it back to color code, so to speak, mm-hmm. okay? At least to the point where you could troubleshoot it. How about now, that? Now, the harness I got from Bob, it was discrete colors. Okay. So if it was... Did they match, though? No, it that's, didn't match. That's, see, that's the thing. Because yeah. you know, a lot of almost all your games are some color with a stripe or two yes, stripes or exactly. something like that. Yep, yep. These were all solid colors, but they were unique colors. Okay. And it wasn't. I'm trying to say, to figure out a way to say this in a way that doesn't sound like a slam against the harness because it's not. Yeah. But it's not the harness's fault. It, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't a hundred percent in okay. that there was stuff that was okay. Uh, I, I don't think the coin meter was in it, which I don't care. Oh, there I was see. just there was just a few things that I had to kind of adjust. You had to shore up a little bit. Yeah, and I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was. But I, I and honestly, I think not thinking back, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that. I ended up retaining a factory supply. That this would have been a great harness if I had a Cubert board, or excuse me, a Burger Time board uh-huh. and just some cabinet, yeah. or even a Burger Time cabinet that was totally gutted with yeah. no no factory uh, power uh, supply, no factory harness, no yeah. fact, or excuse me, no factory uh, transformer assembly, no yeah. factory power supply. Uh-huh. That was what did me in, yeah, because I, I had to do like this cross contamination sort of a deal which it sounds like that's what you're doing because is everything else factory everything else is factory so if 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 the harness would plug and chug right into a factory configuration that's what these do and yeah and it's the harness you have is pretty far gone i yeah i think i do it in a heartbeat my my cubert yeah uh, i would say i'd even go so far as to say the harness on my cubert is crispy you know, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, replace yeah it. exactly. So, so, what did he do with the edge connector? Because I'm trying to remember what the hook was with the edge connector that Gottlieb used for the that boards that Cubert Mad Planets reactor. You know, I, I don't know yet I, because the the boxes come in, okay. but I've not popped them open. I, I don't. What I know about his harnesses is what I have 
what I've seen from his, from the harnesses I've purchased from him prior, where I've gone through and inspected them real good. Okay. Honestly, I mean, we're sitting here on Wednesday. The box just came in yesterday, and gotcha. I haven't even had time to open it up. Yeah, there's but, I, but I know I know that's what it is because he told me what was in the box. I don't so. think it's a single sided deal. There's something about. I think I, I it's a standard spacing. I, I'm, I'm gonna, from what I remember, I'm look, I, you know what? Might I'm be a look. pin count. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't, I'm gonna there, look. There was something odd that you couldn't get. Something odd about it, and and it, that that connector for the the edge connector was unavailable. Oh, I see. It was out of production. Oh, I see. I so see. that that was okay. kind of a big deal trying to fix restore games. Okay. So yeah, now, I'm kind of interested to know. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to crack that open and then uh, take a couple of pictures and send them over to you because now that I mean now that 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 actually kind of piques my interest there mm-hmm. as well. So, okay, fair enough. But I mean, as far as quality and workmanship go, I mean, the harnesses are great. I mean, it, of course, you know, brand new, brand new, uh, brand new connectors, pins, you know, the whole nine yards. It's, it's just very, very nicely done. Um, the other thing that, uh, that, uh, showed up Brent that I, I had, uh, ordered since the last time uh, or the last episode was a set, uh, or as many as I, as many as I could get, of um, reproduction red tin instruction cards, and so I was able to get let's see two, four, six, eight, uh, ten, eleven. I was able to get eleven reproduction cards. Uh, just real quick, it was Castlevania, Clue Clue Land, Excite Bike, Golf Goonies, Gradius, Pinball, RBI Baseball, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, Top Gun and Tetris were the reproduction cards that I that I was able to get, and um, I did already have an original, um, I guess OEM slash original Nintendo Sky Kid and Super Mario Brothers uh, uh, instruction cards, and so uh, I did get the Super Mario with the reproduction Super Mario just to kind of compare, and they're very 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 close. They're they, they're not exactly the same material naturally, they, so. The reproductions are a little thinner, but as far as colors and just overall um, application when it's on the red tint, you would never really know the difference unless unless you had the original and the reproduction side by side, and you were you know you were feeling of them in your hands and everything like that. So I was uh, I was actually pretty happy to get those, Brent, because my red tint when I when I picked up my red tint, I had like nothing for it other than the games that came you know other than the games that came with it. So. Getting the instruction cards uh, has actually been a, a bit of a score for me because uh, you know you burn the ROMs, you swap them out, swap the boards out, and everything, but you don't have the instruction cards, and it just it just looks kind of incomplete, you know, without those. So I was I was pumped to get those. Um, I'm scrolling through Golden Age arcade parts now to see what what's oh, on here okay. that, I, yeah. that I just can't live without. Yeah, fair fair enough, fair enough. And the other thing, Brent, that I ordered and got in was something that we talked about in last month's show. And this falls into the category of uh, get it because you don't know how long the guy's going to be making them. But this was the uh, the Cubert High Score Protection Circuit Boards, and this is from uh, Claw User Sand One or S A N D One. If you want to go search for threads that, that have, could that also have been be started a, by him, that could also be a. A fun way to spell Sandy. Yeah, it very well could be. Yeah, sand, sand I, Sandy, Sand I with a sand one with a bar over top. You know, either way. <laughs> but um, the, for as a refresher, this is a very very small little circuit board. Uh, supposedly works with any Gottlieb game. Uh, that'd be Mad Planets, Crawl, Three Stooges, Cubert, whatever that may you know, etc. I'll just leave it at that. And uh, Sand has got the PCB part number here. He's listed this as C dash two two. 
um, two four eight dash three two 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 four eight dash three. I'll say it with my face in front of the microphone, and um, this apparently or supposedly works for all of those uh, all of those Gottlieb main boards uh, that of that specific model number. And uh, you know, Brent, I'm you know I'm going to be in the back of my Mad Planets. Uh, swapping out the harness on that, and I'm I'm going to install this and and give it a run and see and see how it goes. So I'm I'm actually pretty anxious, and um, I picked up two of these, and I got one for my Cubert as well because the only um, the issue that I've got with my Cubert is that um, the boards are pretty well eat up in it. The harness is beyond gone. And so definitely going to swap the uh, definitely going to swap the harness out, and then I've got a fair amount of of cleanup to do on those boards. And so I figured when when the time comes for me to do that, then this would be installed and uh, and hopefully hopefully help matters out a bit. I haven't even opened my cubert in so long. I don't remember what the harness looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I have to keep this in mind. Yeah, I, I may just end up just read because it looks like the kitty offers is uh, I've already clicked off of it, but it's. It's like a one-shot Charlie, and it's everything. It's everything. It's not I, just like the main harness. No, no, no. I it's mean, everything. it's literally, it, he includes everything that you need. And that, Brent, I know it's shotgun, but let me tell you something, man. It's all it's, new. It's new. And, Brent, I'm, I'm not... The control panel harness, the monitor cable, the AC harness, the edge connector yeah. harness, and yeah. the main wiring harness. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all there. So... I see it as a fairly low barrier to entry to making sure that you don't have a lot of problems later on down the line. So anyway, it's a school of thought. I subscribe to it, and uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out. So, Brent, with that, um, that's the the bulk of what I've done, or I guess kind of what showed up or what I've kind of been tinkering with on the side uh, outside of Skyskipper. Okay. So let me take a breath and kind of catch myself <laughs> up here because, um, Skyskipper has, uh, Brent, this is, uh, and for everybody listening, I mean, this is taking on a life of its own. I, I mean, Alex and I talk on a very regular basis right now. And, and for anybody uh, who may not who may not know, uh, Alex, I'm, I'm referring to his name is uh, Alex Crowley, and he is, uh, I guess, the other the other half of the the main part of this team, the Skyskipper Project team, uh, and he's over in the UK. And so Alex is going to be flying in here in about three weeks, um, and he's uh, he's going to be going down to SFG with us, uh, going down with Brent and myself. And um, Alex is uh, Alex is starting to feel, I think, a, a little bit of the crunch, and and he's uh, he's definitely getting excited for the trip. I'm getting excited for the trip, uh, but Brent, I will say this: it, the, the time. The, I mean, we're three and a half weeks out as of this recording, and it get, it's getting very real. I mean, we're uh, it's all kind of soft and fuzzy when you're two or three months out. When we were at Louisville Arcade yeah. Expo, it was soft and fuzzy. I mean, it was one of those things where it's we were at the beginning of March, and it's and it's like okay, SFGE is the beginning of June. That's four months away. You know, April, May. Well, yeah, all of March, then April, May, June. So leading up to June, so three and a half to four months away. And um, at that point, it was still just a lot of it was still just a lot of rousing talk. I guess you know you're going to do it. You know it's going to happen but at the same point it's you've still got it you still got enough of a buffer there to make it happen mm-hmm. now buddy it is getting real because here we are sitting here recording and we're literally three and a half weeks away yep. for this thing so 
so the thousand dollar question that I'm getting right now, and Brent, I, I, I want to thank. I, I want to say this. I want to thank everybody on Twitter, on Facebook, who are emailing me. Uh, there's some people that um, that are going to remain as of yet uh, unnamed, and and so I want to and I'll make sure that I give credit at the appropriate time and thanks at the appropriate time. But and crisp twenty dollar bills and crisp twenty dollar bills that that much as well. But Brent, I have uh, I have been I feel like I've been shown a lot of love on this and uh, this 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 project has gone a long way to. Uh, helping solidify the fact that uh, this hobby is a wonderful hobby and there are really good people in this hobby and there are just really good people out there just period and that want to help and that want to make make something happen and see something what I consider Brent extraordinary happen and uh, in three and a half weeks we we should see that if everything goes according to plan so uh, I'll, I'll say that right now so so did you get your clearance for the oh, fireworks yeah. inside of the uh, uh, the venue? Uh, no, oh, okay. no, no, but that's, ha- that's happening anyway. Don't, don't okay, worry, okay, don't worry okay. about that. Right, gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And uh, sorry, dude, I'm over here talking with my hands and I know I'm waving back and forth. So I, I apologize. You're for excited. That. He's but, excited. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. You didn't bring those fireworks in here. Did no, you? no, I did not. Okay, I did good not. Man, so, good so okay. 55 episodes in and I'm still making episode three mistakes. So it's, <laughs> it's just when I get kind of amped up. So, so here's the thing. Um, Everybody wants to know where you know where is it at? Is it close to done? Is it close to done? Where is it at? Um, are you going to have? Are you going to have? Is it going to be ready in time? So here's the thing. I'm going to work backwards. Yes, it will be ready in time. No, it's not done. Am I close? Eh, no, not really. <laughs> Am I pretty close? Eh, yeah, maybe you know. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll just lay it out here. So when I first started this, when I first started the whole idea of what am I going to choose to restore for Skyskipper. Alex and I talked about this, and we thought the perfect candidate for the restoration of this game was a Popeye. And uh, and I, I would agree, Brent, a, a Popeye is the absolute perfect uh, cabinet to work off of, or in other terms, uh, honestly, man, it's probably the perfect game to sacrifice for Skyskipper, okay? <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I first started going down this road of, uh, you know, what what are, what, are, what am I going to use to restore Skyskipper? Because, Brent, I mean, here's the thing. You're not putting it in a Pac-Man cabinet. Can't put it in a Pac-Man no. cabinet, no. And, um, and here's the thing. I mean, as time is drawn nigh... Uh, sacrificing a Popeye, I guess, would have been the easier way out, okay? Because I've got a very nice Popeye. And uh, initially, when we first started this, I, w- I was going to sacrifice the Popeye. I was, I was going to, Popeye was going to take it in the shorts, dude. He was. <laughs> well, I, I know mean, you and I talked a little bit about a cabinet that I've got. Yeah. And, you know, I was willing to. I was holding you, on to you, it for my were, own use. You were willing to donate it, and I appreciate that. And I'll and, and I'm going to tell you, Alex appreciates that. But glad um, we didn't have to do it. Uh, well, I mean, it was there, but it's yeah. also nice to still have it because exactly. I, I can still use it for what I want to use it for. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're right, man. It, you, somewhere along the line, you've got to make a decision, and something has you, to you, something you, has to be used. So, something has to be used. So, um, I. I, I don't know, man. When I looked over my Popeye, I, I, th- I, I thought to myself, okay, it's in really good shape. And it is a great cabinet to use for Skyskipper. The problem is, though, Brent, is that for the l- few little nicks and, nicks and um, let's say, gouges or cuts or scrapes that it has, it, it was one of those scenarios where 
I didn't really want to sacrifice such a good-looking Popeye and then have a less-than-perfect Skyskipper. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because, because it's one of those scenarios where it's like the cabinet, the Popeye cabinet is almost too good to restore, to do, quote-unquote, a full restore treatment on it. Oh, for so, okay, so, yeah, for so, so little marginal gain. Gotcha. But, but Skyskipper, because of what this cabinet is or what this game is and what it's going to represent... It's the cabinet's got to be perfect, dude. I mean, there's going to be so many people seeing this and, and the build up on it, it. I mean, the cabinet has got to be 100% pristine, perfect. So I thought, you know, something I'm going to need a working Popeye to model off of. And I, my chances of getting Skyskipper assembled and Brent and, and for everybody out there listening, keep in mind. Part of the deal that we made with Nintendo was that we were going to make sure that Skyskipper was historically accurate to to the game and to what Nintendo would have produced. Okay, so they're they're somewhat holding us to the fire in the sense that. We just can't throw a bunch of stuff in a cabinet, mm-hmm. and as long as it powers on, call it good. Okay, that's that. That is not it. So it's not going to cut it, and it's it's not in the spirit of what we're doing this of why we're doing this project. So, Brent, I I made the choice, and I talked I talked it over with Alex and, and Ollie and, and everything like that. We made the choice and said, okay, um, let's use something else and let's keep the Popeye so that we can get Skyskipper looking exactly like the Popeye mm-hmm. cabinet looks on the inside. That's that down, makes sense. That's yeah. down mm-hmm. to how the how the wiring harness is routed through the cabinet. It's down to where the ground connections are made at. It's down to uh, where the ground connections are made on the monitor versus uh, versus running up to you know running up to the speaker, the the light, you know the wires for the light and everything like that because Brent I realize that 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 let's say even down to the routing of the wire that can be somewhat subjective because 30 years later who's to say who's right who's mm-hmm. to say whether the Popeye that I've got is right or this or that but what we're what we're going to do Brent is we're taking the Popeye and then we're taking all the pictures of the cabinet of the internals of the cabinet that I had access to when I was at Nintendo of America. And we're, we're going to make, uh, we have to make a couple of calls as to what would Nintendo have done had it reached production. Okay. Because Brent, we're not restoring uh, a prototype cabinet. We're restoring Skyskipper as we would, as we would see it or as the public would have seen it had it made it to production so without giving away any kind of like super trade seeker or anything it it, the cabinets that you saw you you clearly prototype cabinets that's that's where i was going yes yes clearly a prototype cabinet okay so so in some sense of the word we are finishing skyskipper okay yet it is staying is historically accurate as humanly possible all right so with that we're modeling off of the Popeye cabinet and we're and we're taking um, the pictures from the cabinet in NOA and we're using both of those as guides. Okay. Now with that, Brent, that means that I had to go find another cabinet. Okay. And because I, I true, we truly needed that Popeye as our ace in the hole. Okay. Mm-hmm. As our reference point. All right. Cause Brent, you can look at pictures 
and that helps. But having something sitting by your side that's physical makes all the difference in the world when it when it comes to putting something back together like that. So, so Brent, so what I did is I went out and I found a um, I found a blue plywood um, a blue plywood Nintendo uh, versus Unisystem. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, the good thing about this cabinet is it was never anything of note before it was the Unisystem cabinet, because this is one of the blue Unisystems or uh, one of the the Nintendo cabinets that was licensed by Atari. Okay. Okay. Because it had all the Nintendo tags on it, and it had the Atari tags on it. Okay. So this was this was one of the Atari licensed. Unisystems is what this was. Okay. Okay. I didn't so, know there was such a thing. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, some of the uh, some of the versus games are licensed by Atari as well. So like RBI Baseball and I think Top Gun and maybe a few others. But but nonetheless, so so is the good thing about this is is it, it when it all comes to pass, um, a Popeye did not have to be sacrificed. Uh, actually, what we sacrificed was essentially um, a. a a blue Nintendo cabinet that never really amounted to much of anything anyway. Okay. okay so, gotcha. so, so this is good. So now, uh, so just to, I guess, kind of, uh, kind of move, move this, uh, move this along from a progression standpoint. Let me, let me tell you about how the versus cabinet wound itself out because when I took the back off of it, Brendan looked inside what I got out of the versus cabinet. I was surprised. Okay. Or as we say here in Kentucky, that, that was, that's something else. Okay. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. So I purchased this, uh, this blue, uh, Unisystem, uh, cabinet, uh, from a church. Okay. And, uh, found it on, on a listing and it wound up being in a church. And so struck the deal, drove to the church, and the person who met me uh, upon taking delivery of the game said, hey, um, it's got Super Mario Brothers in it, and it plays real good. No, no problems with it at all, but I've got these other two boards, and I don't really know what to do with them. Do you want them? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, th- of course I want them. He's like, well, I was just going to throw them away if you didn't want them. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't throw them away. I'm like, I definitely want them. So, so the interesting thing about it is, is that uh, this gentleman goes back to the closet where I guess he had kept, he kept, I guess, the brooms and you know any other stuff that he had used to, to I guess, work on the game's toolbox or whatever. Because they had, apparently they had this uh, this upright Unisystem cabinet in a kind of like the the church rec room or something like that, and so uh, so he he comes but he comes back out he comes back out and he brings me these he brings me these two Unisystem boards and then on uh, and then on those boards ran I took a look at them and believe it or not dude um, there was. Uh, there was gunfight on one of them, wow. and the other okay. one was Top Gun. Okay, so and these are fully, complete boards, fully populated, complete boards. Well, half populated. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. half populated, but full. Okay, or mm-hmm. complete, completely populated on one half of the board. Okay, and, and, and what was really odd about the whole thing, the whole gunfight board, is that. There was no gun on this on this unit system. There's not even a place for a gun. There's not even any inkling that a gun was ever even connected to this game. 
And I didn't really press the issue much because he was giving me a working uh, two working Unisystem boards. And I just I just said, hey, man, listen, thank you. I appreciate you not throwing these away because it's a shame because these things are all 30 years old and they don't really make them anymore. And he's like, well, they just kind of been sitting around and I didn't really know what to do with them if you didn't <laughs> want them. Because there's certainly no use to anybody once you take the game. And it's like, I, I, it's like, I get it, but I'm glad you didn't throw them away. So... So yeah, so I so I've got uh, I've got Top Gun, which is daughter card game, and did you, uh, did you plug them in? Do they work? They work, yeah. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. I brought, I brought them home and plugged Sweet. them in, and they they completely work. Now that being said, I don't know if the other side of the board works. I didn't get into that. Didn't really want to. Yeah, didn't really want to take the time. I mean, but at but least still, yeah. at least half the board, you know, that the the half that mattered, you know, for, as far as being populated, fired up and worked. And so, uh, so I thought, okay, yeah, that's that, that's all great. Uh, and I, and to my knowledge, there's also a super, you know, there's also a third Unisystem board in there that's populated with Super Mario CPU, PPU, and the ROMs because you flip the board, you flip the game on and play Super Mario. And Brent, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not really going to get into the game per se inside the church. And I'm going to tell you, this worked in my favor, okay? Mm -hmm. Because if I'd gotten all nosy up in the grits of the game and popped it open and then made a scene over what was inside the game, (laughs) the dude may have thought about second-guessing what he sold me the game for, okay? And at the end of all this, I'll tell you what I paid for the game, okay? So as of right now, let's let's keep inventory. Here's what I got. Got the cabinet. I got the cabinet. Working monitor, control panel, all that. Working monitor, uh, working versus control panel, um, and monitor's not in the best of shape, but it's it needs a rebuild. But it's there; it's mm-hmm. it's good. Um, sound is fine. I've got uh, and then I've got a working versus uh, Super Mario Brother board, and uh, and, and then the, and at the time a Top Gun and a gunfight with a question mark next to it. Exactly, but still, but still mm-hmm. the yep. the gunfight would power up and it plays. Okay, so there's three working Unisystem boards. A monitor, control panel, wiring, all good, and a blue plywood Nintendo cabinet, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what I got that I know of, okay? Bring the game home, get uh, you know, yank it out of my building, and it's set up in my building for a little while, okay? And so I uh, didn't really get into it until I knew I was going to move it into the house uh, or down, you know, down at the house and then start working on it for Skyskipper, okay? So sat there for a couple weeks, didn't touch it. And so get it down to the house and pop the back now, off of it. Did you transport this on its back, like in your truck? Uh, yes, I did. Okay, so you laid yes. it down. Okay, I did lay All it right. down, unfortunately. And, and that's was, important because it, I... I can look ahead in the show notes. Yes. <laughs> okay, go exactly. ahead. Exactly. But fortunately, uh, disaster did not befall a thing. Yeah, because I... Okay. I, okay. But first of all, you're a brave man because I never lay a game down until I open it, but go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, it, here's the thing. When I, when I popped it back on the dolly... Nothing, nothing moved and I didn't, you know, nothing was, nothing sounded or felt amiss. And I figured so I was okay because, because all the bolts were in the monitor frames yeah. on, on both sides. Cause I counted them. Okay. Three bolts on one side, three bolts on the other. I'm like, at least the monitor will not fall and hit the back. I'm out of here. Okay. And so, so like I say, this one time, this would, this worked for my favor. So here's what, here's what I do. Pop the thing open and lo and behold, to my uh, extreme enjoyment, what do I find in the back of this Unisystem cabinet but two PCB cages, one installed on the left-hand side of the machine, one installed on the right-hand side of the machine. 
And I, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, that's it's wild. Like, I'm like, okay, that's odd. Mm-hmm. And it's got this, uh, and it's got um, the wiring harness is just, uh, Brent, it's just a, a wee bit butchered, me lad. Okay. okay? All, right. All right. But it does work. And um, because the game fires up and plays, okay, so it's all good. Uh, but anyway, so I pull the Super Mario, <laughs> I pull the versus board out that has Super Mario on it, look at it and say, okay, it's cool. I'm, you know, it's just half, half populated. It's empty on the other side. No big deal. And I'm like, why in the world would they have installed a second PCB cage so did in the this piece, thing? Did the second PCB cage have the RF filter little board? It did. For, for folks that haven't seen it, the Nintendos, did. there's like yes. a little board that goes over the end uh-huh. and there's like little white push Yes, dealies. Yeah, like little plastic push pins. Yeah, I guess. and then you pop them out. Pop and them then you out. Decide, okay, so yeah. it had the the RF board on yeah, the end. It had RF board, so everything the the insides of this cage were pr- as protected as they would have been. Okay, mm-hmm. as they ever could have been. And I'm sitting there thinking, it's like. I bet there's more boards in this thing because obviously what they they've hacked this harness to where they can switch it and flip flop it or or do something and so. I proceed to pop the back off of the other PCB cage, and lo and behold, Brent, there's two more versus Unisystem boards <laughs> That's in it. Hilarious. And I'm like, whoa. So, so at how this were they point, hooked up? Because those little that that RF board, it has thing, like Brent. a little harness. Here's the thing, Brent. They weren't. Oh, okay. They, they weren't hooked up. They were just in there because it just has a single harness where it just that's passes ex- through that's it. That's exactly yeah. right. So you could you could only run one of them. So it, at that point, I'm thinking. They must have gotten on the inside of this thing and popped the RF, the, popped the RF, the, you know, the, the the RF leaderboard off of it, swapped the harness around to the other board, then put it all no, back together. You know what? I bet they did. There's because since you had two boards in there, I think there's actually three slots grooved in most of those PCB there, cages. There are three, yes. I bet two, they, two are close together, one's far, one's right. further apart. Yes, I, I bet that was just a storage rack. They very well. Could I have bet been. they would go on location and instead of having somebody worrying about somebody oh, changing chips point. that's a good point to change the game yeah they they they, they just had them changed right there and then they would just, just swap, slide the swap them out and you know i bet it was a storage rack well you know what their their method of uh their method of cataloging and, and inventorying their games worked out for me because here's here's how this come here's how this comes out because in that second pcb cage was two more versus two more you know versus pcbs and one one of them was populated with pinball, and I fired it up, and it worked fine. There's pinball. The other one was double populated with Excite Bike and Duck Hunt. Oh, sweet! With PPUs, CPUs, ROMs, the whole nine yards, Brent. So for everybody keeping track at home, I my, my what was intended to be a one board game, I actually walked out of there with five boards in total. Okay, five PPUs. Well, I'm sorry, six PPUs, six CPUs, and six full sets of ROMs. Sweet. Yes. Now, is that cage... um, I've seen the cages before. Is that cage what you needed for Skyskipper? No, it is not. Because Skyskipper does not use a cage. Oh, okay. okay. It's it's a little odd like that. It mounts... The PCB mounts like Donkey Kong, but it runs off of the Popeye internals. Okay. So, yeah. So, um... Anyway, okay. So, so anyway, so with all of that, darn the luck, darn the luck. But um, 
Now, I'm not saying that I couldn't convert it to yeah. a cage at some yeah. point with an edge connector, but for for what we're doing, it's it's gonna it's gonna sit out it's gonna sit out there um, naked and uh, uh, <laughs> it, it'll have its, it's two tacos it, and its cigar, and it, it will just be out there for the world to see. It's out there in the wind. It's it's <laughs> flying in the wind, buddy. So so anyway, so so with that, you know, I was I was just floored because honestly, Brent, that kind of stuff just doesn't really happen to me all that often, you know. <laughs> And so, yeah, so I cataloged the boards, put them all away and boom, there we go. And I thought, yay, this is awesome. You know, get a little bit, uh, get a little bit back. I don't know what I'm going to do with the boards yet. I'll probably run them in my red tent and then figure out if I want to sell a couple of them or what, anyway, whatever I want to do. So, okay. So here we go. So leading up, leading up to the, to the, uh, to the cabinet restoration. So, well, you said you were going to tell us what you paid for it. Oh, thank you. Yes. So for everybody uh, listening at home, yes, t- take your guess. I'm thinking listed in a church. Uh, we kind of wanted out of our way because we were even willing to throw these boards away. I'm glad, glad you reminded me. Uh, 200 That's exactly what I paid. Two hundred dollars out it's, the door, and it's not in the notes. So I, no, I, it is not in the notes. Hey, good dude. Seriously, good call. Two hundred dollars. <laughs> out the door and you you know something i didn't even argue with them no because because it was a church and it's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna beat a dude up over that works at a church yeah and you and honestly whether he realized or not he was doing you a solid because you were getting a solid cabinet oh yeah that's what you a good nintendo cabinet Uh that's i could see 200 dollars for that oh yeah 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 yeah. with uh, working i mean and i'm sitting here thinking it's like a versus cabinet that is not that is not dedicated to another title, which it wasn't a Donkey Kong three, it wasn't a Junior, it wasn't another Popeye, you know, or something like. That. So I wasn't really, I wasn't really molesting, a, you know, quote unquote, a classic. It was a Unisystem, and I, I don't mean that to sound harsh, but you, you get the difference. You understand the difference. Mm-hmm. So I, so I didn't feel so bad about it. Got out of there, threw, threw my two bills down, and rolled on. And then when I get home, it's like, whoa, look at what's inside there. Ar- arcades are and pinballs. This, I mean, this is like, it's like cars in that the sum of, let's see, how, how do I want to put this? The whole is mm-hmm. worth less than the, sum, than of the, the sum of the parts. That's exactly right. And in this scenario, that's exactly what yeah. it was. Anyway. Yeah, so... So there we go. Um, so that that's getting the cabinet uh, up to the point where you can begin to work on it. And uh, over a weekend, um, I did. Uh, I was offered some help and listed some help, and uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully that gentleman uh, may even be listening. But uh, yeah, Brent, it, it it turned out being what was essentially a two man job over a weekend to get this thing done. But uh, gutted it, cleaned it bondoed it laminated it uh painted it did everything and uh and brent i'll tell you the cabinet looks 110 percent, buddy it looks so beautiful it looks so crisp and factory fresh right That's now sweet. it's unbelievable it, you and i talked a little bit before the show i yeah. think we mentioned this on, we may have mentioned this in the last show yeah uh i, I think you're going to share it once you once we get, you get through SFGE is yeah. just the lamination, yeah. Because I, I just seem to remember that that was kind of always a sticky point, and people yeah. trying to recreate that and just yeah. going with paint. And yeah. 
And it turned out you were able to find it basically just with a little research. Well, w- with a little research, but I, I had help though, Brent. So, so the um, the, the gentleman, uh, just the great friend that helped me out with this, um, he had the source for the initial cut of the laminate. And I didn't, I wasn't satisfied with the finish on the laminate. So I went back to the manufacturer of the laminate and uh, went on their website and ordered in like six different samples. And once they sent them to me, then I held them up against it held them up against my Popeye cabinet and I had to run through the samples, but found a sample and it's not the one that people normally use. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it. I found the sample that matches the Nintendo finish, the sheen of when it was new, the sheen, everything. I mean, Brent, this thing is as this thing is as glossy mirror smooth, and it just oh, it's just beautiful. And yeah, I, I have no problem sharing all these details. Let me get through SFG. Let's get through the the reveal. And then I'll put it all up on the website. I mean, I've been revealing or documenting well, what I can leading up to the reveal. You know, maybe I should take this section out of the show. You no, should it's do fine. what you should do is you should buy it and we should put it up on the Broken Token website. Yeah. And we should just sell it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dang that, it. That's it. That's it. Cool. I'm going to delete all of this. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. It's it's an e commerce opportunity missed, <laughs> is what it is. But um, but no, Brent, I like I say, I, I had I had some help from just a really, really good guy and um you know, I, it I'm wasn't not, me. Well, well, dude. I mean, here, here, here's the thing. Um, I know you're busy, okay? And well, you I'm, said good guy. Oh, oh, okay. Well, okay. All right. Well, you and I heard that two completely different ways, okay? So, look, dude, you're you're busy, and I and I know you're busy, and um, I had I had the offer of somebody who was uh, who was interested in helping and wanted to help, and uh, the good thing about it is. Had the had the skill set of some of the skills that I didn't have, and I learned a lot, Brent, by doing this because walked walked through it start to finish, and learned a lot of tricks on doing bondo, learned tricks on doing laminate. I mean, it's you know I walked away better for having help, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've said this before, it takes a village, and and i'm i'm looking so forward brent to after the reveal at sfge where i can sit here and i can list out the list out the thanks for everybody that's involved give out the names and talk about their involvement in the project because uh because the list has gotten longer as the months has gone on and you know something that is a beautiful thing it's a wonderful wonderful thing it's not just a it's not just a Whitney and Alex show it's in fact it's grown to be anything but that so it's it's really cool so with all of that, uh, the cabinet itself physically is ready to go. It's restored. It's I mean, it's sitting ready to go. Now, with all that, I have been working on the electrical side of it. So I pulled a PP900A power supply, and I want to thank you, Brent, for that because you kindly donated that or so graciously uh, donated that to the project. So I went through, cleaned that baby all up, uh, document, and Brent, here's what I did. I, I documented all the voltages off of my Popeye and made sure that the that the um, other PPA, not, or the other uh, PP900A I had 
was was good and it it you know it metered out fine i ran it uh ran a couple of my popeye boards on it everything was good for for several hours that was that was no problem at all i installed a new power cord and i'm wiring up the cabinet uh with a spare popeye harness that i had from a waterlogged popeye that i bought um several years back in a in a, in a small group buy and that popeye brent was a particle board cabinet and when i say waterlogged uh, man, I'm nice telling you, puffy. it was mushroom. It was cauliflowered Ooh. on the bottom side, and I literally uh, just ripped everything out of that cabinet and bag- tagged it, bagged it, put it on a shelf, and uh, and then the cabinet bit the dust because it was it was crap. It was a crap cabinet. But anyway, so so that's that. Um, so that so you know, I'm working on the electricals. One thing that has uh, kind of gone that we've kind of gone back and forth on, and I think I'm almost 100 percent sure of how I'm going to solve or how this is going to work itself out. But um, Brent, the prototype cabinet at NOA had a dual mech coin door on it, but the uh, prototypes that are shown in the flyer, or I guess what would have been taken on to manufacturing via the flyer have a single mech uh, coin door. And, you know, I I have gone ahead and I put a double mech coin door in it right now just to kind of mock it up. But I, I'm going to swap it. I'm I'm almost uh, sure that I'm going to swap it for a single mech door. Well, so could, that, that, so could that, have been, ca- that could have been the differences of if the picture was taken in J- in Japan seeing that that's there's a lot of it to that versus yeah an, a US coin door. That, that's that's it but I do know the radar scopes uh, did make in and the the initial red Donkey Kongs did make it out uh, here in the US with a single mech door so um, in fact Ants up at Zanzibar mm-hmm. he has got one of those red cabinets that is a five slot speaker grill cabinet that was a radar scope that has the factory single mech door. So I'm thinking I'm going to go with the single mech door because it, it reflects what's in the flyer. And, um, it's honestly, it just, it just looks a little more, it looks a little more unique, but, uh, but anyway, we're, we're trying to get the cabinet to match, uh, to match the flyers as much as we can, uh, given the fact that, um, that, that we're also quote unquote finishing the game as well. You know, we're, we're addressing what was left undone as well. Cause here's the thing, Brent, if we, if we if we unveiled Skyskipper as it set it in a way, we would be revealing an unfinished game. It would be a game with obvious misses, okay? Obvious things left undone, obvious parts that are not um, that, that are that are not complete, that are not made whole. And if anybody in the future, I may be jumping ahead of myself a little bit, but I want to say this. But if anybody in the future ever wants to add a skyskipper to their collection, um, we we want to make sure that that they're that they have the opportunity to add a good looking a good looking finished game. Okay, so anyway, so so what do you think the that. the game at NOA? Do you think that it was shipped from Japan as a as a complete unit, or did they ship the board and a couple necessary necessary pieces, and they took a U.S. game and just made it? Thus, maybe some of the, I think, hand, I think obvious hand. I think it's I think it's the latter. If you want to know the truth of it, I think that they shipped the pieces over, mm-hmm. and they kitted they kitted gotcha. up yeah. twelve 
games here in the U.S. And you know, one of the reasons why I say that, and the 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 one reason that to me gives that away is that when I was at NOA and I took the back door off of the prototype game, the back door sheet that it had on the back door, the, the sheet that was on the back door mm-hmm. was from Radar Scope. Okay. It was not from Skyskipper. So, so that, and what color was the cabinet? Was it a blue cabinet? It was, it was a blue cabinet. So that could have just been a back door that they had. And that's yeah. exactly and why I'm saying that's that. That's the kind of hand-built that's feel, it. That, feel. That's it. Gotcha. They took a Donkey Kong cabinet, and they took a back door that, that originally was on a radar scope because it had it, the, the code on the back door sheet was TRS, which is the radar scope code. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, game was, the game was a hodgepodge. It, it felt like it was a hodgepodge of parts that was kitted up with a Skyskipper marquee, a Skyskipper bezel, and the Skyskipper side art in the control panel overlay, which for everybody listening, the control panel overlay was the furthest thing from finished mm-hmm. Okay, on the entire game. But Brent, there were so many misses and inconsistencies in the artwork between the bezel, the marquee, the CPO, and the side art that you could tell this thing was obviously prototype, okay? Mm-hmm. This was this was a mule. This these were earning mules is what these were, okay? And and they they just did not get to the point to where they were finished, mm-hmm. okay? So um so anyway with that. Um so yeah, so what what Alex and I are doing and we have both committed to doing our games the same way the same artwork and everything like that. So we're, we're finishing we're finishing skyskipper is what we're doing. And we're, we're making it to the point to where it's going to look right in a lineup and it's going to look good. Okay. In a lineup. So anyway, so here's the thing, what's left to do. So in a word, Brent lots, Mm -hmm. there's lots left to do. I still got to finish wiring the cabinet. I've got it. I've got two monitors to rebuild one from the versus, which has, which has some burn in it. I've still got to rebuild the one for my Popeye because Brent, the one part of my Popeye that is going to take it in the shorts is the monitor because mm-hmm. I'm using the monitor out of my Popeye. Okay, because I it thought is, you were. It I, is brilliant. I thought you were setting on a really nice twenty uh, no, Z somewhere. No, no, okay. no. I, I, you know something? I, I, I don't have enough chassis to kit up. I've got more t- I've got more 20 easy tubes oh, than I have chassis. Okay. okay. I was saying okay. That's where I'm short. I'm short on chassis, all right? Okay. And so I Do so, you already have a a clean tube? I've got several clean oh, tubes. Okay. okay. Yeah, I've got all several right. clean tubes, okay? It's not worth the time to swap stuff around yeah, at this yeah. point. So I'm I'm going to pull the monitor out of the Popeye and rebuild it. And uh, you know, and use my hand in my handy dandy crafty mech, you know, test pattern generator, and I'm going to rebuild it, make sure it's solid, and then that's the monitor that goes in Skyskipper because it is it is absolutely gorgeous, and the um, the older dimmer monitor, it's got a little bit of burn. It's gonna it's gonna be the monitor that goes back into Popeye after it gets cleaned and rebuilt mm-hmm. because sitting behind the plexi you'll never see it you, you never see the little and it doesn't even really have that much burn in it but it just it has burn whereas the Popeye monitor has no burn mm-hmm. at all so I'm so Skyskipper gets the no burn monitor so 
so anyway, so so there's that. Um, and it, I'm going to take a spare monitor with me down to SFGE. I'm going to take my soldering station, you know, my portable soldering station. I'm going to take enough a spare power supply. I'm going to take enough to where if something fails. I can I can first at first attempt swap yep. at second attempt repair mm-hmm. okay and then and then go that yeah, route. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were going to take a pair uh, a spare power supply and yeah. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And uh, and then Brent in the next three and a half weeks, I'm going to test out a few more surprises that I'm kidding up. Okay, you know about that, but mm-hmm. I can't uh, I'm, I can't I can't ruin the surprise. Okay, for SFGE. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm going to be running my solder iron almost nonstop for the next three <laughs> weeks. Okay, uh, so I, I'm I'm so looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, then at the very end, install the monitor, and uh, and then uh, well apply the side art, then install the monitor, and then assemble the rest of the cabinet. Um, so, um, you know, once the build's finished, I'm going to run, uh, I want to run Popeye boards in it for a few days. Uh, Alex arrives the weekend of June the 3rd. He'll have the Skyskipper PCBs in tow. Uh, we're even going to have uh, a spare PCB with us, Brent. And, um, so and he's going to bring both. He's bringing both. Yes. Okay. And then one, uh, one is mine and one is his. We're going to run those for a couple of days and, uh, then we should be good to go. Now, Brent, we're getting close enough to the reveal that I, I feel and I do want to make good on a promise that that I discussed uh, maybe three or four months ago when I was being very nebulous about the project, okay, or what the end run Not on the project was going to be. Not to be confused with Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. Exactly. Have you seen that yet? Oh, yes. Number two? Yes. You have? I'd love to go see it again. I will if Ooh, I get a chance. Oh, nice. I've yeah. not seen it yet. I'm, I, I'm trying to convince myself to go see it this weekend, but I... Trust me, because with everything that I've had going on, yeah, uh, I didn't want to take the time away. Are you I, glad you did? Though? I, and I want to do it again before it's out of theaters. Okay, see, I want to see it before then I have it leaves to, the theater. Then I have to wait twenty years for Fathom Events to do it. Yeah, yeah. Fair, okay, okay, very, very. So, so it's theater worthy. Yes. to see. Okay, yes. that's that's. Uh, I, all right. Okay. And, uh, gotcha. I know that a lot of folks have been given like negative ish reviews of it, and yeah. uh, it's not as good as the first, and. It, and then I've heard just as many people say, I, I don't know what, what they're complaining about. I, I, I enjoyed it, it just as yeah. much. And I okay. did too. Okay, good. You good. Know? Okay, excellent. Excellent. All right, good. So, okay. Let me tell you what to. happens. No, no, no. <laughs> well, stop stop recording. I'll tell you what, then, then tell you what happens. Yes. It kicks butt. Yeah, okay, awesome. As yeah, long as it does yeah, that, go I'm good. It. Yeah. Okay, so, so Brent, I, at this point, I've got to answer some questions that people are asking us, okay? Okay. And so, in full disclosure, and to, like I said, make good on a promise that I made several months ago when I was purposely being nebulous about, you know, the details of the project. Um, so, so here's, here's a couple of things. I'm not going to, I'm not going to answer everything straight up, um, to answer every single question right now, because... There's going to be a couple of announcements we're going to make at SFGE, okay? And I'm going to save a couple of things. The big the big ticket items I'm going to save for the panel discussion that Alex and I are doing at SFGE, okay? And so, okay, so let, let me get to this. The first, the first question that people are asking us the most, and we're getting this on Facebook and Twitter. I get, I get emails on it. I know Alex is getting emails on it. People are asking... Is the artwork package going to be made available to be purchased? Okay. The short answer on that is yes, we will help other people restore their Skyskipper games if they can get if they can get to the point to where they have a Skyskipper to restore. 
we will help them out. Okay. But Brent, your the long answer is it's not going to be until at least the end of this year and you're not going to buy it via uh, Rich's website or anything like that. So this is all going to be, this is all, this is, this is going to be a for collector by collector type of scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. So that that's that. Okay. Short answer. Yes. Long answer. Still a ways off. All right. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just park that there. Okay. We want to help people. If, if people can turn up what they need to play Skyskipper, we will, we will help them out right now. So the question is, so, okay, how do I even play Skyskipper? So right now the answer is main, uh, in the future, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's some things we're working on. We'll, we'll see what comes of it. I'll just say, come to SFG, attend our panel discussion. That's going to be Saturday, uh, the 10th of June at 4.30 PM. And we can tell more of that story. Uh, I'll just say that, uh, we've been very, very, very busy and we think that people will eventually, and I cannot put any timetables around anything. And I don't know that we'll put timetables around it when we talk about it at, at SFG. I don't, we, I don't know. We may put a rough one on it, but we just think that we're, we're, we're going to make people happy. Okay. And the Skyskipper project will be one, uh, will, will be one we hope for the history books. So uh, you'll be able to play it all weekend long at SFG. There's no problem there. Uh, we'll have it out on the on the main floor. Um, you know, in the arcade lineup, uh, have some signs around it, and so everybody will be able to play it all weekend long. Uh, what I will say is the the reveal event that's going to be Saturday morning at ten thirty. Uh, on the main stage, uh, they're in the uh, right off of off the side of the arcade room. Uh, Billy Mitchell's going to be there. Walter Day will be in attendance as well. Uh, Rich and Kendra from this old game are going to be there, and I'm so excited that they're going to make it, Brent, because Rich has been such an integral part in getting this project done with us. And, and you, I mean, I know I mean you've Brent, worked... we wouldn't have Skyskipper. Oh, no. We wouldn't have Skyskipper if it wasn't for Rich. I mean, Rich and Kendra have they have dug in and done so much for us, and I, I just cannot thank them enough. And, I, I and, and let me let me tell you, if, Brent, if you have seen what I have seen, you would say that. This is Rich. Just does uh, <laughs> the level work that he does is unbelievable. And I, I was going to say, I know you awesome. worked with Rich and Kendra on on other projects. Oh yeah, um, not 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 such a niche product project before, but you've worked with them for a long, long time. Yeah, we've but, we've had a long standing. But you've you've never actually yeah. met them face to face, have you? No. And you know what, Brent? And they're coming to Atlanta, and I would like to think that they're coming to Atlanta in part due to Skyskipper, and I believe that's the case. But I know in talking to Rich and Kendra, they've wanted to come out east and meet all the folks from Free Play Florida and SFG and just, you know, and meet like a lot of their East Coast customers. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be perfect. But what's what's going to be awesome is Rich is going to be, I mean, we're going to have him right there with us and Kendra's going to be right there with us. And he's going to get to see the result of his work because Brent, just as much as anybody on the project, Rich has made Skyskipper possible. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just going to be great. Um, there's going to be some some other people that uh, that we've confirmed. Uh, Van uh, Van Burnham, uh, long long time collector, uh, also the author of the book Supercade. 
Uh, you can get that on Amazon. She's going to be there. And uh, Brent, have you ever heard of a guy named Isaiah Triforce Johnson? I have not. No. Oh, you need to go look Isaiah up. So Triforce Johnson is going to be there, and uh, we've talked with him, and we've actually we owe him a Skype call, Alex and I. We got to get that set up. But he's going to be there, and he's like one of the patron saints of uh, esports. He's he has a longstanding uh, relationship with uh, with Nintendo. Googling now. Okay, fair enough. And uh, and then uh, and then Brent, I'm I'm just gonna, I'm going to leave the names at that point because uh, some people who I thought were going to be there now are not going to be there, and then some people that I didn't know were going to be there are confirming. But uh, or saying they're going to be there, but haven't confirmed. So uh, anyway, so so the the list goes on and on. Um, and then yeah, I, like I say, man, if I could only show you, or if I could only show everybody what I've seen thus far, you that's where you say, yeah, Rich is the man. So anyway, it's all good stuff. So Brent, three and a half weeks ago, that's where we're at with Sky Skipper. Uh, I, I don't, will, I don't uh, envy you. No, you, and you should not. <laughs> but I will get it done. And uh, here's the thing. Um, you know something, Brent, as much as I've got to get this done for everybody to see it, I've also got to get it done for Alex mm-hmm. because he's flying over here and he has put so much faith in me and in this whole process. And I can't let him Man, down. Man, you've got him snowed. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's all good. I can't wait for you to meet him too, Brent. I mean, it's uh, this This is going to be just such a once-in-a-lifetime affair, man. It's going to be awesome. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm nervous. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I think about it when I wake up. I think about it when I go to sleep. I think about it as I'm eating my lunch. Um, I'm not going to say it's a monkey on my back, but I think about it uh, while Well, it's I'm, a big event. It's a huge yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can understand that. Yes. And um, I think when it when all the dust settles, um, I, well, I'm just kind of interested to see where you're going to channel all that all that re- residual energy because you it's, know what I, you know yeah. what we're going to do. We're going to redo our website. That's what we're going to do. We're going to put up an e-cart system. That's what we're going to do. That's where the residual energy goes. So, I will I won't argue with that. Yes, yes. That's uh that that's that's next on that's next in the crosshairs after this. But Brent, I just I don't really know what to say at this point. I mean, I emotion well, it's a huge em, endeavor. Emotion, I mean, emotion is going over. to overtake me when I mean, this if you, happens. If you think about it, uh, uh this is something that is coming from oh it's a multi-continent yeah. involvement yeah uh cross-country involvement yeah i mean if you think about just the disparate geographic locations of all of these bits and pieces and people mm-hmm. and then all of the things that had to fall into place at the right time that and did. in some case accidentally yes in some cases did. accidentally yet it did i mean it it is just Unbelievable yeah. when you sit back yeah. and you look at how all these pieces. Yeah, no, it's this is one for the it history. truly takes a village, as it, you said. It does, it takes a village, and this is one for the history books, man. And I, you know, it's one of those scenarios where I want to, uh, I want to make sure that, uh, that everybody, uh, that everybody sees, um, the, the 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 good faith and the, um, the, the good effort that was put into it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I may, uh, I may, uh, I may may shed a, a salty little tear at some point <laughs> while while we're down there, man. So 
I'll look for you to uh, turn the other cheek and uh, and say I didn't see a thing. <laughs> I didn't see a thing. Yeah, somebody say was it with, was Whitney crying? No, no it was okay. No, just no, he's tough, man. Yeah, I didn't cool. see a he's thing. Cool. He's cool. He's cool. You didn't see it either. I didn't see that. You didn't see you that. Didn't see that. Yeah, did you didn't see that? Did you? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, dude. That Brent in a nutshell is Sky Skipper, and I'm. I'm sorry that we won't have another episode before the reveal, um, but uh, we'll film. We'll, we'll film it all. And yeah, and come to SFG. Come to SFG and see it, and play it, and talk with us, and sit in our panel, our breakout panel, and hear Alex and I talk about it. Because at that point, we're coming clean with everything. We'll talk about it all, and I and, and we'll, we'll be able to talk about it all. And and then Brent, we're doing all this in the UK, you know, later in the year. So it's uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I don't. I don't know that I've got another project like this in me, dude. This. This. This is it. This is one. This is one for the books, mm-hmm. man. And then at that point, I'm. I'm going to sit around in knit sweaters or something. So yeah, you know how it goes. Awesome. Awesome yeah. sweaters. <laughs> but very awesome sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> With a little skyscrapers on them. Exactly. Yeah. Little little planes. <laughs> That's it, dude. All right. That's my month. Man, it sounds like a lot. It, and it's been, in all fairness, it's been much longer than a month. And I know that there's yeah. been several things that you've had to, to kind of keep mom on, oh, and yeah. it will all come out. Oh, yeah, yeah, it will. Um, it will. I've seen some of the stuff behind the covers, and a lot of it, even I haven't. I've just, I have been involved in my world, and that world is your world. The Skyskipper world has been, as we just mentioned, massive yeah, and there's yeah, so many yeah. people involved and so many moving parts so yeah and it's it's we're it's going to be it's going to be marvelous yeah it, w- it, w- it really will it really will but uh this this is an example i think of the community rallying for um rallying for a good cause and rallying to make sure that uh something doesn't get left behind and that we recognize uh we recognize something so it's it, it should be neat and uh yeah, I can't thank uh, the people involved and Nintendo enough, you know, for what they've uh, for what they've done. So it's all good stuff. Cool. Okay, Whitney. So let's move into what we affectionately refer to as segment two. There's oh, a yes. terrible transition for you. <laughs> but let's talk pinball, let's, Brent. Let's talk pinball. Yes. And what we're going to present for everyone is the Jersey Jack panel from yes. the Louisville Arcade Expo. And this was. Excellent. I mean, it was so good. Um, Jersey Jack, he's never a man that's lost for words. No, Brent, that's just, what I understand. Just like us. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, and this will kind of be exciting for me because I haven't gotten to listen to the panel. I wasn't able to attend. Whitney was managing the mics and, and doing the video recording and everything for the panel. And then I was back on the show floor taking care of the booth, which was, you know, that's what we're here for. We we oh, tag yeah. team the most, oh, yeah. tag team those things, and that's how the two of us are in four places at once. Ex- Somehow yes, we exactly. make it happen. Exactly. Uh, so this will actually be pretty be pretty cool for me because I'll, I'll get to hear it. And as Whitney said, Jack had a lot to say. So <sighs> he had a lot it, to say. Is it safe to say, Whitney, that it's not the standard? People say this all the time. I've heard what X has to say, or I've heard what Y has to say, because it's the same stories, or they're couching their presentation or their answers behind uh, basically having to shroud what their business is doing. I mean, is it safe to say that there's a lot of cool stuff here? 
is there a lot is there some interesting material is there good oh, questions there's there's definitely interesting material there's good questions and i do want to say jack that puts it out there jack he always puts, does he, jack puts it out he didn't he didn't hold anything back he's a very colorful very animated very passionate individual you're going to hear all that okay mm-hmm. it's going to come through because he doesn't he's not he's not sidestepping a single thing and i i actually respect him for that i mean he's he, he essentially willed his business into existence, and, and there it is. Now, that being said, I'm sure that he starts most of his presentations right now in somewhat of the same way. And I mm-hmm. get the feeling that he started this out as a bit of a canned presentation. Gotcha. Okay? okay. And then somewhere around the 35 to 40 minute mark, it goes, it, oof, it's, <laughs> it's everywhere. Okay. Because. He literally took his presentation and said, I'm sliding this off to the side. And then he started taking questions. And then he answered the questions, which led to more questions and more answers. And then Brent, what was supposed to be 45 minutes wound up being almost two hours. Sweet. Okay. I mean, he just kept on and on and on. And I I didn't stop him. I just, I filmed it all, got all the audio. And if he's talking, we're listening. And if he's talking, we're listening. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and sometime in November, I'll have the video up on the YouTube channel. <laughs> but uh, it's good. It, it it's really good. I'll, I'll just say that uh, you know it, it maybe a bit of this content may not be suitable for the best you know the youngest of ears. But we're all adults, and he's passionate, and he tells he's telling his story, and so it's it's worth a listen. It is great. Okay, yeah. so. Here he is, Jersey Jack of uh, the world-famous Jersey Jack Pinball. Hello, how's everybody doing? Good, I know it's 4.30, people need cups of coffee and Twizzlers and chocolate bars and stuff like that to get up a little bit, but you know, you're at a game show and um, there's a lot of energy out there. Really, um, really a lot of people. It's great. My first time in Louisville. Did I say that right? I'm from Brooklyn, so. Louisville. 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 Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's the end of that. Uh, Thank you for coming, everybody. Appreciate it. I'm really happy to be here. This is my first year at this show. I think it's really a great show. Um, I appreciate being invited, and I finally made it, so that's pretty good. Today I'll talk a little bit about uh, one of my favorite subjects, which is pinball and Jersey Jack pinball. So um, how many people here have played dialed in during this? uh, Okay, that's pretty cool. Good, good. Well, we're going to get to that. So this is not Republican, Democratic, or anything like that. Uh, Last year, some guy was running for president, and he had a hat, and I thought it was a good idea to uh, make pinball Make pinball great again, and that's really what we've been doing, uh, what we believe we're doing at Jersey Jack Pinball. And uh, a lot of people wearing our hats. Uh, I I actually saw somebody on the news with a red one that said, make Bitcoin great again. And they were pepper spraying somebody in San Francisco with that hat. So uh, I don't know. It's a crazy world. Back at our factory, uh, we get a lot of people that want to come into our, our facility. And our door is always open. By the way, can everybody hear me? Yeah? yeah. It's like I got an echo, echo, echo. 
like, yeah. Okay, I'll use the mic then. Um, so we don't refuse anybody. If everybody wants to come, uh, these are some pictures from a school group, and they had a um, their uh, their school project was to build a pinball machine, and they built a pinball machine. And it taught them teamwork, and it taught them math, and it taught them all kinds of geometry and all kinds of great things. And uh, they came and visited us last year. And these are the kids. And I was giving them a little once around the building. And a funny thing happened in our showroom. All the boys uh, got around the Hobbit. Uh, it was really interesting. And all the girls went around the Wizard of Oz. Could you just imagine that? So people said to me, why did you pick The Wizard of Oz as your first game? And by the way, we'll have a little Q&A after, and if I can answer, I will answer uh, your, all your questions. And I just felt there were so many pinball machines that were male-dominated testosterone kind of things. And, and I said, you know, this is, a, this is a really great theme that men and women, boys and girls, everybody would respond to. And Wizard of Oz is really still our best-selling game right now. Uh, we're coming close to building about 3,000 of them. And that's, um, that's through the factory. I, I had everybody follow me around explaining how play fields are made and how uh, they get made. And that's, that's in my office. And everybody got um, something uh, that I signed for them. Uh, some kind of collectible or uh, something like that, and they all had questions for me, and it was pretty cool. But, you know, this is the future of um, everything, really. The future of the world of the kids, and certainly the future of pinball as well, of young people. And there's a lot of young people out there today, which is really great to see. And this was the whole group, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I get to do some really cool things, and this is one of my favorite um, to have everybody come to the factory and see what it is. It can only be better if I could give out samples of chocolate like Willy Wonka, but uh, we give out samples of pinball machines. What happens in the building is if something gets made wrong and it gets rejected, uh, our people have something that they call sign and sell or sign and give away. So they have some, some oddball thing and all of a sudden I come along with my marker and I sign it and it's somehow a collectible and people want it. So. I still marvel at that fact because when I go home tomorrow, my wife will have a bag of garbage for me to throw out. So it uh, doesn't really translate. Wizard of Oz, we have them in stock. This says pre-order. Um, we can't keep up with demand. So that means we're building about five Wizard of Oz games a day right now. And we're selling more than five Wizard of Oz <laughs> games a day <laughs> worldwide. So this is a really good problem to have. Uh, 75th anniversary edition is probably our most popular game. That's what's pictured. Uh, if we have this license and I'm standing up here or I'm in a wheelchair and we're showing our 100th anniversary game, that would be okay with me too. Um, this is the underside of the game and everybody's seen it. This is kind of like the newer version of the underside of the game. These have new light boards and new wiring. So even though technology has changed, we've updated the game um, to go into the future. So everybody knows the early Wizard of Oz games had light board issues. And even out of warranty, uh, we support those. You know, We didn't want to dead end anybody. I didn't want to say to somebody, no, your warranty was up in a year. We sent everybody updated buffered light boards. And uh, we solved pretty much all those problems. Any problems we still have, 
um, we're still supporting them, and, and we, we really haven't been charging people for them. On the 2.0, I know some people asked me, not here, but where I was um, the other day, if we'll have a kit for these. We will. It's going to be uh, difficult, probably, for an average person to change it out, but we're not going to dead-end anything. We'll sell the kit at a price uh, that's reasonable for us and reasonable for the customer. Um, yeah, talk about Wizard of Oz and people loving it. Uh, who's that guy? Anybody know? Yeah, so Slash. So Slash has been a long time, obviously, pinball guy. And uh, he has two Wizard of Oz games, right? And he has a green one and a red one. So, yep. And so there's a shot. Many people have seen these pictures, but they never get boring or they never get old to me to walk into the factory and see games on the line and final tasks being built. And Steve, there's actually a picture of you back there in, uh, in that picture. Um, Wizard of Oz, uh, in the commercial side of the industry, anybody in this room here before when Jim, the operator, was here? Were you in his little talk? He was talking about being an operator, right? Okay, cool. Y you know, I, I started in the industry as an operator, and I'll get to my history in a little bit, but Replay Magazine has a poll, and Jim was mentioning it, how they used to rate things years ago, and Wizard of Oz and Hobbit make that list, um, earnings list of best pinballs, and it's really cool to see our games be number one or number two or number three, and, um, you know, having games on location are really important. Hobbit. So, uh, anybody play the Hobbit out there? Anybody played that game? Okay, good. So you have one at least to play. Larry Kitchen, our distributor that's here, he made a, like a Smaug etched door, and he doesn't want anybody to play his other game. So there's really, oh, that's good. There's really only one game. Ah, the modern marvel of technology. We're going to go back where we were. Hmm. So he doesn't want anybody to play the one. So there's actually only one out there to play. But uh, there's a lot of them. We built about... About 2,000 so far, and we're still building Hobbit. Uh, Hobbit has pendemption code, which means that uh, on location, it becomes a redemption game. So this is a shot of a couple of games at a family entertainment center in New Jersey, and the games actually give tickets. So they could give um, physical tickets if you put a ticket dispenser under the game, or they could give virtual tickets if you have a swipe card system like uh, Embed. And really, Pendemption, how it works, and some people at home have bought it too. It's only $199, $199 for the dongle. And that activates Pendemption software, which is already in the code. What is that? So it's not ball play, it's time play. So instead of three balls, you could set the game at two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Different set of rules, all easily achievable. Um, rules, uh, collapse rule set. Easier to melt the witch, easier to get to the battle of five armies, all that kind of stuff. And on location, these games on a, on a good weekend day would make about $100 each game. Now, compared to a lot of redemption games, it's still a fraction of that, but for a pinball machine, um, it, it's a lot of money. And I skipped over this one. This is just, you know, some mornings I go into the factory real early and I um, just look and I say, wow, I kind of realize it's still surrealistic to me sometimes to say we have this pinball factory cranking out games. And, it, and like I said, it never, it never gets old. 
Um, those are some Hobbit Smaug additions uh, when we were building them on the final test line. And they're really, really pretty game. We have three different models of uh, Hobbit. This is another nice site that I like to see in the building. Uh, at one point during the summer, we had a couple of hundred boxes packed up with games, um, ready to go out to different places around the world, container loads of games. And I remember the first one that we boxed, uh, and I did a cartwheel, and it was like a big thing. Now, when I walk in there and there's all these boxes, it doesn't seem like such a big thing anymore, but it, it, it's a big thing. It's still a big thing. Um, Black Arrow Hobbit, there's one out there. Uh, we've been building and selling these now. And uh, probably later this year, uh, Hobbit, the Hobbit run will end, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Everywhere the Hobbit's been, it's, uh, it, it's had crowds of people. <laughs> yeah, it, it's had crowds of people. Uh, this, is, this is probably Allentown last year, and it's, it's a pretty cool thing to, uh, to see and to go to. And uh, this game has a little bit different artwork uh, package. And it's all in black, and um, it has a different splash screen. It has uh, some different things about it from um, from the regular Hobbit or the um, or the Smaug edition. And this was not, you know, we've gone into that story. I'm not going to go into it, but that was not an easy game to design either. Um, it, it took a lot. And I think you know when I look at when I look at our games out there now, and here's you know here's a shot. I don't know if anybody's seen under that playfield, but there's not really a lot of room for much of anything under that playfield, um, other than what's in there now. It's just it's just packed. And uh, these things now that we're building, they're pretty rock solid, and they go out and they work and they make money, and they're really cool. So I'll get into my past. Sometimes people ask me, people don't know me, uh, you know, they hear an accent, and it's like Jersey, it's where is it from? You know, I'm from Brooklyn. Uh, this, is, this is a shot of me when I was uh, 14 years old. This is me on social media um, when, I was, when I was 14. So that's my first CB radio. You know, as a kid... Uh, they tell me I was fixing everything all the time, and when I was real little, I would take puzzles and throw like eight puzzles on the floor, mix all the pieces together, and then I'd make all eight individual puzzles. So I think today still I, I take puzzles and pull them apart and put them back together most of the time the right way. And uh, I was always into repairing things, electronics. So as a kid, maybe like 11 years old, 12 years old, me and my friends would walk the streets of Brooklyn and we would find radios and TVs and stuff with tubes in them and we'd re be rebuilding them and fixing them and blowing each other up and getting shocked and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so uh, it was a lot of fun growing up that way. And a lot of my friends that I met from CB radio, I'm still friends with them today. So kind of like uh, what the internet was now is now CB radio was then, or ham radio too. So if you lived in Brooklyn, um, you, you kind of wound up having a mustache and a suit like this. And I think I weighed about 120 pounds. And really, the interesting thing about this picture 
is that this picture is taken in March of 1977, and Saturday Night Fever came out in November of 1977. <laughs> so uh, this was before John Travolta. Uh, I think he ripped me off, actually. Uh, we have the picture, has a date mark on it. We know it's Easter of 1977. So uh, John Travolta, you know, he's probably better looking than me, but uh, he didn't have anything on me. This picture uh, has made its way around. It's uh, my daughter, Jen. If anybody dealt with us, probably knows my daughter, Jen. Uh, she runs a lot of things in the company, social media, marketing, uh, production coordination with customers, sales, a lot of different things she's involved with. She found this picture a few years ago and she leaked it to the world and I haven't been able to put to live it down. Um, but it is me, uh, believe it or not, in a Huckapoo shirt, uh, New Year's Eve of 1977. And um, I probably weighed 110 pounds or something like that. So now, uh, now I gain that in the weekend. So there's a shot of me probably around 1975 or so uh, repairing an electromechanical pinball machine. Maybe it was a little bit later. It looks like a wizard in the foreground. So that's probably 77 or 78, somewhere in there. But that's what I did. So. I, uh, I was going to go to school for electronics engineering, and in my high school, it was kind of like a vocational high school. And um, yeah, I was going to be an electrical engineer. Electronics was always my thing. And uh, my teacher said to me, um, you know, I wanted to go to work for a few months, and my teacher said to me, nice hat. My teacher said to me, uh, don't do that because you'll never go to school. So. Um, I said, Mr. D'Amico, don't worry, I'll go to school. It's not a problem, you know. So I took a job, any job at all. I answered an ad in a newspaper, uh, and the job was uh, for a pinball mechanic. And I, I played pinball now and then, but what the hell is a pinball mechanic, you know? So um, I went, and I went to Manhattan, and the uh, guy interviewed me. I went back home. There was a message on the answer machine, and... Um, he said to come back for another interview. So I went back the next day. It was in Times Square in Manhattan. It was an arcade called Fascination. I went downstairs. And I was going to be interviewed by the guy that was going to be my boss. And this this German guy uh, came in. Uh, he was had a cigar and had glasses on. And he asked me questions like, his name was Heinz Magdalinski. And he asked me a lot of tough questions like, you know how to solder? Yeah. You know, read a schematic? Yeah. All right, I like you. You're hired. <laughs> so um, I started immediately. Lost this. That's good. Oh, that's my kids. But that was a long time ago. So um, I started immediately, and... Um, it was, it was a, a great experience. I didn't really think that um, I would do that forever. And what happened was I really got to go to college. I went to Columbia University. I went to CW Post. I went to New York Tech. I went to Brooklyn College. Uh, I went to Manhattan College, Queens College, St. John's University, Rutgers. I went to um, all those colleges because the good thing was that the company I worked for had amusement centers in every college. 
So um, I did go to all those colleges, you know. I, I think friends of mine that were my age that graduated with degrees, I, I don't know that they became as smart as I am, and I'm not really that smart. Uh, but it, it didn't really hurt me. I didn't go to college proper, and I stayed in the industry. And so there's a picture of me in, uh, I think this is 1978, next to Lost World, obviously. Um, but the cool thing was what game was behind me, if anybody could see, you know, Bigfoot, right? So I should have taken the picture with Bigfoot, um, then Lost World. And um, as I worked for the operator, uh, they really sold their route in about a year and a half. They sold me with half of the company. I worked for that company for another year and a half. And then I started buying my own games and putting them out on location. And I became a, what we call a street operator. And uh, I could talk a little bit more about that, too, if anybody has any questions. So here's a shot of me at Pat Lawler's house. Oh, anybody, everybody knows who that is, right? Pat Lawler. So there's a shot of me and Pat. And this is uh, a few years ago at his house. He's pretty much got every game that he designed, game number one. And um, when we started Jersey Jack Pinball, um, the first location we had to work out of was Pat's old shop in Harvard, Illinois. Anybody know where Harvard, Illinois is? Right. Where is that? It's at the end of Illinois, right? It's at the end of the metro line all the way up into Wisconsin. That's right. That's exactly right. It's almost near Wisconsin. So a lot of the guys um, had to drive pretty good distance, but the rent was pretty good. It was only two grand a month, and we had the whole shop, and uh, as long as the roof didn't leak, we were in okay shape. And, you know, Pat, I don't know that he really thought... I don't, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but my, my remembrance of the time then was, you know, Pat just thought I was out of my mind starting a pinball company. He, he, he did what he could to help us, which probably was renting his empty place and paying him rent. Um, Pat said to me something really, I, I've said this story a couple times, I'm gonna say it again. When I met Pat at Gameworks, and this might go off, I'll get it back on. When I met Pat at Gameworks years, uh, years ago to get the key, it was around the middle of March 2011, the company was a whole two months old. And uh, Pat and I had lunch, and I remember him saying to me, uh, do you want some advice? And I said, yeah, you know, sure, I want some advice, yeah. I, he said, you know, you're going to have a lot of trouble making games. You don't know that, but you're going to have a lot of trouble making games. And really, nobody's expecting anything great from you for the first game. So uh, what what you really need to do is make your game this much better than the other people making games, okay? You don't have to go and make Funhouse, all right? So I said to him, Pat, I really appreciate what you're trying to tell me. Uh, you know, that's nice. I know you don't wanna, you wanna save me a lot of the trouble, but I can't do anything halfway. Either we're gonna have a company that believes they're going to make the greatest game ever, you know, I believe in aiming high, right? Even if you miss it, you're still going to be over here. Don't aim low and get it. Aim high, and even if you miss it, you try to accomplish something. So I said to Pat something kind of silly. I said, you know what? 
we're going to make a really great game, and we're going to make a game that makes Funhouse look like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> so um, I still remember the look that Pat had on his face when I said that to him. And, you know, uh, he didn't say anything to me. He just gave me the key, and I gave him the check, and we finished our burgers and shook hands, and we went our separate ways. So as time went on, and we made Wizard of Oz, and we had all the difficulties we had with the game, you know, Pat obviously saw the game, and he saw what we did. And because we did what we did, Pat was interested in coming to work for Jersey Jack Pinball. And he said to me, you know, that day we were together, if, hang on, hang on one sec, plug this back in. Hello. He said that day we were together, if you would have listened to me, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here and you probably wouldn't be here. You probably wouldn't have a company. So I think part of this, and I know some of you are trying to see me, and I'm trying to hide from a couple of you that are just craning your neck to see me. But um, I think part of this, again, goes back to you need to do what you believe you need to do, whether it's in your life or your business enterprise or whatever you need to do. But the bottom line of what you need to do is you need to do the best thing you could do all the time. There was a great cost uh, to make our first game. It was a great cost in time. It was a great cost in effort. It was, it was something that, you know, I went from being 170 pounds to being 147 pounds and really not sleeping and, and all of that. It was, it, was a difficult, it was a difficult thing to do. Uh, but, you know, what doesn't, and I give all the credit to God, by the way. Um, what doesn't really kill you uh, makes you a little stronger. I don't really feel that I could leap off the roof and be successful. But I think when you accomplish certain things with a group of people that are as determined as you are, you get a sense that you can make some good things happen. And I know it's a tiny little world of pinball, but if that's the tiny little world that we're working in, that's the tiny little world that we want to be competitive in and we want to dominate if we can. And what this is, who was at Pinball Expo in October when we, when we showed Dialed In? So this, this place was just insane. I mean, nobody could get in there. I, I was at the unveiling of Revenge from Mars at the IAPA show, I remember. I think it was the IAPA show. And it was crazy. It was a crazy amount of people, but it was nothing like this. Um, this was the triumphant return to pinball by Pat Lawler, and it was a surprise game. Nobody really knew what it was. And it's a, not a license, but it's a theme. It's an idea. And um, I don't know how many people were in there, that room, but we had about 1,600 people on Periscope with all their crazy commentary. And uh, there were people on Pinside with all their wonderful insights that they, uh, that they put on there, as, as only they can. And there were people on Facebook and everything. And, and um, we had a great night. I, I thought it was a great night. You know, this is, men can't really give birth. I mean, we, you know, we have children and we watch things grow, but women, women get to do that, and, and God bless them, because I think if men had to give birth, there'd be no civilization anyway. But so the next best thing is creating something that other people love and they enjoy, and to see the joy on their face when they do that, and to make a product that's a fun product that people love 
and they want to be part of. And this night, it was really great. I don't think it could have gone much better. Uh, it was great. So dialed in happened. Everybody immediately loved the name of the game. Everybody, everybody embraced the fact that we found the perfect, the perfect artwork for it, the perfect name. And everybody said, wow, why didn't I think of that? You know. So part of the problem with doing these things, and, and this I'm showing the matrix, which nobody could see, but up on the website, there's a matrix of the different models and the different prices and, and all that kind of stuff, what the features are of the games. And, um, you know, the, the bottom line to doing that game, and I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute, um, is that I wanted to do something that hadn't been done before again. Uh, and that night at Pinball Expo when Pat spoke, Pat said something that, it didn't surprise me, but he said something that was interesting. He said, you know, Jack started Jersey Jack Pinball, and that was a really big risk. But with this game, Jack did something more risky than that. He decided to make a game without a license. And I didn't think it was a risk, because to me, the license was the team, and the license was Pat. And I knew that um, I could do that at least one time, OK? And if we made a really good game, nobody would say, oh, gee, I'm sorry, this isn't some kind of movie or whatever, because we're telling everybody what it is. This was. Um, this was right after Expo, actually. That's Steve Bowden. And he's playing um, dialed in at the factory with the Buffalo pinball guys. And Steve actually is here, and he's playing in the Papa tournament. I think he was number four or five in there. And he played dialed in before for the first time since then. And he was blown away by it. We did a Facebook Live earlier with him. And it was really great. And this was an event in Pennsylvania last year where I went with a couple of dialed-in games. And it was a small arcade. And they got brushed with about 250 people uh, came to this event. And the guy that owned the place just didn't know what he was in for by having the two dialed-in games there and me for the day. Uh, I think he's still recovering. I think they're still trying to unjam a couple of his toilet bowls in the place <laughs> from the crowds. This is a great picture of... Uh, a friend, uh, Steve Sabota, uh, and uh, Steve is looking at this game for the first time, and I call this picture Love at First Sight, because Steve is just looking at it, and uh, he did order a collector edition game, and he's just playing the game with his eyes, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make something that's playable artwork. Um, this is Larry Apici. He actually runs the factory. This is a picture I took yesterday. And nobody's really seen this, but this is the side graphics to Dialed In. Um, it's a little bit different artwork on the game. Uh, we changed it up a little bit, and nobody's seen that yet. And there's a couple other surprises about the game as the games get closer to production that we didn't uh, really share with anybody. Uh, we sold 150 collector edition games. We, we actually sold 149 at, by December 31st at midnight. And like uh, a half a second after midnight, another order came in, and that made 150. And I said, OK, that's it. And then like a few more orders came in, and I said, OK, put them on a waiting list. So if, and nobody's dropped out yet. And I'm not waiting for somebody to drop out. But we have a waiting list of collector edition games. Maybe there's about 20 people that Jen has on a waiting list. So it's really doubtful to me right now 
that somebody would be on the waiting list when we're going to make games in the next six or seven or eight weeks in that time frame, and they're going to drop out of it. So, um, and, and we didn't make anybody sign any kind of paperwork that you won't sell your game in 18 months. Okay. <laughs> the, the thing that guarantees you won't sell your game in 18 months is building a good game. Okay. Build a good game and they won't sell it in 18 months. You don't need anybody to sign a piece of paper that's a legal document that won't stand up anyway. Um, I don't see many of our games for sale. I really don't. So uh, that's, that's what I think anyway. Um, where the heck was this picture taken? So this picture was taken outside last night. The guys from straight down the middle. Anybody here from straight down the middle? So yeah. So those, those clowns, I mean those guys were out there. They were playing dialed in, and they were having a blast. They were uh, filming something. I don't want to say film because nobody uses film, so they were, you know, taking a video. And when I got here, I said, what are these guys doing to my game? I knew who they were. So I kind of interrupted them right on cue, and I think they're going to do a review. Is that correct? They're going to do a review? Yes. 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 Hopefully, they actually played the game to do a review. You know, but I'm, I'm sure they did. So here's one of my favorite people that I didn't get to meet. And um, Steve Jobs, he said, a lot of times people don't know what they want until you show it to them. And that's kind of like what I believe. I believed that for a long time. I think I believed that from before I even knew that he said that. Because I think if, if somebody asked a focus group, Focus groups lie, by the way, and polls lie, by the way. Because if polls were correct, well, okay, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> so focus groups, pretty much, they go and they tell the person what they think the person wants to hear, right? So I think if people actually asked Henry Ford, um, if Henry Ford actually asked the customers what they wanted, they probably would have said, you know, we want a faster horse. They probably would not have said they want a motorized vehicle. So in our case, with our games, you know, I did believe that it was time to have a game that did not have a license, um, a game that had an original idea. And when I sat down with Pat to talk about Pat coming to work for Jersey Jack, you know, if anybody, you know, I'm going to stand up here for a second because a lot of people just can't see. So Pat, you know, a lot of people said to me, you know, Pat wasn't doing anything for seven or eight years. He probably designed four or five games in that time, and he probably just gave you whatever, you know. You no, actually, Pat wasn't, Pat had nothing to do with pinball. He was working with his wife's company. So when I met him, he says, I have a few ideas. What do you, what do you want? You want to hear all of them? I said, not really. I want to hear the best idea you have. And he, 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 he gave me the pitch for what now became dialed in. And he said, you know, after that, he said, do you want to hear another one? And I said, no, no, that's, let's, I don't want to hear another one. I, let, let's, let's do this one. So I'm sure Pat has a lot more ideas. Um, I will tell you probably, uh, definitely, his next game happens to be a license, which he's starting to work on now. So um, that's, uh, that's the story of what happened with Dialed In as far as picking what game it was going to be. Um, you know, it was really uh, me saying, let's do an original game. 
you know, Pat didn't kick and scream saying, oh my gosh, you know, I want to do a license. Uh, it was mutual. Speaking of polls, uh, somebody, somebody gave me this poll. So um, dialed in, I guess, with 17 ratings at the time this screen capture was taken. With a grand total of 17 ratings, it's number eight on the Magic 100 poll of some website that a whole a bunch of people go to. You know, some kind of group. I don't know what group it is, but. And, and really, uh, I think game number 20 and number 22 is Hobbit and Wizard of Oz. And you know, an interesting thing about Wizard of Oz, if you go to the Internet Pinball Database, and I really don't go to the Internet Pinball Database, but if I went to www.ipdb.org, not that I know that website, uh, you'd find out that Wizard of Oz is about an 8.2. And Wizard of Oz rated 8.2 is loaded with a whole bunch of ratings when it was a box of lights and a whole bunch of people wrote it was a 2.1, it's a 1.1, it's a 3.2, Jack will never deliver a game, Jack will never make a game. And, uh, so it's, it's an 8 point, it's like 8.2. So I could just imagine where that game is going uh, when more and more people play it. And actually, uh, there'll probably be another software update for Wizard of Oz, believe it or not. So it's really nice to debut at number eight. You know, if that was a song on the billboard, we'd already be millionaires. So uh, it's pretty cool. And, and thanks to all the people that rated it. And um, the software in the game right now is probably about 95% complete. So the game you're playing out there, it's, it's pretty much complete. There are some renderings to um, some of the animation on the phone that you don't see the people's voices, mouth moving. There are some speech calls that's missing and a couple of the little things. But when we ship that game, and I expect to be shipping that game, uh, you know, I said in the second quarter, I said that at Expo, and I still say the second quarter of this year, uh, which is only weeks away, it's going to be software complete. You have a whole game. It's complete. The game is complete. I, I wanted to avoid what happened with Wizard of Oz. We didn't have a choice. Or with Hobbit, where we shipped the game, and then you tasted the meal. It wasn't done. And there was another update. There was another update. There was another update. That was really cute when we did that back in 2012. Right now, nobody has any patience for any of that stuff. You know, anybody have patience for like a three or four year pre-order plan where you give everybody all the money and you're going to wait for the game to get built and all that kind of... Anybody want to do that anymore? No. It was good when I did it, and uh, we all got the t-shirt, more or less, and we all got the game, thank God, and uh, we, went, we lived through it. So hopefully the next game, when we announce it, there might be games actually in a box for you to take with you. Imagine that. You know, a real, real product available to take with you when you want it. So that's what we're going for. Um, this is Larry Kitchen. Anybody know him? So Larry, Larry's a great guy. This was taken uh, many, many, many hours ago um, in, in the other room. And Larry's a great guy. You know, if anybody's looking for a game, I don't care where they live, if they live on Mars, uh, that's fine. Larry will get them a game there. Really great guy. Very proud to have him as a Jersey Jack Pinball distributor. And he does an amazing job for us and for our customers. He represents us really well at shows, along with his wife, Donna. So if you get a chance, you know, say hi to Larry and Donna. They're really great people. Uh, this guy, this guy here is Steve Zamonski. 
So st Steve has worked for PinballSales.com since 2002, and Steve works for Jersey Jack Pinball. He was, uh, he's done everything. He's ran the uh, uh, final test uh, line and everything, and now he lives in West Virginia, and he's on tech support. And he's really a very important part of the company. And Steve, uh, just an amazing guy. Many people probably met him and talked to him. And that was last night at dinner when we went to Buca de Beppo. Every, there's got to be a Buca near a pinball show, right? Just like in Chicago. It's got to be right across the street. So, so uh, this was before all the drinks happened. Or when they just got started. So Ants is here. Ants, you know, great guy. Great pinball supporter, great, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, philanthropist, uh, really interested in doing charity and, and spreading the word of pinball. So we're really thrilled. Uh, uh, you know, Dialed In is going to be at Zanzibar. And this was some artwork. I can't get the whole thing on the screen, but uh, uh, there'll be some details about this. The game that's out there now is going to Zanzibar tomorrow. So it's going to be there for at least a couple weeks, maybe a little bit longer. So if anybody wants to go play it, if you don't want to deal with the lines, if you want to get some really good beers and stuff and hang out, just go to Zanzibar after, you know, tomorrow sometime and the game will be there. And, you know, really, looking at three games, uh, I sent this shot to Jen last night and she put this up on Facebook and she said something like, you know, they look really, really nice together, all three games. Um, it's kind of, I guess for a lot of people, it's kind of like looking at your kids, but I'm not that weird. Um, they're really nice. They're all different. They all play different. They have uh, some similarities about them, you know, the way they feel. Uh, they're very heavy. That's one thing for sure. Some lady came over and said she got a hernia. I don't know how that's possible, but she got a hernia, you know, putting the legs on her game or something. So... Uh, she was going to give me a doctor bill, but, um, you know, we're really proud of them. And uh, I brought some shirts with me, but I'm going to make a little contest about getting shirts, different sizes. So uh, I don't know how I'm going to make the contest, but I'll think about that in a, in a split second. Maybe I'll ask a few trivia questions and see what happens. Or maybe I'll take questions from you guys, and if I like the question and I have your size shirt, I'll give you a shirt. So maybe I'll do it that way. Um, and of course, you know, there's, there's the red version hat. And I have a couple of those. You got the blue one. You know, it was before the election. Now we have the red one after the election. So that one signed. Well, I got my marker. You know, I was in Australia in December. First time I ever went to Australia, down under. And they organized a big event. They had like 400 people there. And one of the guys said to me, do you have your tech star? I don't know. I have my phone. What? Apparently, a, a magic marker, does anybody know in Australia, like a magic marker is called a Techstar because that's the company that makes it. So I learned a lot when I was in Australia. I learned not to stay near any kangaroos and all that kind of stuff, too, because they're kind of nasty. Anybody have any questions for me? Yes, that gentleman in the back. Where do you see yourself if you weren't making pinball machines? So the question was, where do I see myself if I wasn't making pinball machines? You know. I have another company, pinballsales.com, and um, it, it, right now, the only pinball machines it sells right now are Jersey Jack pinball machines, but, uh, you know, it sells games. I think if I didn't start the company, um, 
you know, I'd be doing something in the industry. You know, my other company does service at amusement centers. So that's a company that I own as well that's, that owns pinballsales.com. That's, that's separate from Jersey Jack Pinball, and I have other employees in that company. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I have two sides of my business life. One side is, you know, being at shows like this with all of the uh, hobby and home collector customers, and then being at commercial trade shows and trade show events for all the commercial customers. So I think that side of my life um, would still go on. But you know, if I if I stayed home and played with my granddaughter who's six months old, that would be okay with me too. So, but I'm happy. I'm blessed. I'm very lucky. Yes. Oh, these signs are pretty games that you've created or helped build and everything. Of all the years you've been involved in pinball. Can you tell us what your favorite game was? Oh, you actually the so, um, I, you know, I get asked that. I do get asked that question. Um, I, I get asked that question now and then. And it has to be one of the first games that I really worked on and fixed. It was not because it contains the word Jack in it, but Jumpin' Jack, Jack in the Box. Um, I like these quirky, jerky kind of games where... You know, on, on that game, I know what to do. And, and the two bumpers that are on it, if I'm at the top of those bumpers, I could live. And if I'm at the bottom of those bumpers, I'm dead. So I have to try to stay at the top of them. And um, it was just, you know, I, I could stare at the backlash of some of those games for a long time and try to figure out what the heck was going on with, with some of those things. And uh, uh, those kind of games, like a game like Buckaroo, where if I played Buckaroo, and I really had to work very hard. I got a light to light up that I got a thousand points, and that was one of the things that I was determined to do when we did Wizard of Oz, um, bring the scores down, because we were kind of getting rewarded for 10 billion points for getting fourth place. You know, it was like in the movie Meet the Fockers, where Gaylord Fokker got a trophy for ninth place or something like that. <laughs> You know, listen, dude, you lost. You know, what do you want? You know, their people is a marathon, and the marathon starts, and 100 people run the race, and somebody's going to win, and somebody's going to come in 100th, unless there's a dead tie in the 99th and 100th tie. You know, life is like that. So pinball, you know, I had people say to me, well, you know, could you make an option so that I could see, like, three more zeros on the score? <laughs> Yeah, you know what, dude, get an index card, put three zeros, and tape it to the back of your back box, you know? There's your option. It's a free, it's free. Knock yourself out. But uh, I got to love pinball people, because I'm one of them. You know, we're all whacked out in our own ways. But, uh, you know, I live in that space. It's not like I'm coming here as an alien, and I don't understand it. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. You know, yes? So, besides the business of pinball and playing pinball, what else do you like to do? What else do I like to do for fun? I, yeah, I'm still practicing my cartwheels, thank you. Uh, that's, and, and you know, I should get back on the t-shirt thing for a second. Um, I just like hanging out with my family, really. Um, I have some, some different hobbies. I collect some different things, but um, you know, I'm active in my church. I'm active in Knights of Columbus. Uh, I do a lot of volunteer things like that. Uh, the businesses keep me busy. Uh, my daughter Jen just had a little granddaughter, a uh, little baby, Olivia, and uh, she's really cute, so I get to see her a couple times a week. Um, so, you know, it's, I like to play in the garden. I, I, I work in the yard and stuff like that. So, what size shirt are you? Uh, 
Steve, find me a lodge or an extra lodge, please. Now I have Steve here working. Yes. Lodge is fine. You probably don't have one, man. Yes. And so, you know, all these kids have iPhones, right. play the video games and all that stuff. But it seems like pinball lately is going through a little bit of a resurgence. Right. What, what do you think is driving that? We're driving it. We're driving it. I know what's driving it. I don't want to be narcissistic or I don't want to be an egomaniac. And I didn't choose to name the company after myself. A lot of customers wanted me to do that. I, you know, I said this years ago. You know, it was difficult years ago for me to paint the vision to a lot of people. And God bless them that believed in me and our team and gave us money and things like that. And what I said then is still true. You know, you have a kid in a stroller a year and a half old and the kid is playing with an iPad. And... How is that child going to grow up and play a pinball machine that has just one? What do you got there? Here's a lodge for you. And you get a shirt, and you get a shirt. And, you, and so an interesting thing happened the other day. My granddaughter was christened Sunday, and she's into Mickey Mouse, six months old. Okay, They hear that, you know, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Anybody know that thing? That song was in my head for like two days. I couldn't get it out of my head. Okay. Oh, terrible, terrible. So my, my son-in-law's dad gave Olivia, like put the song on his iPhone, okay, and put it, gave it to her when she was in, she was in the uh, stroller, okay? And he, the phone was turned the wrong way. Who cares, you know? She took it and she turned it around and she looked at it and she's touching the screen. And she actually made the video stop, okay? Like, you know, like, really? You're going to do that right now to her and she's six months old. Please don't do that, you know? But this is what it is, you know? You could probably give those devices to people anywhere and they would get it. So really, I believed at the time, and I still believe, that you had to make a game that didn't have the kitchen sink. It had the whole plumbing department in it, okay? So it had... RGB LEDs for the first time ever. Today we kind of take them for granted, but it was the first pinball machine that had RGB LEDs in the whole game, 140 of them. You know, it had that. Does anybody know why the Jersey Jack games have a 27-inch HD LCD monitor in the back box? You'll get a shirt if you answer correctly. Yes. No. Yes. Okay, anybody else? All right, give him a shirt. The real, the real answer is because nothing bigger would fit, okay? That's the biggest that would fit in there because if there was one bigger, I would put that in there. So uh, the sound system it has, all the things it has that we're very proud of. But, you know, it took us forever to make the game, but at least, you know, we made a game. You know, we're proud of it, so. Yes? Yeah, I have a question. I mean, I'm new to this, but I love pinball from the time I was a kid. But from... The Wizard of Oz one is your first game. So from how long, I mean, it sounds like that this really takes like several years just mm. to plan out what the game's going to do. Right. That's the hardest part. Right. And, once you, and then the second hardest part would be in giving all the different, because I've seen the bottom of my pen Right. And just trying to get all that electronics. So how long did it take from the time you got this idea, I want to build this pinball machine, to actually get the theme that you were going to build? So you're Wizard of Oz you're talking about? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, how many years? Because I'm looking at it. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, 
It, it took a long time because in 2010, um, I was kind of thinking about this because if, if we go back, and I've talked about this before, right? PinballSales.com, we were Stern Pinball's biggest distributor in the world. Okay, we sold, we were Stern Pinball distributor from 2000 right until the day I started the company and then I, I wasn't a distributor anymore all of a sudden. I don't know what happened. I, they didn't want me to sell games for them anymore. Imagine that. So, uh, you know, I, I thought about it and, and common, common wisdom at the time was that, does anybody remember a thing called the recession, the Great Recession? Right. So there was a thing that happened in way back in 2008 where like Lehman Brothers crashed and everything like that. And so people didn't buy pinball machines for some reason. Now, here's the interesting fact. I own, personally, I own a term that says we sell everything nobody needs. Okay. Think about that for a minute. Now, when I sold you Simpsons for four grand in, you know, 2004, that was a lot of money and that wasn't your last dollar. But what happened in 2009 and 2010, in my opinion, the games that were made were very simple games, and they weren't attracting people to buy them. So what happened was the Bally Williams games that we all know and love, like White Water and like Creature from the Black Lagoon and things like that, that you could get at the time for $2,500, all of a sudden they became $3,500 and $4,500 at that time because everybody piled into those games because they weren't buying these brand new games that were being bought. Okay, so I noticed this uh, fact that was happening in the market, and I said, Jack, yeah. Well, remember, what do you say? People aren't buying it because they need it. We sell everything nobody needs. If I develop a game that's a full-featured mechanical game with a lot of really cool electronics in it, because in my opinion, things hadn't been innovated for 12 or 13 years, didn't happen. Maybe somebody will buy that thing. On January 1st, 2011, I went on a podcast. I announced the thing. I got people call me, threaten me, tell me I'm crazy, tell me to love me, tell me to hate me, all that kind of stuff. Nine days later, we started taking a $250 deposit for Wizard of Oz. Would I have done things differently? Absolutely. You know, everybody that woke up this morning would have done something different that they did so far today. So the long and the short answer is, um, it takes a lot longer than you think to do anything that is worthwhile doing. And I think everybody in the room knows that. You know, it's, it's a really long time. If anybody has had any renovations done on their house, if anybody is waiting, to, any women are waiting to give birth, and, and, they're, and they're expecting in August or July, and it's 90 degrees outside, it can't come fast enough, a lot of different things that it just takes a long time. I, I will tell you what actually wins the race. There are a couple of things that actually win the race. Okay. So it's faith in the people you're doing something with and God, I, for me, and it's patience. Okay. And if you don't have those two things, you can't, in my opinion, you can't be successful. You can't be successful. You have to know if you're banging your head against the wall, when to stop banging your head against the wall and then it'll stop hurting and you'll feel better. But if you really believe in something and this is what you want to do, most failures happen because people give up. So I felt even in the worst of my days, and believe me, there were some bad days. There were. In the worst of my days, 
I knew I couldn't lose if I didn't give up. Hey, that's my ringtone. Is that my phone? <laughs> I'm walking around that show. I'm looking around. Everybody's got the same ringtone for some reason. So I don't know. That was a long, roundabout, professorial kind of answer, but I think you got your answer, right? Give, give that nice lady a T-shirt, Steve. Yes, sir. Question. Just kind of on the same lines, you talk about the, the older Valley Midway ones, or Valley Williams uh, going up in price. Um, it seems like a lot of the new pinball machines lately have skyrocketed. Yeah. Yeah. What game? Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't know that game. How long do you... How long do you, do you see that? I know it's a resurgent right now, resurgence right now, but do you right. think that's going to sustain very long? No. You, you know, look, uh, my favorite company on the planet, aside from Jersey Jack, is Apple. It's almost 140 again. You know, when I had it for a whole bunch of years, it was flat. People said that thing is over with, it's done, and everything like that. Everything finds its level, is what I'm saying. You know, your perception of what you want to pay for something. Uh, I've said this many times before, too. You know, I, I collect Mont Blanc writing instruments, right? So, you know, I have one of my cheap ones. This one's about $400, okay? My wife takes the, my pen, and she goes like this. Wait a minute. Let me just show you what you're writing with. And she opens it up, and she says, you're writing with a $5 refill, okay? I just, I just want you to know you're writing with a $5 refill, okay? To her, it's not worth it, okay? You know, I wouldn't, you know, wear Louboutin shoes, not that they make them for men, and the women that are here know what I'm talking about, and, you know, I wouldn't have a Louis Vuitton bag, but listen, you guys are in a hobby that's, it's a hobby, not everybody's in this thing, and you have, you, you're not spending any money on a pinball machine. I wanna make a statement right now and explain something to you guys, and ladies, and children. You're not spending any money on your pinball machines. You're just parking it there for a little while, okay? They are investments. I'm not going to tell you that they're going up. But you know what? When I imported pinball machines from Europe in 2000, and I was buying containers of games from Germany and from France, I bought whole containers of, of games, and Steve remembers, you know, he bought some of them. Adam's family was 600 bucks. You know, and it was pretty, and they were in pretty good shape. I had a creature from the Black Lagoon lined up from here to there, 400 bucks each. Actually, you could pick what cabinet you want. If the body was faded and the head wasn't, we took the head off of one and the body on the other one, and we gave you a good one. And then we had a whole faded one, so if he bought one, he got a completely faded one, so it all matched. It worked out. It worked out. You know, we made everybody happy. We don't care. We make everybody happy, so one way or the other. But guess what? If I look at my customer list from 2000, and I call Mrs. Jones. Hi, Mrs. not that Mrs. Jones. Not me and Mrs. Jones. If I call out Mrs. Jones, I say, hi, Mrs. Jones. It's Jack from pinballsales.com. How are you? Oh, wow, I haven't talked to you. How's everything? Good. You know, I sold you an Adams Family back in 2000. Um, oh, yeah, we still have it. Great. That's wonderful. I'm going to get this thing out of our basement. I'm going to make a lot of money. You want to you wanna sell that thing? You, oh, no, no, no. We, do you play it? No, we haven't turned it on in years. Really? And what about the kids? Oh, the kids have kids now, and they moved out, and they grew up, and they went away and everything. like Those damn games, they built 22,000 Adams families, okay? How many of them are available? Anybody? You, you see a lot of them for sale? No. So tell me right now, if I'm building 150 collector edition dialed-in games, is that pretty rare compared to 22,000 atoms? What is that game going to be worth in five, 10 years? It's going to be worth a lot more than it sold for today. I can promise you that. 
I can promise you that. It's supply and demand, right, guys? So more people are coming into the hobby. They're out there. Look at this show. It's insane. I mean, I have a weekend this year, June 9th, the weekend of June 9th. I have a big problem. There's three pinball shows in the United States that are major shows, not even minor shows. There's a show in Tacoma, the Northwest Pinball Show. There's a show in Atlanta, in Atlanta, okay? The Southern Fried Game Room Show, okay? It's in Atlanta. And then there's a show, the Rocky Mountain Oyster Show up there in Denver, okay? <laughs> you like that, I know. I'm here all night, try to feel. Rocky Mountain Oyster Show. Uh, it's, you know, Dan Nikolic is a great guy. And, and I know all those people. Jack, which one are you coming to? Uh-huh. You know, guess what? These guys figure, and they book these shows in advance, they figure, you know what? Nobody's coming from Atlanta to go to Tacoma. Nobody's coming from Denver to go to Tacoma. Nobody's going from, you know, guess what? I'm an idiot that has a pinball factory, and this idiot's got to go to all three shows. How do I do that? I... I can't. I can't. I'll be at one show. You know, I'll be at the Tacoma show because they asked me first. Um, but this, as they say, is a good problem to have. More pinball shows. This is a really good problem to have. Look at all the people that play in IFPA tournaments. Look at all the rankings. Look at all those tournaments going on, Papa stuff and everything. This thing is going mainstream. This is not going in a bell curve where pinball's going up and then, you know, it's going to be up here and the bubble's going to burst and it's going to go back. We're not going to let that happen. It's here and it's going mainstream and there's going to be more pinball. And yeah, maybe not every pinball factory is going to build a game. Maybe not. Maybe everybody that wants to fly jets and they want to design a pinball machine, it's really not going to happen for all those people. I wish everybody the best and I would do anything I could to help them. But, you know, it can't be. But, uh, yeah, I don't see it going away. I hope that answered your question. You asked me that like an hour ago, I think. <laughs> yes. Who, did you give him a shirt? He didn't ask for one, but give him one anyway. Yes. What's your name? Okay. Do you feel your pinball machines were innovative? And... What do you think is the next stage for pinball? So, do I feel my pinball machines are innovative? And what do I think the next step for pinball is, right? So, I had a guy come up to me before, and he was a sculptor. And he was asking me if I want somebody else to sculpt things on my games. And he volunteered the fact that he's, he's amazing, he's great. And I said, that's good, because if you told me you sucked, I don't want to know anything from you. So of course, I'm going to tell you that my games are innovative. But it's really for you to think and decide if they're innovative or not, because what I say is my reality, but what you believe is your reality and the rest of everybody's reality. Yes, they are innovative, because we added a lot of really cool things to the game. We brought a new player base, I believe, to our games, where out there, if you look at Wizard of Oz, you see a lot of women and young people playing the game. Women come up to me all the time, and they're a lot smarter than us men, and they say to me, my husband has 44 games in the basement, and the only game I play is The Wizard of Oz. I told him to throw all his crap away, and that's the only game to get. And the husband comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I want to tell you something about your Wizard of Oz game. What is that? I thought the guy was going to kick my ass. There was like a Harley motorcycle guy one time that comes up to me like that. Hey, I got to talk to you about your game. What is it? It's the only game 
that my wife said I could buy. It's the only time that his wife ever told him to buy a game, was to buy that game. So he was really happy. Uh, next is taking your phone and connecting it to the game and experiencing things that you could do with your phone on the game while somebody else is playing the game or maybe doing things in the cloud with the game and you interacting with the game. And that's going to happen with uh, Dialed In. So that's what's next. Give him a shirt, too. Okay, well, whatever you got there, Steve. It's not loaves and fishes. I know you can't multiply them, you know? Just give what you got, and that's it. Too, too bad. Sorry, we'll get you next time. No, give him a small, okay? He might grow into it. If you got a medium, give him a medium. He's, he'll never be a large. Forget that. He'll never be a large. Yes, you. I'm sorry. Yes. So uh, I'm Roman Catholic, uh, old time, uh, I guess. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, uh, my uh, my church is in Jackson. It's a little tiny little church. You know, uh, it's about this big. And uh, I'm a Eucharistic minister, and I'm a lector. So, uh, and I'm, you know, I was Grand Knight District Deputy and Knights of Columbus and all that kind of stuff. But listen, I mess up. I'm not perfect. I sin. I, you know, I I, I do the best I can. But I will tell you, for me, in my life, it works. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe, and uh, that's fine. I respect that. But I'm not here to talk about religion exactly. But you know, I I did say honestly that I did thank God for the strength to get through things because, um, you know, uh, it, it works for me and, uh, and my family and my wife. You know, if not for my wife and my children and uh, other people that are really good friends of mine supporting me, you know, mentally um, through a lot of the things, um, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to make it. So, you know, if you could have faith in something like that and... and, and He's never, God's never disappointed me, so I just hope I'm trying not to disappoint him, you know, so, yes. Hi, Jack. Um, as, your, as your games get more popular, you mentioned this when you first started the company. Yeah, you need a microphone. Cause okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, I'm shy. I'm shy. I'm shy. Oh, nobody's okay. in this room, right? We got this all night. Why don't we order some pizzas and pizzas? Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, my question was, when you, when you, no, I don't think anybody heard, but anyway, when you started the company, you mentioned, I think one of your goals was, you know, to make two to three games a year. Do you, do you now that your games are getting popular and, you know, you're getting through the rough, rough spots, do you, do you see that happening in, you know, in, in the future? So, you know, I said a lot of things when I started the company. Uh, some of them actually came true. Some of them I didn't know any better. You know, if I said that I wanted to have two or three games a year, that would be wonderful. I, I think one game every nine months would be great. You know, uh, we're not there yet. Hopefully, we're able to show another game at the end of this year and then deliver that in, in the beginning of next year. So. Before you can get to two good games a year, you got to get to one good game a year. And, and we're working to get there. But I, I think the customer base is there. Ants, you got a question? I just wanted to say something. I didn't want, uh, you want the microphone? The pinball king of Louisville. I didn't want him to be overlooked. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, king. Hell, hell. He's, he's wearing a Jersey Jack shirt, too. Nice to meet you.
I didn't know you had the king in Louisville. I didn't know. I thought, you know, this was a French uh, kind of thing. King, is his name Louis? King Louis? Nice, very nice. I have AT&T in my phone. Can you do something with my bill? No, probably not. It's okay. No, no, it's okay. With that, what's your name? Jason. Jason, very cool. Nice to meet you. You know, these shows, the great thing about them is to get to meet a lot of new people um, th that think they know me, because they don't know me. And, uh, you know, no, but really, you know, to get to meet a lot of new people or get to meet a lot of people that I know for a long time, but I really haven't put the face together with the name, you know, and sometimes that's really scary, but, you know, it works out. Yes? I was wondering, in your career of working on machines, what was the biggest, like, problem that you ever came across that you were like, oh my gosh, I got it. It was just such a reward to fix and find <sighs> You know, what was the biggest problem of repairing a machine? Uh, you know, years ago, th there was a game called Galaxy Force. Anybody remember that game at all? So this was a big spaceship game made by Sega that turned and twisted, and it was in an arcade that I had in New Jersey uh, about 1990. And um, it, it made a lot of money. But it was the damnedest thing to keep running all the time because wires ripped out of under it and it had a frame that you needed to weld. And I was forever working on that thing. And, and I said, you know, if I ever have a company that builds games, I'm going to make games really easy to work on. And I want to tell you how wrong that is because I want you to go try to take the uh, upper play field off a Wizard of Oz game. Okay? You'll, you'll discover words that you never even knew existed. Uh, you know, so, you know, I, uh, or, or, you know, I failed miserably at that. So, uh, what can I say? I, I, there's a bunch of games that are uh, built for the people to just make it one time, that they think it was never going to break. You know, the Titanic was never going to sink. So, I have a theory about this whole thing, which is probably wrong, but and people died, which is a tragedy. But the Titanic, the people on the Titanic didn't think it was going to sink, right? So they all had a certain mindset. The ship is unsinkable. So the guy that was up looking for icebergs, after a while, he probably got cold, and he says, this thing is not going to sink anyway. Let me go join the party. And then it hit the iceberg, and then somebody said, I think we're sinking. You know? So I think probably, and, you know, it's a sad thing, but, you know, it's a learning experience. You know, the Titanic sank because it didn't hit the iceberg that you saw on top of the water. It sank because of the piece that you didn't know about. And I think that's what you need to do with designing things. You try to have to anticipate what problems you're going to have. And we're getting better at that as we've gone from Wizard of Oz to Hobbit to Dialed In. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I, what I asked Pat to do when we talked about designing a game. I said, Pat, uh, and Pat loves game operators. He goes to shows and he says, by show of hands, can I know how many people here are game operators? Because that's what he cut his teeth on and he made money for those guys and, and girls. But we wanted to make a game that was going to go on a street location that could get the crap beat out of it that wasn't going to break. And that's what Dialed In is. Wizard of Oz is really reliable, but it's going to break because there's two and a half times of, of, of what's in a pinball machine in the one game. So my saying that I hate is, if it ain't broke, it ain't pinball, right? But if it works, it's a Jersey Jack pinball. So we want to make sure, we want to make sure that Hobbit works on location, 
you know, Wizard of Oz works on location, dialed in works. Ansel have dialed in, and believe me, he knows how to get in touch with me, this guy. Okay, he's got, he's got a hotline right to me. So if that game breaks, I'm going to hear about it. And you know, he had a problem with his Hobbit game. Okay, he had a problem. It was, it was a really severe problem with his game. It just happened. You know, they built it on the wrong day or whatever they did. What happened to your first Hobbit game? And, and what happened? You, 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 stood up, you stood out like a champ in this industry, I'll tell you. I mean, when I saw the JJP stock on the new box, I couldn't believe you. <laughs> so we swapped the whole game. We gave you a new game. You gave me a, you know, I bought the small. Right. They were gone. For, right. They were gone for months. I didn't open it when I got it. I, I waited a month before I even opened it. But there was something going on we couldn't fix. Yeah. You got swapped it out for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you know the real thing is is just to treat everybody like you want to be treated. That's one of my other kind of like things that I try to do because, uh, I mean, it's your reputation, it's your name, and and what's it going to be? You know, you're not going to just buy that again. You know, that's not going to happen. So yeah. Yes. When you have like ten different pinball machines in the lineup you know, mm -hmm. in the future, would you like to see your ratio be more licensed, or would you like to see more things like that? I don't think I would make, you know, if it was completely up to me, and so far I've picked all of the games that we're, that we're doing, really. I mean, we have some licenses right now that I, that I picked that'll be in the future. Um, and I don't say I picked it in a narcissistic, personal way, but again, if you go back to the focus group and everybody sits in a room and says, hey, is this going to make a good game? Ah, I like it, I don't like it. I wanna... Shut up, this is what we're making, okay? Just make it, okay? You do have to get the designer excited about the, the title, that's for sure, or else it's not going to be good. I don't know, I don't have like, uh, as a group or a company, we don't have a big chart that says license, 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 no license, 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 you know. We're not at that. We're not at that place. You know, if we were making lunch boxes, um, it would be real easy. Just slap on the the uh, stock artwork and let's go to the next one. But these things, they just take a really long time to do. So you really have to make a big commitment uh, to what it is and 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 believe in it and go with it. You know, make it really good. Oh. Yes. Is there any particular challenge in terms of? Um making pinballs in Great again. what's more or less <laughs> rural New Jersey? You know, we have vendors in New Jersey, so I don't really regret not having the factory in Illinois. Okay. I mean, we have vendors in Illinois, and they send stuff to us. But, you know, Mirko is in Germany, so I'm not going to move the factory to Germany. Guess what? If we were in Illinois and, and Mirko is in Germany, it costs the same thing for him to ship a play field to us if he was in Illinois or he was in Germany, it doesn't matter. I think we have a good workforce. Um, uh, you know, we have our wire, a lot of our wiring vendors are in New Jersey, our circuit board vendors in New Jersey. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't, I don't, you know, if somebody wants to pick up our factory and move it to Illinois for whatever reason, I don't know, you'll make a better or worse game. I don't know, you save $1 either way. Um, I, re I really don't think so. I mean, the, today there's vendors, there's employees, a lot of places. We do have an office there, um, but there are other people that work for the company that are, you know, Dave Thiel is in Washington State, JP is in Holland. You have other people that work different places, so uh, I, I, don't, I don't know that it really matters where, you know, right now. You said Pat was making another game. For yes. Designing one. Yes. Yes. Um, was there somebody in between? Yeah, so Eric is doing the next game. Uh, he and he went, yeah, his first one. Okay. He doesn't, uh, you know, 
So he went on a podcast and he announced that he was doing our next game. And Eric, um, I hired him when he was still in school um, for electrical engineering. His family, if anybody knows Norby, um, you know, he's he's been a game operator forever, and he and Eric kind of grew up in the industry, and and he's great. You know, he's a, he's a really uh, he has a passion, you know, uh, and I think he's going to make a great game. He's got the support of everybody, and Pat has got him kind of under his wing, but Eric is doing some of his own things too, and and you know. I think really, if you have a passion for something, I, I think that's where um, where you succeed. Because you could have the greatest expert uh, that um, doesn't have a passion for what they're doing, and it doesn't come out right. So Eric, Eric you know, I have a lot of faith in him and, and what he's going to do. Eric and then Pat, yeah, yep, yep. Yes. On the same line. Um, the thing about all the machines that you're coming out always have a lot of the classic designers working on them. Like right, that. right. Are you seeing any new blood other than Eric coming in? <laughs> no, no offense to any of them, I'm just because sometimes you get in that mindset of pinball machine has to be this. Yeah, look, everybody's getting older. So, uh, uh, you know, again, if, if you don't evolve, um, you have dinosaurs ruled the earth years ago, right? And all the dinosaurs are pretty much gone, with the exception of maybe uh, alligators and, you know, couple of people I could think about but you know other than that they're pretty much all gone so um, you know you have to evolve if somebody taps me on the shoulder and they come to me you know you know sometimes at these shows what happen is that homebrew people a ragtag group gets together and they worked on a pinball machine and they'll go hey Jersey Jack uh, it's Jersey Jack well yeah yeah come on let me show you this game that we worked on who knows? Maybe maybe one time somebody actually shows us something that could be buildable or could be buildable commercial or, you know, I, I, I kind of like never say never because you wouldn't, you wouldn't start a pinball company if you were uh, negative about anything. You know, my blood type is B positive, so how could I be negative, really? You know, so, really. So that's idiotic, but that's true. Anybody else with questions? Yes. You showed the slot with, uh, with Slash. I just wondered, have you met any other celebrities that are really into pinball? I have. I have. There's a lot of celebrities that are into pinball. I can't mention their names because they don't want to come out of the shadows. But no, there are a lot of them are musicians. You know, Ryan Adams is a customer. Anybody know who Ryan Adams is? Not Brian Adams. Ryan Adams did like a live thing last week where he talked about pinball. Did anybody see that on Facebook? Yeah. So Ryan Adams doesn't really mince words, let's say that. You know, he's brutally honest about what he says and, you know, whether you agree with him or not. Uh, you know, uh, Mark Tremonti from Creed and, and, and uh, Alter Bridge. And, and there's a lot of celebrities that uh, really are into pinball more and more. But uh, it's pretty cool. A lot of guitar players for whatever reason. I guess the finger thing of flipping the flippers and playing guitar and instrument, you know, keeps them, keeps them going. So... Steve, you have any more shirts? I think it's neat that pinball is like the only game that's unpredictable. It's, unpre it's just like life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, not this it's very unpredictable. Yeah. Okay. So I have a medium, a small, and a 3X left. So if you're a medium, a small, or a 3X, and you have a question, raise your hand. 3X. Who's going to be 3X? 3X? Medium? You can sleep in it like a nightshirt. I don't even care if I'm going to pay my money. Okay. I, whatever. 
What do you want? To... She can do that personal. I'm just going to put it next to my you're signing me a poster. Okay. Give that lady a three X. It'll she could she could fit in it with her husband. She could fit in it. Give me, give me it. Yeah, that's great. Here you go. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, in the back. Yes. I have about eight or nine games at home, and uh, somebody shamed me. I, you know, this was public knowledge anyway. Somebody shamed me uh, about a year ago, and they saw all my games from a different manufacturer, and they said. Uh, what are you doing with that crap in your house? And I said, what crap? These, this, that, that, and that, and that. I don't know, I like them. Yeah, but you shouldn't have those. Okay, so I got rid of them, you know. So they're not there anymore. But that means there's room for Jersey Jack games. So that's not a bad thing. You know? Yes, that nice lady in the back waving. Thank you. What is your I think it's Wizard of Oz, and, and you know, I, I, I don't say that for any other reason but the truth. I, I don't want to sound, again, egotistical, or selfish, narcissistic, or any of that. There will never be another game like that. I, I could promise that. I, I really could, because nobody could afford to make a game like that. Nobody, the, the level of things, the awards that it won, the shows that it went to, the what it launched and everything like that, it, it's going to be really hard. It's, it's, it's really a strikingly beautiful game. It, it's really fun to play. You know, one of the things I wanted on there, both sides at the bottom, I wanted a game behind the game, right? And I said before, I talked about the bumper on Jumpin' Jacks. So the bumper on Jumpin' Jacks, you know, my idea was to put it on the bottom of, of the left side of Wizard of Oz, the balloon bumper, right? So when I play, I tilt a lot. I don't play in leagues, and people want to kick, kill me. You know, I, I shake the crap out of everything. Okay, and and the whole idea with that bumper was to. I lost my ball, great, but now I have a chance to get my ball back. So I get that chance on the left side and the right side. I really don't know, Steve. Maybe you know. I don't know of any game that ever did that before. And and you know, no place like home is so cool because you go into black and white mode and you have to do all these things and it's really a lot of skill involved. And then all of a sudden the game, you know, it explodes in color again, just like in a movie. And like people see that for the first time and they just lose it. They just, what does game just do? Wow. You know, and it's, it's so deep that people have said to me that they played the game with the glass off and they still haven't gotten to everything in the game. <laughs> So that's that's pretty deep, I think. You know. So yeah, that's that is my favorite game, absolutely. So I got like number three on your game out there. Nice. So you must play a lot. Nice. We have five or six games. What do you do for a living? I'm actually tired. That's it. See, that's why you could play pinball. <laughs> that's my point. God bless America, land that I love. God bless America. Good for you. Play pinball. Have fun. Life is too short. You might as well. I started leg delivery and my last was pasta, so I yeah. went in and took him out. Yeah, well, it's... <laughs> 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 I got a shirt for that lady. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would so... I don't know. I, I may have to send you one. I may have to send her one. Could you swap with the other lady? Give, give her that shirt. Give her that shirt. Give that lady... Give me this one.
<laughs> what is that one? No, no, get, get the one from that lady. Well, we need a selfie. You want a picture again? Yeah. You'll tell, you gotta turn the camera on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Film thank little you. Over. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yes, All right. Yes, okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Get a room, will you please? <laughs> so give her, give her that shirt. Is is your shirt? Okay. You know, nobody even paid, nobody even paid admission for this show. It was not even. Thank you. You're welcome. Very much. Thank you very little. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. We're here, at least another two minutes. <laughs> Anybody else have a question? There's one. You have another question? Okay. Not after that. He lost his lunch. Yes. What? If you're small, yeah. I mean, not not the other body parts. We're talking about the, your whole body. Huh? Okay. Three kids. They could fight over it. There you go. I I owe you a hat, Jeremy. Thank you. This is so your head doesn't get tan as as. As the sun comes, I got, I got something for you. you got something for me? Yeah. Uh-oh. I hope, I hope it's not chocolate or something like that. I have to eat all of it now. They gave me a bottle of uh, bourbon last night. The last time somebody came to me with a baseball bat, I was in Brooklyn. Yeah, this, is, this is a little soccer bat. Wow. Just for you. That's very cool. Wow. Yeah. So anytime you have a problem with that Sega game, yeah. That's really, that's really, really nice. Thank you very much. Genuine. Jack Winery, Jersey Jack Pinball, Louisville, Louisville, Louisville Slugger, Louisville. I don't, I don't know if you know after I have a couple, of, after I got a couple of bourbons, I'm gonna say that I really don't know if well. Broken token, but I I abused your last name. So okay, I, it's all right. Whitney, how many times did I say it wrong? I think we practiced five, six, five seven six times. times. I got me, yeah. and this must be your beautiful bride, huh? <laughs> no, that's Kathy. <laughs> What does that mean? My, 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 my beautiful bride is, is out there working. Oh, okay. <laughs> With the kids. Oh, I'm wrong again. Okay, sorry about that. Bum bum. We got any more hats? Two. Two hats? Okay, how do we do this now? Um, does, can anybody answer this question? What was the name of Pat Lawler's game, Dialed In, before it was called Dialed In? What was the name of it? Okay, well, this will be a trivia question. It was called... What, Steve? Killer app, right. Pat wanted to call it killer app, and I let him believe that for about a year and a half, because <laughs> there's, there's nothing that I'm going to do that has the word killer in it. So uh, it's a good name. It's, it's, it wasn't a terrible name. It's just not the name that we picked. OK, another trivia question. Uh, how many Hobbit games typically do we build a day on the assembly line? Does anybody remember that fact? No, that's Wizard of Oz. But here. Because I don't want to be here all night. Fifteen. Okay, another trivia question. Steve, can you think of a Jersey Jack trivia question? How many pounds did I lose? No. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of, what kind of, one more question, Steve. What is it? What about the, the State Fair balloon bumper, the targets? Does anybody know what it used to say? Okay. Anybody know what? He, that's really a weird question. That's okay. What did what did it say instead of no place like home before that? What did it say on the game? Anybody remember? What? No. What did it say instead of melt the witch? What did it say on the original artwork of the game instead of melt the witch? What did it say? Anybody remember that one? Close. 
Yeah, give that lady a hat. Kill the witch. Kill the witch. Greg, Greg Ferris put kill the witch, and we don't kill things at Jersey Jack Pinball either. So, you know, we're uh, kind of a family-friendly... Uh, you know, everything gets killed in The Hobbit, but it's all fantasy, so it's no blood. Just, you know. Can you tell me that nobody cared that it was Kansas was the answer? To Kansas was the answer. Not that anybody cared about Steve's question, but it said Kansas. <laughs> and actually, the drop targets were in a configuration that you could never make them. They were in an S shape. And, and Dennis Nordman made sure that we put them in a circle so you could hit them. All right. So... Dennis Nordman, great guy. Yep, he worked on Wizard of Oz too. Anybody else have any questions? Any other questions? Or did I exhaust everybody? Yes, the guy from AT&T. Yes. <laughs> Has anybody tried to uh, do uh, ask you about uh, virtual pens or turning your games to virtual? You know, I don't. I don't get this whole thing. I got to be honest with you. I, I believe I'm on the cutting edge of technology. But I see so many people at trade shows put these virtual things on, and then they're throwing up their lunch in the lunchroom, you know, somewhere. I don't know that it's there yet. I, I kind of choose to live in real reality instead of virtual reality. So until they really perfect that and make it as good as real reality, I don't know that, you know, if you go out there, that I think every pinball machine on its own, you know, they have the, uh, the video pinball machines. I think they're pretty cool. It, it doesn't replace a mechanical pinball machine, though. But, you know, it's, it's good. It gets people introduced to pinball. You know, you can't have every pinball machine, so you can play it on an iPad or that thing. But once you play it on there, go get a real one. You know? So, I don't know. Maybe they'll get better. Well, anybody else? portion of your, uh, of your seminar here that you do testimony or personal testimony? Or that you allow people to share their personal testimony of your game. You can't get the mic away. Oh, I see what you're saying. You want to talk about my game? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to. Okay. First of all, <laughs> if you could please have a seat. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, now, first of all, we have to uh, understand we have never met, have we? Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. My name is Anthony. <clears throat> yeah, my name is Anthony. Uh, and uh, this is the personal testimony portion of uh, the JJP seminar here. And so I'm curious, how many folks actually own uh, Wizard of Oz? We got a few. Uh, how about Hobbit? A couple. And dialed in? It's common, right? Okay. Well, uh, I want to share my experience with uh, the company. And the reason why I want to do this is because uh, many years ago, this expo had started, and uh, my wife had uh, arranged for us to come down here for my birthday. Uh, this is my birthday weekend, so I've been here uh, about six or seven years, you know. And uh, so anyways, so we began to start purchasing pinball machines, and we'd made, uh, we had played uh, The Wizard of Oz, and I had told my wife, I said, we need to have this machine. Now, if anybody is married here, you'll realize that it's difficult to convince your wife that a pinball machine is an essential part of the household. And uh, so, um, I had thought and uh, discussed for quite some time with uh, 
one of the distributors of JJP, and uh, we had agreed on a price. Um, as you guys know, Wizard of Oz was kind of rolled out slowly. Uh, for myself personally, we, my wife and myself had started a business many, many years ago. So when I heard of this fellow, Jack, uh, uh, starting a company uh, and seeing the kind, of, um, uh, the kind of pressure that he was under, I mean, obviously, uh, it, was, it was quite interesting. But anyways, so we actually made this decision, uh, or I, I actually agreed to pull the trigger on purchasing Wizard of Oz on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock in the evening. And uh, this distributor had it in my house at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning and was setting it up. So, so right off the bat, I was impressed. I mean, the customer service here was fantastic. Now we play the game. Obviously, we've, we played it you know, here uh, at the expo. Now I own it. Uh, now we play it all the time. But I was just uh, very impressed. Then my wife surprises me again. And she somehow contacts Jack. I have no idea how. And uh, she asks for uh, a signed autograph of some sort. And uh, so I get this, uh, 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 I get a, a signed, um, we, we have signage now that's signed by, uh, that signed by Jack that's in our house. And, uh, and it, I think it happened within two or three days. In any case, uh, I was impressed again. So having owned our own company for 22 years, um, I got to say the, the one thing that will make your, co your company succeed is customer service as well as quality. So both of those things exist, and that would be my testimony. So. <laughs> yeah. And happy birthday. Yay. Yeah, pleasure happy to meet you, too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, well, this concludes our portion of this program. Uh, thank you all for coming. I'm, hopefully there's no other questions. Uh, everybody have a great show. If you want me to do anything for you, don't ask for major favors. Minor favors will be granted. It's not my daughter's wedding day, so I really don't owe you anything aside from that. Uh, what else? What else? That's about it, right? So everybody have fun. Thank you all very much. God bless. Bye. Whitney O. Jersey had a lot to say, didn't he? <laughs> oh, there was no, there was no shortage of uh, of opinion, comment, or uh, responses in any of that. Uh, so but, yeah, but that, and that's not a hack. No, or, or a cut down no, on Jersey not Jack. At I all. mean, I mean, did you listen to our first segment? <laughs> <laughs> I went on and on and on. Have no, you, no. Have you listened to the fifty four shows prior to Old Double Nickel? <laughs> to Old Double Nickel, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, all right, Whitney, let's get into a little bit of news and feedback. <laughs> yeah, and, sounds good. And for new listeners to the show, we do change things up, but yet we do kind of have a regular sort of a schedule, kind of reoccurring theme 
Yeah. If that makes sense. We we, we weave and, through traffic that flows in the same general direction. Yeah. yeah. So the last couple shows, we've actually changed up consider, in a considerable manner compared to prior shows. Usually there's a, a good effort by Whitney to bankrupt me. <laughs> and uh, there's some uh, technical it's, it's, talks it's so awesome. and, on you know video and pinball topics. So yeah. um, just because of happenings of the past few months, we've kind of temporarily retired those segments but i'm sure they'll be back oh they'll, they'll be back after sfg uh, i'll be very i'll be very blunt and very transparent about this the whole uh spending of brent's money segment um that 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 actually takes time to prepare <laughs> and uh in and in most cases i am um i'm very very excited to do those segments because i love going out finding new mods new products new things quite honestly new things to spend money on but (laughs) but when it all comes to pass um you know something i just didn't have time this month and uh and i've just been so hyper focused on skyskipper and uh you know that that's that so yes it will make a triumphant return after uh after after sfg Cool. I feel the itch. Yep. I know it will. Yes, it will. I, and I'm I'm not looking forward no, to it. No, no. Your your wallet's not safe. No. Don't and don't you ever think it is. So Whitney, let's touch on a little bit of news. And yeah. I'd like to start the news off with a clown update. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> because clowns uh, as do things Un- on our un- show take on mascot. a life of their own. Yes, they do. And uh this is an interesting bit of property, Whitney. If you've ever thought of moving up to I think this is in Ontario, Canada. Yeah. Uh we'll have the and by uh, yes, I mean no. With a link in the show notes, house for sale in Ontario loaded with clown memorabilia. And, you know, I'm just scrolling through the pictures here, and it looks like a nice little brick house with a chimney, a little porch, covered yeah. porch, sitting area. Yep. And inside it is wall to wall clowns. Yes, these. The only the only reason I would buy that property is so that I could set it on fire, drop a bomb <laughs> on it. I, I don't know, crash crash a submarine into it. I mean, drop a bus from the sky, and uh, and what? of course the bus would be loaded with pianos, and then uh, and then just have it all go haywire at the very end. And Wait, uh, yeah. have you seen this, the, the Whitney? There's a sitting room. And there's little chairs with clowns in them. Yeah. And there's clowns on the coffee tables, and there's clowns on the walls in the kitchen. Yeah, it's just in the kitchen, and there's just, a clown in the corner of the dining room. It's just gone. Um, I mean, dude, honestly, it's almost the as bad. The bedrooms are covered with clowns. It's almost as bad as somebody's basement full of games. You know, I mean, <laughs> it really is. The, everybody has to have a hobby, Whitney. <laughs> and this person, and that they do, and that they clowns. do, and I will never, I will it, never discourage them from having that. So. It, it's a sight to behold. Yes, yes, it is. So yeah, uh, Whitney, if you're interested in, in yeah. a clown hacienda, oh a clown yeah, yeah, homestead, oh yeah, and by yes, I mean no. <laughs> I can hook you up, it's buddy. Fantastic, man. <laughs> fantastic. I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm clickbaiting right with on friend, through that with man. friends like me who needs <laughs> who needs people around them at all. <laughs> yeah. Fair all enough, right. Dude. So let's back. Uh, let's back. Uh, ourselves back into there's so many times I can say back in a sentence. Let's back up and get into some actual arcade video pinball related news. And I am so pumped for this non news. This this give all the news that's not news from Star and Pinball. Yeah, and that is the non Star Wars pinball. So 
the big rumor. Has I been, was so let down because I <laughs> so was, was so I. I was so ready. And, and Whitney, if I told you oh, I didn't I go so check ready. their Facebook page half a dozen times, yes, I, I, on May fourth, yes. If I told you I didn't do that, I'd be lying. Yes, no, trust me, I did as well. And <laughs> there's 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 a buddy of mine that I work with. His name's Bob, and Bob Bob and I have become have become good friends and. We were on Skype on we were on Skype during the, the the day before and the day of and I'm like Bob have you heard anything yet and he's like no I haven't heard anything yet I'm like I'm gonna go check Pinside no nope, <laughs> nothing yet and I'm sitting here anxiously awaiting Stern to announce Star Wars because so know, that, so that's the deal yeah the, the big rumor was yes. that on May the fourth Star Wars Day May the fourth be with you mm-hmm. that Stern Pinball was going to announce a Star Wars based pinball game. Yeah. And and everybody everybody was geared it was, up. It's it was, a lock. Everybody it's was going to happen. Yeah. You know, and I think we I think we were trolled. Oh, we were trolled. Big there, time. There's no doubt. Really, part of the rumor was that that Stern had uh, reserved a booth somewhere having to do with May the Fourth festivities at an event. It might have been it might have been Star Wars Day down in Orlando at Disney. It, it's some part of that. Then we, they we canceled got, the booth once nothing. the flyer got out yeah, or we, something like that. Yeah, the directory got, got out. I think we got trolled. No, uh, we, we got we we got hand boned for sure, now, man. Now, did you pick up any May the fifth news about people complaining, or did they just everyone just walk away from it? Uh, you know something from my perspective, Facebook quieted down uh, almost immediately, and uh, I checked pin side, and of course the the discussions were still going on, but. I think people now just don't really know when the date's going to be. The only thing I'll add to this is I saw one Facebook post, um, and it and they had done a mention of Steve Ritchie asking Steve if he was going to be at Pentagogo this year, mm-hmm. and Steve responded, "No, I'm not going to be at Pentagogo because I'm busy finishing this game," and he says it is so close, and I'm sitting there thinking, "Huh." And that was, and I was actually kind of surprised that Steve said as much as he did on Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. he, he said he said that much, and uh, which to me is a lot because he's he's admitting that, or he's confirming, not admitting, he's not admitting anything. He's confirming that he's working on a current game that is so very close to release, and he can't go somewhere because he's in the final stretch of getting that done. So if you construe all that together, Brent, you're like you're in and people are saying, yes, Steve is doing Star Wars, this and that. Then I'm sitting there with bated breath going, oh, we're just a couple of days away. It's we're not but a week or two away. What, what can it be? And so anyway, I'm yes, I'm very excited. Uh, do I want the next title to be Star Wars? Oh, yeah, I want it to be Star Wars. Let me ask you, though, Brent. Star Wars a buy for you? Uh, you know, I was just thinking about asking you the exact same question, and I, I don't know. I I, I want to know what Star Wars it is. Yeah, I, I get it, I get it. Are we doing Episode Four, Five, and Six? Yeah. Are we doing Empire Strikes Back? Are we doing One, Two, and Three? Which is no, I don't. I, yeah, I think I w- the chances I would not buy that. That's at that's all. negative percent chance yeah. of doing that. Yeah. Are they doing? Um, there. I doubt they would do Rogue One because yeah. that's more of a standalone type of a deal. I know it does integrate into the 
into the timeline today as we know it. Yeah. I, I don't, are, are, are they doing, um, the force awakens? Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, we don't know. We, I, we don't know. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's going to be hard to say. Um, I want it on theme. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want it on theme. Um, I'm going to have to see it first, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do instant buy. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be calling up a distributor as soon as it's announced and saying, "Give me a premium and hold, hold one for me." I'm going to have to see it. I, I am, but I am. I am highly, highly excited for it. I will say that. Well, like I said, I, I'm lukewarm on it. Okay, uh, honestly, I okay. mean, I. I I like the the concept of it. Uh-huh. I'm in the, the the general Star Wars theme and the universe and all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Yep. I I, I just kind of want to see it because there's so much material there. Yes, I, there I'd kind of interested just to see what they do. Well, here, here's what I want to. Are here, we blowing the Death Star up again? Uh, what are we doing? Well, I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. But here, here's what I want to say. If Steve if Steve is doing the game. In which it, it seems that's the general consensus that he is, and, and that's the title that he's doing. Uh, I have to base it on what he did on Star Trek, okay? And he took a, he took the first two reboot movies, combined them into one game, mm-hmm. okay, with missions from both movies, uh, and combined properties from both games, Um or bo- both movies per se more more the 2009 movie than um than, uh, than than the second with Khan but nonetheless um man Brent he did such a good job with Star Trek that I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to put the pieces together and say Star Wars is going to be equally as good because I I just don't see how it wouldn't be but all that being said no we don't we don't have a game C yet so he's doing episodes one through seven, including including a lot of Jar Jar, <laughs> including uh, all so it's going to have a Jar Jar Binks topper with the big floppy ears. So yeah, what... exactly. And then you be then it's it'll be a bash toy in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the playfield. <laughs> no, too. actually, that's all that it is. Yeah. It's there's no art, nothing on the playfield. It's just four flippers that all flip into the middle, and it's Jar Jar's head. Jar Jar's head. <laughs> you just sit there and push. The... <laughs> yeah, just push the flippers and then just shoot shoot pinballs at him. I'll all take you two. Do. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take two. I'll keep one new in the box because I know, know it's going to be instant class. Jar Jar never bothered me, but I think the hate for Jar Jar is starting to rub off. Well, <laughs> you know something? Here's the thing. The, Jar Jar didn't bother me the first time that I watched the movies, especially episode one and episode two. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go back and rewatch them, Jar Jar is unbearable. He's completely and, and unbearable. I, I've said this somewhere in my he life. Did not age well, he, did, he not, did not age well at all. He was not timeless in any way, shape, or form. If you asked me what happened in A New Hope, Empire, Jedi, or you gave me a scene, or probably even just a line, mm-hmm. I could tell you. I, I I cannot differentiate between episode one, two, and three to that degree. Yeah, nowhere, I understand. Uh, nowhere near. And you probably don't have the interest in it either, you know, in, in doing that. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. So anyway, here we are. Big wait, nothing. Here we are waiting on Star Wars. Big, uh, big zero to this point. Yep. All right, well, see, you know what's going to happen now that we've recorded this. It'll it'll be announced tomorrow. It'll be announced tomorrow, yeah. and that's that's yeah, exactly. We'll release this two weeks later and uh, confirm that we don't know anything that we're talking about. So there we be. Now, Brent, this next one, a uh, little bit of news, and I got this from scouring my my uh, usually every other every third day scouring a pin side. Dude, I, how often are you on pin side? 
Uh, never. Okay. I'm on I'm on it nowhere near as much as I used to be. There was a time where I was on it like every single day and I kept like an active browser tab open and I was checking it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm trying to bone up on some technical aspect of something or I'm working on something and it comes up, I'll hit it in a as part of a, a, a Google search return. Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm not out there on it actively looking around and, and just reading. So, yeah, well, I enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy Pinside quite a bit. I don't participate in the drama side of it, but I, and, and just, and just delve into the, into the threads that, that I guess kind of get into the whole drama aspect. But as far as just reading about pinball and about the topics and about, you know, I guess, you know, rule sets and stuff like that, I, I find pinball to be a very wide and very, very topic to, to learn about. And so, Anyway, just in, through my normal perusal of uh, the Pinside threads, I caught this one p- specific thread on a new product, and it's called Pin Stadium Lighting. Now, Brent, this isn't um, this isn't quote unquote for sale yet. It's up for pre order. Um, they're doing uh, their first run of a hundred units, but. Uh, and I've got a picture of this in the show notes, and I'll, I'll put it, uh, I'm sorry, in, in our show notes, and I'll put it up on the blog post as well. But what this is, is this is an LED, this is like an LED rod lighting that you get to in the kit, and they install on the inside walls of the cabinets uh, right at the edge, the left edge and the right edge of the cabinet. So this like in the same place like a pin blade would go it, in. This this oh, this sits okay. right right there on right there at the pin blade right there at the sides of the cabinet where the pin blades would go. And as you can see, they're they're very very thin and they're aimed towards the, the they're aimed towards the floor of the cabinet. So you can't eat with the glass installed and the armor on. You can't even really see where these are at. Okay, I mean they're they're I mean, practically how, how invisible. Thin is it that it doesn't stick out enough off the cabinet sides of the cabinet that when yeah, you open the play I, I field, it doesn't just just like ring it right I, off the side. I have no idea because I, I mean I don't have one in hand, and and it's it's going to be hard to know until having one. I mean, in I hand. haven't put my blades in my Ghostbusters, but that's the one fear I have is that. I'll have it's they're not perfect, yeah, you know? yeah. And, and I'll have them. This one will be a little askew to one side, and I'll have to, you know, gingerly always. You always have to do that right. with the blades in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, so that don't scratch them. That's exactly yeah. right. It, it doesn't become an up and down type of scenario. So, you know, when I saw this picture, I've seen some some a mod or where someone had taken some LED strips and they had put them. You know where the apron forms your V? Uh-huh. Yeah. The on the on the I don't know how to describe this, on the playfield side of the apron, so that basically facing up the playfield. Yes. So that it like kind of lights from below. From below. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought this was. Yeah, but lighting from below, you're gonna lose a lot of the diffuse you're you're it's gonna diffuse so much by the time it gets to, to the, the top back. There, yeah. or to the back or to the top of the playfield that you're you're to me, you may actually be creating a, more of a problem than you solve. Yep. But with this, it runs the entire length of the play field from right. top to bottom and on the left and the right side. 
And if you look at the before and the after picture, and Brent, if you go to the, if you look at the before and the after picture, it's a fairly marked difference. And I've mm-hmm. got a picture of the Iron Man playfield here. These installed on Iron Man. And if you go to the pin side thread, which again we'll have in the show notes, you you get to see this on like eight different titles. Yeah, okay? I'm actually looking at it right oh, now. Okay, gotcha. So there's a there's um I think there's like Rob Zombie from Spooky is one of the machines listed. I think there's uh Lord of the Rings is listed. Yep, and Hobbit. The Hobbit, uh, not, I'm sorry, uh, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. The yep. Wizard of Oz is listed and everything like that. And Brent, I'm gonna follow this under the heading of I want to believe. Okay. Okay, and so I have uh, submitted a lot of questions to the uh, to the gentleman who started the thread, and he did respond back via email and answered some of my questions, and I do thank him for that. But his responses gave me more questions, and mm-hmm. so I, I'm I'm going to do some more research on this before I commit to it. But I I I, I, w- I would be the kind of guy that would benefit from this because I have vision problems anyway, and anything I can do to light up the play field, I it will get my money, and so I'm. I don't. I'm not to the point where I'm going to buy this or even hop in on the pre-order yet. I'm still collecting information and validating it to myself. But I am excited for the for the prospect of this. Here's here's. I will one. say that it looks like they put on a new Aerosmith, and I see a couple of videos in here. So I'm assuming that oh the videos the YouTube videos are pretty they're they're pretty impressive. They are yeah. Is, they're it, pretty is good. it any of the installation? Or no is it, no okay. no. It's all after the fact. Gotcha. And, see, and that's the problem. I don't know. I don't know what the installation looks like, and I don't know how this works with art blades, and I don't understand how they adhere magnetically to the sides of a wood cabinet. Without, oh, does that say something about about them being magnetic? Yeah, because they, they're breakaway. Because you can essentially, it said that you you can pull them off. Uh, when it comes time to quickly, you can quickly pull them off when it comes time to lift the plate. Oh, oh, I was going to say, or maybe, or maybe it's, maybe it's like a, a bent latch that goes over the, the wood in it, but and then, and then you stick the uh, lights to that, and then yeah. when you need to open the play field, you zip these things off. And you zip them off. That yeah. would make sense. And that, to me, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, dude, I just don't know. And, and they don't explain it well, at least not yet. So... I don't. I don't know, man. I, I'm I, again. I'm following this under the Whitney wants to believe category, mm-hmm. and I mean, dude, like, look, look at the Rob Zombie pictures. That's insane. The difference on Rob yep. Zombie, you know. I'm for, further down. There's a Spider Man, and if you know, the, it just makes the playfield really pop. It brings it the blues out of the playfield. It, it does. I mean, it makes it look so good. And and so anyway, I'm. I don't know. I'm going to see, but I'm following this, and I we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes. But anyway, that that doesn't qualify as, as the spend Brent's money because I don't know that it's qualified for a buy just yet. So most everything else we talk about, I do feel is qualified for a buy, and hence the reason why we talk well, about maybe we'll it. See this, we'll maybe see. we'll see this at SFGE. So. Yeah, that would be awesome if we could. And you know something? I'm going to email him back and see, see if he's going to have that on a machine at SFGE. Um the last, I guess, the last piece of news, Brent, before we get into feedback, is I just I do want to do a Kickstarter follow up, and I know we've talked about a couple Kickstarters, and then uh, much like Kickstarter, at the end of thirty days, they kind of disappear into the ether. Maybe they funded, maybe they didn't, but this is one that I am just very personally passionate about. This um, 
Unofficial uh, SNES Super Famicom, uh, a visual compendium. I'm looking so forward to this. And Brent, if you look at the numbers, look, 5,102 people backed this project, and it and it pledged at 224,000 pounds, which I guess I'd have to do the conversion real quick, but I'm sure that's a million, that's a quarter of a million dollars. You know, they were asking some. for... 25,000 British, British pounds. British pounds, 25,000 pounds, and they've got 224,813. Yeah, so they funded at a rate of 10x. Jeez. Okay, 10 times over, they funded. And so the stretch goals on this are just amazing. Um, I hope uh, I hope that our listeners that are interested in the Super Nintendo or in console gaming were able to get in on this. Um, yes, you'll be able to buy the book after the fact. I mean, I missed the the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES uh, Kickstarter, but I was able to buy the book after the fact. But you missed out on all the on on all the stretch goal additives and all the Kickstarter specific uh, you know tidbits that are there. So anyway, uh, I yay it funded. I'm looking so looking forward to this because I know it's I know it's going to be awesome. So that that's that. All right, Whitney, let's get into a little bit of feedback in Twitter here. This is really cool. I like it when we get these screen caps. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. Yeah. Mark Bell tweeted at us, four hours. Lucky I've got nothing else to do today other than listen and play games at Broken Token. And it's a screen cap, I guess, of his phone and his his podcast player because it's got the bottom of our swoosh, our logo. Gosh, I think that this has got to be my favorite show title. 54, two tacos and a cigar. Exactly. Yeah. He's got it right there. Just, Just showing it straight up. So that was good. The next one, uh, Vertvik says, more Jimmy Litzy required. The arcade stories from this guy are great. Brent and Whitney, make it so. And I, I read that in Captain Picard's as, voice. As Picard, yes. yes. As Picard, yes. Because yeah, Kirk wouldn't say anything like that. No, no. no he, he, he <laughs> Kirk would, not. would just do it. <laughs> he would just, he would, well, Kirk would slap somebody and then do I it. I should get it yeah, here. Get it done. We hope to, and, and by hope, I mean we plan to. It's, it's Again, it's just a timing type of a deal. I'm really hoping, actually, we can get Jimmy out to other panels, or, excuse me, other expos for uh, other panels, and not to recover the same topics, but to kind of continue the the story kind of almost maybe like a, a standalone yet somewhat related. If you happen to be a listener of the show, you would hear it as a continuation, right. but it would also stand, you know, that that's kind of maybe a vision. And this is based on the wonderful feedback we've gotten from the panel at the Louisville Arcade Expo show, the 2017 show. Yeah. You know, Jimmy was excited to hear that that he, he was he was kind of shocked, honestly, that someone showed up. And he kind of made the joke <laughs> several times yeah. that he says, if anybody shows up for this, I'm going to be shocked. And I yeah. said, Jimmy, people will come. And they did. I mean, that room was it was it pretty was darn pretty, full. Pretty darn full. Yeah, yes. there was a few seats left in the back and a couple peppered here and there, but for the most part, it was full. And like I, I told him, I said, "Man, it's going to go out on our show, and there's going to be people literally all over the world that will hear it. Why they listen to us, we don't know, but they do." <laughs> and that's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he, he who knows? He, he was just tickled. And Whitney, man, I even got a text. From uh, David Corgan, the organizer of the Grand Old Game Room Expo in Nashville, Tennessee, and he he was he said, "Man, that's great. He, he yeah. really loved that segment. Yeah, it, it was it was solid gold, man. There's no doubt about it. It was awesome. 
So uh, Sean O'Shea was bothering us again, Whitney. What did Sean? God love you, Sean. He says, I feel like I've heard, quote, it takes a village, quote, from somewhere before. <laughs> and yes, Sean, yes, you have. Buddy. We've said it half a dozen times in We've this We've said in it this half show. a dozen times, yeah. and I, I've worn it out uh, leading up to it. But yes, that is the truth. Atari Texas tweeted at us, some of my favorite arcade gaming and pinball podcast at Coin Rejects, at Game Room Junkies, and at Broken Token. Give them a listen. So that was kind of like a review uh-huh. and a little promotional yeah, right there. Yeah, a little there. promotional right there. And so, uh, so we hopped back on the Twitter and thanked him for that. Uh, this next one is from listener uh, Esquilito. And he says, uh, saw this, thought of y'all. And it is, that it, it is, is awesome. awesome. And, and so, so it is a link to a auctionstrikes.net listing. And what this, and Brent, I, when I looked at this, I had no idea what this was. You didn't, I no. pegged that as soon as I saw well, it. Well, I knew it was the Enterprise. I, I mean, I knew that, but I did not know it was that gr- it, was a, it was a grill. Yeah, it's okay? a grill. Yeah, it's a grill. It's a charcoal grill. And so this is what this is. It's the Starship. Intersize, Interpri- bar- well, intersize. At the bottom, it says intersize. Oh, it does, yeah, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, look at that. It says Starship Intersize, which I can only. Imagine. I didn't honestly, Whitney. I didn't have it scrolled far enough to see the description. Yeah, and so it says Starship Intersize Barbecue Grill, great for steaks on the nacelles <laughs> and brats on the saucer. The midsection works well for ice and beverages. So think of this as the Starship Enterprise literally cut in half and the top half removed and the nacelles are cut. The two nacelles, you know, for propulsion are cut. The the trunk is cut and the saucer is cut. And then you have uh, essentially, I guess, stainless steel grill, you know, grill meshing, you know, put there. Okay. And so, um, yeah, there it is. And it went for five hundred dollars is what it sold for that did you happen to notice what the base is made out of mm. look at the base How oh do you yeah move? it's a dolly it's a it, moving dolly it's a moving dolly a and, refrigerator and, appliance yeah, dolly yeah, like we exactly. use for games yeah isn't that hilarious you just reach down pick it up by the handle and cart it away somewhere <laughs> so yeah i mean they've got this thing mounted on a stand so the nacelles won't drag the ground or anything like that i, so. I gotta make i can make one of those with me it's pretty sweet if, you, if you're making one you need to make two you understand that don't you i do yeah yes. okay all right i'll just i'll just park that one right there okay oh on the topic of sacrificing a popeye for sky skipper <laughs> wolfie tweeted tweeted <laughs> yeah, the pe- whole topic people, people actually kind of got on me about that they they said they understood but they were sad to see it happen anyway and it's like yeah you're right i get that so Wolfie tweeted at us, poor Popeye, it always gets the short end of the stick in the Nintendo lineup, but this will certainly be exciting. <laughs> it, well, you know, yeah. is it, is it worked out? Popeye isn't getting the short end of this. No, stick, it's so. not. But you know something? Wolfie is right. Popeye, I like Popeye, but it's not the game that other Nintendo games are, at least not to me. It's not. Um, I love it because of what it is and because it's Nintendo. I'm just really hoping that it gets remixed, that the fine folks at, at DK Remix give us another three levels of Popeye here someday. That's what I want. I haven't played Popeye in so long. I'm trying to remember how many levels it has. It only has three. three. It only has three. Okay. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, dude. They're good, but mm-hmm. it's not. it's just not the game that like Donkey Kong Jr. is or Donkey Kong is or... 
even Donkey Kong Three. I mean, well, that's what my blue Nintendo cabinet yeah, is for. Okay, because it was a, it was a Popeye cabinet, yeah. and I have, as with many cabinets, I have all the pieces. It's just yeah. the time to. It's just the time to glue them all together. You know, stick them all together. Not literally yeah. glue them, but you know what I mean. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I get it. We got Sean's, didn't we? No, no, no. Okay. Sean, Sean's. Sean says, yeah. he goes, I know it's for a good cause, but this still gives me sad face. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, it so was... It says the man whose picture on Twitter is, I guess, him in some kind of knight's helmet. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. Because, you, you know, it, it, him in that helmet, he looks like he could take like a, a pint glass to the head and just keep right on going, you know, never even slow him down. He's good to go. But those two tweets, yeah, they, they definitely summed up the overall sentiment that I was getting about the whole discussion of sacrificing a Popeye. And I'll admit uh, early on, again, as I said earlier, that was my plans and that was what I was uh, leading everyone to believe because that that's what I was going to do. But but plans change. I think they change for the better. All right. So when he let's catch some email. Oh, yeah. All right. Steve Shoyer wrote in and said, hi, I've been listening to the podcast for a while. So first off, thanks for all the time and effort you put into it. I'm more of a pinball guy than an arcade collector, but you somehow make an hour long discussion on discussion on rebuild. That's, I'm giggling at this. <laughs> you somehow make an hour long discussion on rebuilding a GL7 compelling to listen to. <laughs> That's awesome. That's fantastic. In all seriousness, sometimes we, we walk out of and we're like, man, I hope I hope that makes sense. That seems like it ran long, but we we ought now this is gonna open the floodgates for hate mail. We often get, you know, folks saying, Hey, that was great. I appreciate it. And you know, thanks. That means a lot to us. It yeah. truly, truly does. Well, and I do want to cover capping Asanio in just the the whole the whole nine yards front to back on that after SFG. I probably do it different. I haven't done one in forever, yeah. but I bet you do it differently than I do it. How so? I don't take it all the way out of the. That's the only monitor where I I will take the monitor out of the game and put Uh the whole monitor on my bench. Yeah, and then the because of the way the chassis is like woven into the frame and everything. (laughs) Yeah, I take as little loose as possible, and then I roll the chassis out kind of with the harness still into the frame uh-huh. and then I work on it that way and then I I roll it back in and then okay. secure it. Okay. Well, I do pull the monitor, but I do go ahead and pop all the plastic all the plastic stands off mm-hmm. and I I do completely pull the chassis out of the frame. Um, it is uh, it is curse word worthy, okay, as, <laughs> as I'm working on it. Uh, and then I set the monitor down, back down on the ground, and then I just work on the chassis by itself. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, probably, yes, definitely a little bit different, but that's, that's how I do it. So, but anyway, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Steve goes on to say two, two comments uh, on the last podcast. First, I live outside of Boston, so if you ever hear about another Nippet up there and need someone to check it out, uh, because your regulars aren't around, let me know. I'm not an expert, but I'd be happy to take a look and give you an on-site report. Oh, that's Steve, awesome. I greatly appreciate yeah, that. Sweet. Um, somewhere along the line, someone Facebooked me related to this, Whitney, a picture of Oh, an entire row. Yeah, an entire row of nippets of on nippets their back. On their broken down on their yeah. back, just, yes. just lined up. I mean, there must yep. have been what? That was, eight on, or 10? that was on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Th- th- that is becoming legend, as is clowns. <sighs> 
Second, this thing. We just, <laughs> we just don't have a picture of a clown playing nip it. And the, when we do, dude, Brent. Oh. No, Brent, seriously. And when we do. We would implode. No, no, I'm quitting the show. <laughs> I'm done. I, I'm going to find a mic. I'm going to drop it. I'm, I'm, I'm done because there, there's I nothing be, left to talk I about. Would, I would be so happy. I would probably <laughs> pass out. I would just like, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Boom. No, no, I wouldn't quit the show. But, <laughs> but figuratively saying, there's nothing left for me to say at that point. I'm, I'm just done. You know, Whitney, we've constantly said this and it needs to happen we need to sell all of our t-shirts out at sfge so we can do another run we've had so many t-shirt yes. ideas yes and i envisioned a clown playing nip it oh my gosh and let me tell you i, I would wear that shirt i would wear who's that the, shirt um who's the the guy he does a lot of the shirts on Pinside. i know he's done one for nick baldridge he does a lot of the pinball at the zoo shirts if I said his name, I'm sure you'd recognize it. Yeah, I probably would. I know if Joe, like Joe Zinkas, I know if he's listening, he's yelling his name right now, and yeah. a thousand other people probably are. Yeah. He does some awesome shirt designs. Him or get David Paul to do one. Yeah, you know. we, we would need to do that for sure. Anyway, uh, second, this episode was about two hours too short. I listened to it in the car while driving from Boston to Philadelphia to bring my daughter home from school. And the podcast ran out just as I got into New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) I I really could have used a distraction as I drove through the Garden State. Well, you know, because New Jersey is... Uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. Even yeah. the people that so, live sorry, there, sorry, Steve. as I understand it and love it, still make fun of it. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's Jersey. Yeah. 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 Great interview with Jimmy Litzy. It's a different perspective for sure. Uh, anyway, thanks, Steve. Steve, we greatly appreciate it. We yes, do. It, most, it's, most certainly. I, I'm glad you enjoy the show. Maybe I should take the opportunity to apologize for your daughter since you subjected her to this or us. <laughs> but nonetheless, we thank you. Yeah, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, okay, Brent, the next one comes from uh, listener Alberto Luna. And uh, Alberto writes in, he says, uh, Hello, guys. We met at the show this past weekend in Louisville. Keep up all the great work. I've been a solid podcast listener since this past SFGE when I started listening to your show. It's been very helpful. I've had several similar problems or the exact same one uh, as you guys on certain things. So uh, we did get to uh, meet Alberto and shake his hand. And seems like a great, great guy. So Alberto, thank you for writing in. And uh, yeah, we we appreciate uh, appreciate everything you've done for us. And uh, it's just great to have you on board and listening, sir. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, Joe Zinkus wrote in, and Whitney, have you had a chance to read this? this I haven't this, seen this one yet. Yeah, so. no, this, this is great. This is great. Yeah, just there. We got to unpack this one a little okay, bit. Okay, that's though. cool. You, oh yeah, that's let, cool. Let's read through it and comment as we go because uh, Joe, we thank Joe, we thank you for listening. We appreciate that you write in. And what Joe does is he covers a fair bit of he, f- he covers a fair bit of real estate mm-hmm. with his with his emails. But man, this there's some good stuff here. Joe writes, love the interview with Jimmy. I love the stories of what did good or bad. And for we've talked about it a couple of times for maybe for new listeners on the prior episode on 54, we ran a segment which was from the Louisville Arcade Expo 2017. Jimmy Litzy, he is a, let's go with semi-retired operator. His father basically started operating in the 50s and then they were the largest operator in this area and they were there in the heyday of 
the video craze and of course pinball and all that fun stuff. That short, because there's we can't cover it in an hour, that short panel covered a, a lot of aspects of Jimmy's career. So anyway, played a Burger Time cocktail constantly at a local pizza place, but I also love the theft free credit stories. It's amazing what kids are willing to try to get free credits or what length thieves will go to to get that coin tray. Even by today's standards, I can't think of a way of truly making sure nobody can break in. At best, all you can do is possibly install a security camera. In fact, cameras are so common these days, I'm amazed people still try and get away with it. And Joe, meaning, meaning the theft. Yeah, the yeah. theft. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree with you, Joe. Anywhere you go, I maybe this is the IT person in me which you can't tell by the fact that I've got this minuscule little display that I can barely read over this microphone. Maybe it's the IT person in me, but generally wherever I go, I tend to look up and I look at the electronics and maybe it's kind of the little techie heart that I have. And there are cameras everywhere. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. Absolutely everywhere. But you're right, Joe. I mean, people just continue to try to do it. Back in the day, I mean, Jimmy told a story where they actually had to hire people for specific locations when they had issues. But I mean, today you you'd have a camera. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking care of that. I used to have anger towards TNT amusements, like most of us early in the hobby after seeing the roof video. So do you know what that is, Whitney? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is a famous video from Todd Tucky at TNT amusements where he took some derelict games and then it is part of, I guess, an advertising campaign or something. I don't know whether he did that. I'm I'm crazy and it's crazy, crazy prices are falling type of a story, but they would chuck these games off of a roof and just let them shatter in the parking lot. Yeah, so uh, exactly. th- that's what Joe's referring to. Yep. Then I heard his interview on some podcast talking about how he would buy black and white games for $50 and color games for 100 and he'd stick them on his driveway for twice the price and then talk about how often games were uh, sacrificed, not because they wanted to make one look pretty, but simply because at the time there were no manufacturers making parts, so they had no choice yeah. if they wanted to keep the games running in the business profitable. Being mad at and that makes sense. I mean, you know, Jimmy faced that, and I'm sure yeah. I use the term to Jimmy. At the end of the day, to them, it's just equipment, mm-hmm. and it's what made them money. And it wasn't necessarily that it had a little nick or scratch or something. It had to be functional, yeah, functional to continue to make money. And when it no longer made money or it was out of out of uh, vogue, it had to go for something that it in became, that space it became, that would. It became a liability at that point. Being mad at this point is almost the same as being mad at the crane operator that helped bury those thousands of Atari twenty six hundred cartridges in the Mexican landfill. Oh, that was it. Oh, New Me- it was New Mexico. It wasn't yeah, Mexico. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, in, but in yeah. the Mexican landfill. At that time, they weren't selling. Part exactly right. It doesn't matter if thirty five years later, it's suddenly desirable. Yeah, because at that time, nobody cares, nope. and, and they and they don't know. So you can't hold them hostage for something they didn't know. You know it's kind of like you know the car collecting thing. The same thing happens with co- collector cars as as games. As time goes on, people that are interested in different vintages pass away, yep. and the younger ones come up, yep. and the whole thing is the sliding window. Uh-huh. And I have already been around long enough to see cars that 
I'm like, okay, this is the car I'm interested in. This is cool. And the car I've got today is nothing. And I've seen that window slide to where the car I had that day that I thought was nothing is now, I wish I had that again. And I wish I'd have bought the six that I could have because people were trying to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, that's right. Oh, well, hindsight 2020. Yeah. Both of you go watch Stranger Things. Have you seen Stranger Things? I have not. I have not either. I, I know everybody talks about it. I really need to see it. Yeah. Joe says, it's an easy binge watch. All of those Facebook posts of the Christmas lights with the letters will finally make sense. Okay, well, okay. that's good to know. So, uh, P.S. Brady Bunch pinball. <laughs> uh, this this is in reference to... Uh, yes, it the, is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to go, got to listen to all of 54. Yeah. P.S. Brady Bunch pinball would never work. Mom always said not to play ball in the house. Though a breakable vase bash toy would be fun. <laughs> and then there's YouTube link here, which yeah. I'm afraid to click. Yeah, I've not watched that yet either. So, <laughs> what did, did, did Joe Rickroll us? It's hard to say. We'll sandbox that link and then look at it and then report back on it later. How about that? All right, we've got one from Jeremy. You read it because as we've pro- if we've proven anything today... I'm terrible at reading okay. aloud. Okay. So so listener Jeremy Flights, uh, also one of the organizers of the Louisville Arcade Expo, and he writes in, he says, Hey guys, I'm still listening through Jimmy's interview, but man, episode 54 rocks. It starts out kind of like you all are not sure if you're going to have enough content or what to talk about. But seriously, this episode is awesome. Dude, well, we didn't have enough content to get you through New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, sorry for that, but yes, yeah, true. So Jeremy goes on, he says, I was about 45 minutes in and wondering, you know, I wonder if there will be a Skyskipper update. And sure enough, boom, there it is. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love listening to the podcast, working from home. I need something to listen to in the in the background, Jeremy. So Jeremy, thank you, sir. I think, uh, he, just called us a, I think he just called us a space filler. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know, if it walks like a duck and it yeah. talks like a duck, then yes, uh-huh. So what's this with Phil Shepard? So this so this is interesting, and and Brent, we're, we are we're here at the end of the show, and and before we close this out, I do want to give a quick shout out to Phil Shepard, and Phil is a listener, and he sent me an email, and he he kind of clued in on the Game Boy talk that I that I was kind of alluding to about getting Grace. I wanted to get Grace a Game Boy Color, and then Phil gave you know wrote in wrote to me and gave me a, a all this detailed information on the different models of the Game Boys and the pros and the cons of buying one Game Boy over another model over another model. You know, in his opinion and in his mm-hmm. his insight and his experience uh, with the Game Boys because he's you know he's. Um, He's obviously had some time with the console and, and talking about what he did for his children and everything like that. And so, man, we have got into this just extremely long and detailed email exchange going back and forth, you know, asking questions, getting answers, doing some research. Hey, look at this. Have you seen this? Uh, backlight screen mod, front light screen mod. And, and Brent, I just had no idea that the Game Boy was such a subculture as it is. I mean, it's insane. I, I had a thought and, and then... This hit me too while you were talking about this. I had a thought that it was a it was almost a sub subculture. It is. I wonder if 
Phil might condense this somewhere and share it. And the reason I ask I, that... I can, I can see if he's cool with it because I can pull a lot of it out of his emails and my emails because I've sent him stuff that he didn't know about. He sent me stuff that I didn't know about. And it's almost like we could compile a, a, a mini compendium or mini Well, I'm fact. just thinking a rundown on the models because to me, long ago, and I, th- I think the 3DS was... It was out and it was common enough where it was you could just walk into a GameStop and get it. And I really thought about buying one because I liked some of the Mario Kart's games on, on the on the handheld version. There was a, a friend of mine at work that had one and I got to play it quite often and I, I kind of enjoyed it. And I thought, okay, I'm, I could see actually maybe owning this. And it just seemed like to me the options and the models and the DSs and the DSIs yeah, and the screen, it, yeah. the barrier to entry was like, oh, I just quit. Yeah, and, I mean, it was like LEDs. It's like there's a billion. I quit. Yeah, I quit. And, and I will say this. Uh, three weeks ago, I was almost at that point where it's like, listen, it's Game Boy Classic, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP, Game Boy, then you got the DS, the DSi, the 3DS, the new 3DS XL, the 3DS XL, the 2DS, and, oh, and, and it goes on and on and on. And then it's like, okay, which games are compatible with which yeah, consoles that's the next and, question. And, and, yeah. and everything like that. And you got the Game Boy, I think the Game Boy Micro and, and others. So yes, we could definitely do that because I've now got my hand I've, I've now got my head and my hands around the Game Boy universe. And the good thing about the Game Boys, Brent, the games are cheap or the, the biggest relatively the, cheap. The, the biggest bundle of them are relative or the, the lion's share of them are relatively mm-hmm. cheap. And the consoles can be picked up for not a lot of money. But as with anything, if you want a good experience out of the Game Boys, you have to do some mods to them in order to quote unquote shore them up a little bit. The, even know? the newer ones? It, well, no, not the newest ones. Okay, no, no yeah. not not like the 2DS or the 3DS. Okay, they're, they're fine. Right. They're fine. You and and that's kind of where I would be. I don't yeah. think personally. I don't think I would be on the retro side of it. I don't know, dude. You grab there's well, that's a whole nother discussion okay, because right. I want to tell you there's a, there's a whole catalog of games that you may want access to at some point. Oh, I got gotcha. you. And so you'll want to pick the best of the retro consoles in order to play the widest variety of the games. And, and again, it, it gets into this whole other discussion. Gotcha. But I, what I will say is Phil has been extremely open with sharing information and providing insight. And Phil, I thank you for that, buddy. And uh Right now, I do owe Phil a reply. The ball's in my court to reply to him. But uh, the good thing about it is I've got some stuff to send back to him that I, he may not know about. So I'm trying to make sure that when I reply, I add some value to the conversation rather than just, oh, thank you, you know, something <laughs> like that. You know, thanks for the links, you know, and then and then go, I'll go look at that, you know, and then going on. But uh, the topic uh, the topic goes on and on. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's fun, though, no doubt about it. When he, that brings us to the end of the show and an opportunity to talk about a couple shows. It does. It does. Why don't you, uh, yeah, why don't you send us out of here with, the, with some upcoming show info? Of course, the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Now, by the time you hear this show, oh, double nickel. 55. No double nickel. It, it's going to be out within a week, maybe two weeks prior to Southern Fried Game Room Expo. I, I, I think, Brent, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to time this one as late to the end of the month as I can, uh, just just and it'll depend upon the day as to when uh, how skyscrapers going. Yeah, all of that makes I'll sense. Just say yeah. that, but well, I mean, you'll get out by the end of the month. It always yeah. does. Oh yeah, but it'll probably be very very close to the end. 
you'll have a little lead time. So if you're in the area, you're close by, you're in Atlanta, some of the surrounding we burbs. We want to see you, man. Go ahead. You know, th- this is the last call. Come yeah. on in. Yeah. Check it out. June 9th through the 11th. Uh, they're in Atlanta at the Marriott Renaissance Waverly. Yes, and uh, I'm... I don't think Jim Hale's going to be able to make it, but Jim, if you're listening, I am going to take the Steel Dawn. You're not we, taking Jack. And, That's and, mine. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is my Patrick Swayze. Well, I'm, I'm, wait a I'm, minute. I'm going to take the you Steel Dawn. You can have this Patrick Swayze. I'm, I'm taking. I'm He's taking the Steel Dawn. Backpack. I'm putting it in my backpack. And where's then, my base? Where's my Louisville Slugger? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then we'll we'll have you know a Puddles Pity Party slash. Patrick Swayze watch party one night at you know one of the hotel rooms and we'll, we'll fire his baby up. I'm sure it's good for a couple laughs. I want to find else. it. I gotta find a working VCR. Yeah, I, Brent, I'll tell you, Patrick Swayze is still done. He is the desert warrior carving the future with his. Sword. Oh, is he? Yes. Oh, I'm in. And it now. says so right there on the front <laughs> so of the it's box. It's in print. It's got to yeah, be real. It's got to be true. Yes. SouthernFriedGameRoomExpo.com. Check them out. The grand old game room expo. I'm looking so forward to going back so to I. this. I really I am. am. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, here it is. This is May, and I'm looking forward to November just to go to this. Uh, November 10th through the 12th, of course, 2017, the Franklin Marriott Cool Springs, and technically, that I guess that's in Franklin, Tennessee, but that's isn't that a suburb of Nashville? It is Nashville. right outside of yeah, Nashville. It's Nashville. Yeah, and it's grand old G R A N D O L E expo.com yep check that out friend of the show david corrigan puts that together him and his wife and i'm assuming there might be a couple other folks there as well yeah um and it it, we had a wonderful time last year and i I can't imagine that the show is not going to go anywhere but up and it'll be awesome it's a great 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 show where are we at whitney all right uh we're we're everywhere brent um and you know something i do need to do some work on getting us listed on a couple of uh, additional podcast networks and i i need to focus on that uh in june and i'm going to do that uh but brent where can we be found right now we're on the throwback network uh rob o'hara's uh, highly esteemed uh, retro content network. Uh, there are so many podcasts on that network, and they're all good. That's the thing about it. They're all really good. And uh, I've picked up bits and pieces of several of them, like the Toy Tomb and, and the Intellivisionaries, others. It's just just really, really good stuff. And that can be found at www.throwbacknetwork.net. We're also on iTunes, and yep. we would ask, please, please leave us a review, yep. uh, rate the podcast. It helps get us noticed, and it increases our reach. Contrary to popular belief, we make no money off of iTunes ratings as much no, as we would love to. Zero. Uh, this is a zero-sum, actually a negative-sum game, <laughs> Yes, but we love to play yeah, it. But we love to play it, yes. And again, like I said, if, if you can, I, we would appreciate it. Go out and leave us a review. It helps get get us noticed and helps bump us up kind of in their suggestions. It, so. it does. It does. We're also available on Stitcher Radio, Xbox Music, and the Google Play Store as well. We're out there on all of your standard and non-standard social media. Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash broken token. 
Yep, Twitter at Broken Dogan. And of course, our world famous, critically acclaimed <laughs> website. Yeah, that, at, ne- that needs a serious overhaul, but yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful website. It, you know, it's, it's very a, retro. You no, know, actually, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad looking no. website. I it just, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to. You're going to trade it. You're going to trade her in on a younger model. Yeah, I'm ready to see a version two of it, though, <laughs> at this point. So I'm looking, looking forward to that. Well, right now, and also in the future. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. we're not changing yeah, it. Yeah, not, not changing it right now. <laughs> It, yeah, yes. uh, it's going to become www.birdwatch.nippetbirdwatch.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, www.brokentoken.com. Yes, and for everybody uh, listening, make it uh, who's made it through 55 episodes with Double us. Double nickel. And you know, Brent, the feedback that we get, I mean, people do go back and listen to the back catalog. I mean, we've heard that more than, more than several times, and... I mean, God bless you for doing it. Well, um, what else are you going to, when you have an entire lifetime <laughs> to, to devote to listening to two hicks from Kentucky? Talk about the GO7. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Brent. What are we doing today? We're talking about the GO7. <laughs> that that's and clowns. Yeah, that and clowns. What'd you do today, Brent? Well, I worked on the GO7. With my clown you know? shoes on. Yeah, with my clown shoes on. <laughs> Funny, Brent, I got new clown shoes today, too. <laughs> and I didn't get to work on my GO7. Yeah, but anyway, we thank everybody for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we we're looking forward to seeing as many people as we possibly can, old, especially old friends and making new at SFGE. And uh, yeah, come on out and uh, attend Brent's seminar. Uh, see Alex and I attend our seminars. Uh, you know, just uh, hunt us up, say hi, play some Sky Skipper, and let's all let's all uh, have buy a, good a t-shirt. Time. Buy a t-shirt, yeah, so we can so we can print some new t-shirts, and uh, yeah, just. Uh, be part of this wonderful community. We love seeing everybody, and uh, we'll certainly look forward to seeing to seeing everybody there. And Brent, with that, I'll say, uh, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys; they don't have a lot to work with, but. I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com. For articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. (laughs) Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hayseed Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music.
I'm so technologically inept for someone that has been in technology all my life. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Whatever. Did you hit yourself in the right face? In the f- oh, 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 dude. It slipped. I stretched my headphones and right in the eye. Kapow. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I heard it pop. If I have a black eye later. That's oh, the reason why? Yes. Whitney wants in a great movie, Sally Field's character, yeah. Frog, uh-huh. Frog, asked Burt Rendles. Nope, we're going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Burt Rendles. Hi, uh, my name's uh, Burt Rendle, and uh, I'm here to audition for a movie, and I think I'm supposed to be opposite Miss Sally Struthers. <laughs> She's hot. See if I can adjust the font here so I can freaking read. That is my Patrick Swayze. <laughs>